he brought, I mean, he brought the mother of all mother loads. Honestly, it's a load of, of it's a sticky okay, situation is what it is. It is well, it's a, it's vats. It's a lot. It's a man. It's okay. It's maple syrup. It's a lot of it. It's five train cars. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to beat them to it. We're going to switch it for high fructose corn syrup and we're going to make wow. up three containers, three full containers of the maple syrup. It's that a good tedious. stuff. It is. It is. I didn't There's even say lot. that. Holy cow. When Wes brought the idea to me, I thought we were just going to boost the, the maple syrup. We're going to replace it. They won't even know the difference. Exactly. Yeah, dude, got, this is like, I heard you were saying like it's the, the the president's reserve or something crazy like that. Isn't it? It's like the, the prime minister yes. of Canada's private maple syrup reserve. It is. That's got to be the best exactly maple syrup. That. Does that come from like the trees that are like personally blessed by the prime minister or what? Well, what it is is it's uh it's a uh, special trees uh, grown on the uh on the uh, provincial grounds there on the parliament mm -hmm. yard. Yeah, all those mm -hmm. are tapped throughout the year, and yeah, only the only the finest is used. That, how are, can we sell it as like presidential reserve, or do we just have to basically? Well, <sighs> we, we got to really pretend that it's something else. We can call it yeah. some other grade or something, you know. But like, I mean, is it that good that it'll just like the quality will just stand out? We'll just call it El Presidente. Let's just say, president, I like it. I love it. The Queen of England They'll never will suspect it. They'll think it's like New Hampshire. We'll say, yeah. this is, oh my God, this is devious. When she wakes so, up in February, she'll want this in her pancakes. West Engine, we're going to mislabel it as Vermont's own, and we're going to call it El Presidente Maple Syrup, and they won't nice. ever know the difference. But it'll be so yeah. good, they'll be like, this can't be Vermont. Like, this, this can't be from Vermont. They, they'll, be, they'll be so suspicious, they won't know. But I mean, like, we replaced the syrup. It's going to be amazing. Liquid gold, boys. We're going to be rich. We're going to be rich. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the great maple syrup heist. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's a movie from uh, the 1950s that I just made up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. I couldn't think of a single fucking movie that had anything to do with what we were talking about. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, cheers, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe one of the freaking Ghostbusters. I don't even know. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you guys are 21 and over, sit back, relax, chill out, uh, uh, you know, hang back for a little bit. If you guys are boys and girls, if you are under the age of 21, on the other hand, Bad news for you. Terrible, terrible news for you. Well, I probably shouldn't have said that because then they'll be like, oh, no, oh, no. Come oh, no. Here, ladies and gentlemen, it's great news. It's great news. No, we went no, nobody's dead. Bit. Nobody's dead. Nobody's dead. Nobody died yet. Nobody's West Engine, what's the story? Well, you have to um, you have to exit stage right immediately. So, you have to get out, get right? out, so, just get out. Pretty much that's it. You know, like we, we lie to them oftentimes. We're like, oh, come here, come here. And then we're like, get the fuck out. And, Honestly, it's probably easier there. You know, how do I say this? Uh, I was just talking to somebody how I remember like stupid shit from when I was a kid. I was like, kids should be uh, told the truth. You know what I mean? Like people should tell them the honest truth, and, you know, not lie to them and not deceive them. Get the fuck out. That's that's my, this is not the show for you, boys and girls. If, if you're here, you should be somewhere else. You should be watching uh, Sesame Street or Reading Rainbow on repeat. Great shows with LeVar Burton. Honestly, uh, fantastic classic uh, uh, shows. Uh, go watch uh, Star Trek. You know what I mean? Go watch repeat Star Trek. Uh, which one? I don't know. The the and There's so many of them, honestly. There's like new Star Treks, old Star Treks. Watch one of the many Star Treks, ladies and gentlemen. Go do that instead, boys and girls, honestly. Until you become, ladies and gentlemen. Once you're 21, West Engine, what do we like to say? Come back. We are on. Bring the party. Bring the party, uh, bring some weed. Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about how your twenty first birthday went. You know what I mean? That'd be uh, fun right. times. But uh, do that first. If someone sure comes back on their twenty first birthday, we will be sure to give you seeds. That's a good <laughs> thought. We'll do it. We'll do yeah. it. We promise that. Uh, one of us. Base, one I of us. 
Yeah. One four. of us. One of, it wouldn't it be like the monkey paw version though. We'll get we'll give them like the worst possible seeds we have. No. We'll give them something decent. Something. Like, all right. All right. We'll, we'll do that. Uh, then again, you never know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, Mikey's Templey in the house. Welcome. Midwest Grown. Billy Martin. Cheers, folks. Uh, KNC. Dave. What's going on, everybody? Midwest Grown. Uh, haven't, no, actually, we have seen you uh, uh, lately. Cheers, Midwest. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, who's in here? We never killed Kenny. Cheers, folks. What was I going to say? Uh, now that it's just us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Now that it's us uh, adults, basically. By the way, if there's any stragglers, kids, get the fuck out. Get, honestly, just get out. Just get out. Uh, but, get out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go. Being uh, Pokemon cards. Well, that's a weird one. Like uh, it's, that's it's a, so that's bizarre. Like, them. <laughs> grown adult. It's it's one of the weirdest things about my life. Honestly, is that I, growing up, I have seen pretty much everyone I know have like stuffed animals and toys and play video games and so yeah. the, the lines between childhood and adulthood have completely blurred in the last maybe 40, 50 years in terms of what people thought. Like, oh, that's just for kids. Like, we try to like yeah. all right so a lot of people that are like were younger with the pokemon are becoming like jobs of money so they have enough money to live and they have enough money to spend on some extra stuff so it's like really big right now and there's a lot of scalpers and stuff too just with everything else like it got huge for some odd reason uh probably just got i don't know maybe i'm just too cynical but probably got monetized by the big corporations because i'm thinking to myself I was I was a fanatic about basketball when I was in like uh, mm-hmm. high school, middle school, and I Me loved too. basketball cards and everything else. And of course, being a kid, I thought, oh, it's gonna be worth a million dollars, you know, when I'm fifty or sixty or seventy, or, you know, whatever, right? Turns out that was one of the first gigantic monetization scams where basically everybody that, uh, how do I say this? People that are about 15, 20 years older than me were already also collecting those cards because when they were kids, they didn't have like more than a couple of nickels to throw together. But when they were 40, they had enough money to throw down on, on cards. So they were buying entire boxes of Upper Deck this and freaking Michael Jordan that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the companies were wise to that and basically making millions of copies of everything. So I don't know where am I talking, where am I going with this? I guess like there's been several of the cards from the that 80s, kind of, 90s that happened right, to it. Right. Um, that's why a lot of the cards from our childhood are worth crap. Right. A couple cents here and there. I had a so, card that was worth. $75 when I was a kid and they made, I guess they made a bunch of them. So now it's like 75 cents. Well, there you go. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, something, something to do with cards. I don't remember. Uh, all these kind of collections. Have you guys ever thought about this? Like people get us to collect things. They'll tell you, Oh, this is collectible. And so people collect it basically because it's told, they're told it's a collectible. Like it happens all, I don't know. Probably not worth going into. Weird topics for the beginning of the show. Uh, perhaps we need to smoke more weed. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me see here. Let me reel it back a little bit. Miranda Family Farms. Uh, if you guys would like to listen to the podcast, we always do start it in a very inane way. So if you guys would like to uh, start uh, listening to uh, inane stories and random bullshit and then also a little bit of grow talk, subscribe to us, my friends, over on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, you name it, all those different places. Uh, Chronic Table is the name. We're on Pandora, a bunch of different places, uh, a couple different like podcast ag- aggregators. Podbean is actually where I uh, broadcast it out. So if you guys are actually on Podbean, please go out, go ahead and uh, follow. Uh, I'll actually follow you back, frankly, on Podbean. I can actually see that. <clears throat> Thank you, D, for po- uh, posting the, the link. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, today is the last day of the photo contest. So if you have, uh, uh, if you have not voted, uh, frankly, it's too late to submit entries. You can submit entries for next month, but you can't submit for this month. If you guys haven't voted, in fact, during the show, I'm going to have to go through and double check that I voted for everything, too. Uh, make sure to go through there. Pardon me, like, cough for just a second. 
So I got the screen up. If uh, you haven't voted, you should go to this this website or no, it's Instagram and hit the like button on them. Um, I still got to go through and hit some likes. That's it. Smash got it. Uh, most recent po- post there by uh, Minds Mind Body Soil Canada. You know what? I may have missed. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's been a little bit hectic the last couple of days. I may have Oops, missed sorry. some folks uh, just in the different like lost in the hashtags. So if I didn't repost you. Please just let me know if you're listening to this. I'm going to try to, at the end of this uh, contest or tomorrow or something, I'm going to try to go through just in case I missed somebody because I have a feeling I might, somebody might have missed, uh, missed through the cracks or slipped through the cracks. If I did miss you, please let me know. Uh, uh, if, if, uh, if I notice it, I'm going to repost it for next month. So basically, that's going to be my policy uh, going forward. It's been the soft policy in the past. Like if I missed somebody's post or if it came in too late or whatever, I just tried to uh, repost it for the next month. But just clarifying it for everybody, if for whatever reason I've missed your guys' posts, I'm not trying to miss your posts as long as they comply with, you know, the, the simple rules in the contest. I'm totally uh, uh, willing to repost. I just might have missed your post for whatever reason. Uh, we'll just roll it over to the next month, pretty much. So we're, we're doing a contest every month now. So uh, pretty much uh, we'll just uh, roll it through. So folks, uh, you're all listening or all, all of you that are listening are judges or are eligible judges. Please go over to that website that Smash is showing and just literally click on all the photos that you like. There's no... Uh, uh, there's no specific rules. You don't have to just pick only one or whatever else. Like the, the, the post that has the most uh, uh, votes, the most uh, positive votes is going to win. And that's all there is to it. We're also going to uh, wrap up the Discord uh, photo contest. I actually don't know how I'm going to do that tonight. Uh, uh, f- frankly, we'll have to figure it out. I don't know. Maybe we'll go through there and count who has the most votes or whatever. It was a, like a new idea this month. Like, oh, let's have a f- photo contest on Discord. And then I was like, oh, I don't actually know how to count the votes. But we're going to try to figure it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's the hashtag, by the way. I had endless problems this month uh, uploading. I think maybe the hashtag was uh, shadow banned. I, I don't really know. Um, we might try a different hashtag next, next month, maybe. I don't know. I, I honestly switch don't know. it up. That's it, man, because I think people... Maybe just shorten it. And, yeah, yeah. The, well, Fumi's there's photo. a photo contest. Fumi's photo. Yeah, we can figure it out. If you guys have a, a good idea, let me know. Cheers, Richard D. What's going on, man? uh what was i gonna say uh live chat you, guys, you probably don't understand this but you know like these social media networks it's 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 really crazy honestly like you, you kind of fight with the company itself you fight with facebook all the time uh with all kinds of stuff there's all kinds of stuff they just randomly remove and all kinds of weird rules and then of course you have to fight with the 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 crab and a pot crew you know what i mean they're all trying to yank you down basically uh they report your posts and they do this and they do that and they, they cause all kinds of problems so i've lost uh uh Smash has lost an entire Instagram account. I've lost, I've basically been locked out of an Instagram account. They report the post. Oh my fucking God, these people are just insufferable garbage. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, the positive forces win when you actually build things. That, that, that's why the, the, the negative forces try so hard, frankly, because it's easier to tear down than to build. So if you uh, are positive, if you stay positive, you contribute to the photo contest. Look how wonderful those photos were. Throw down in the contest, whatever the hashtag next month is, they can't. Fucking shadow ban every single one of them. Next month, if there's if they shadow ban one photo contest hashtag, we'll create another one. Fuck those dumb people. Uh, <laughs> we're smarter than them. You know what I mean? Come on. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Uh, how do I say this? Um, go vote, ladies and gentlemen. I guess that's it. Go vote. Go take a look. And uh, also next month, uh, we're going to do some. Uh, we're going to we're going to do another photo contest. I haven't had time to put together a little diorama that I wanted to like a. Uh, whatever. Hopefully I'll have time to do it in the next couple of days. Uh, if I do, it'll be super fun. But, uh, this next month's photo contest, uh, it's not officially holiday themed, 
But uh, if you guys would like to throw in some holiday theme stuff, that would be delightful. You know, Santa Claus or I don't even know, like just whatever, you know, uh, uh, elves smoking. Weed. I have some ideas. I'll do it. I'll I'll participate this month, but I don't care for winning the seeds if I ever do win. You know what I mean? I would no. like to, I would I would like them to right, go I'll to some garbage. I'll take. Well, no, I would I would say I would just say pass it down or hand, hand it down. You know what I mean? So someone else can get some good uh, seeds because I already have more gone. I encourage this. I still need to go through. I know. Well, that's a that's a positive uh, uh, spin on it. There's so many people. I like that honestly because there's so many people that hoard seeds and look at them almost as like, um, man, they look at them as trophies. Frankly, you know what I mean. And so they they basically have to collect. Like you see this at at, at shows. People have to just snatch up every fucking sticker that they see, and they got a bag filled with stickers and samples. And 95% of that is just going to sit on a shelf or get thrown away or get rained on when they forget it, you know, at the bus station or whatever else. But it's like a trophy. The more they get, the better. The fact of the matter is with seeds, like I turn down seeds all the time and I try to tell people like, I don't have time to grow this. You know, they'd be better off with somebody else. It's not that I'm not interested, but like they'll, they'll be wasted on me. And I wish more people would, would see it that way. You know, like seeds, they seem really expensive and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, like if you don't have an intention to grow them, I think someone else has a, a, a better hold on it. I don't know. Maybe that's a strange perspective, but uh, I will do. I like to hoard seeds or a holiday themed photo for the contest. I'll make sure I get it in when I flip the flower and they start budding. I'll do a picture. Right on. Nice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the photo contest entries do not actually have to be flower. They do not actually have to be cannabis. If you guys live somewhere, you know, in the wide world uh, and you are not allowed to post cannabis pictures for whatever reason, that's, that's totally chill uh throw down you know the the votes are by people's choice basically so if people like it they'll uh, vote on it so you know who's to say that it's uh how do i say this um we've had actually all kinds of i want to say one of the contest winners actually wasn't even cannabis one time I, I d right remember what it was yeah d with standing in front of the or maybe he was standing in front of the oh plate, it was a, say it was the runner-up of the, your backyard right that was the one uh, ladies and gentlemen, you could bake something, you could make something creative, you could play a, a musical piece. I don't know how many people in the audience play guitar or whatever else. Nobody ever submits musical numbers. They're always threatening to. They always DM me like, would that be okay? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And then I never hear back. But anyway, uh, Australian ground cheers about uh, uh, bowl of seeds. What's going on? Uh, Mike Stomach Skier, welcome, my friend. Val's in the house, welcome. By the way, I have to post the link to uh, uh, join here, folks. Uh, if you guys have not joined before, you're absolutely welcome to join. Uh, like West Injun says, we'd like to see fresh faces. We'd like to talk to uh, uh, new folks. So welcome, folks. Uh, join up. Let me think. Before I uh, go to the introductions and stuff, uh, what did I get to? I got to the photo contest. I guess, uh, you know, let's do the introduction. Then maybe I'll talk about my, web my website for a second. We'll, we'll uh, 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 welcome some folks. Uh, if you want to join the room, I'm going to post the link here in a second. Uh, I'm also going to post the Discord. Join the Discord. And uh, D, what's going on, my friend? Uh, how's the brain situation? Are they fresh? I, I hope they're fresh. What's going on, everybody? Happy Hanukkah, everybody. That's Jewish. Tell you Jewish mm -hmm. people. Happy Hanukkah. Um, I am smoking on. Fuck. Right now, I'm smoking on Take pink. No, that's later. Pink stars for after. And right now, it's Lindsay Pink. And Garden's doing good. No updates there. Still small. Mm, come check it us check us out on discord i'm usually there uh early afternoons in the garden that's when i do my gardening i see some people like people think out in the chat 
So come check us out there. Hello, everybody watching and listening and in Russia. I'm freaking weird today, man. Anyways, cheers, everybody. Perfect, dude. Right on, man. Welcome, dude. Uh, smashed. What it is, dude. Welcome. Oh, shit. Rolling a blunt. Um, same, <laughs> same stuff I've been smoking on. LSD. Um, it's uh, organic hemp wrap. It's... It's just has sugars, but it's just sweetened organic hemp wrap. Um, other than that, um, charging my phone, I gotta go downstairs. I got to mix up some compost and some worm castings. I'm gonna top dress it and water it in a little bit, and then take a couple cuttings, bring them up here, and put them in this tent. My apple fritters, so my apple fritter. It's trying to stay alive, but when I don't know when I got it, it like the Rockwell was almost frozen. So they're, they're they were pissed. They're pretty pissed off. I got them. I already got them on a heat mat. Um, the Rockwell was almost frozen. Well, wow. yeah, huh. it was cold. It was out for almost three or four days, three days, and um. It's 31 right now. The days it was out, I looked, it was hitting 20s around around me. So they didn't like it, but it should I should be able to save at least one of them and take another cut, you know what I mean, to get a mother. Now that I got this little tent, um, I'm gonna pop some seeds and stuff too. So when I'm when the stuff in the garden, now that I have the garden situated, I can just start putting stuff in what's up west how you doing buddy what's going on west love the light this fun cheers everyone i am muted uh doing great man just out here on the road working doing my thing you know you know uh got clear of them assholes working for somebody i really like so it's all right so yeah oh that's ready good to do uh Ready to get down and smoke with the most interactive show in cannabis. I hope we get to meet some new faces tonight. Uh, you get to switch your uh, chat experience from live, uh, from uh, live top chat to, to live, live, top chat to live chat. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, let's have fun and let's see some new people in there. Don't be afraid to jump on people. I know it's a lot to overcome the first time, but uh, we won't bite. But you come on, it's easy. Like, if you're worried about showing like your garden or your face or in a red state or whatever the stipulations might be, just literally come in and um, put a piece Don't of turn your camera on. Yeah. To, no, even still put a piece of uh, like tape, a piece of paper over your camera and you can just have a like, yeah, like fumey. You can just have a picture, you know, and you could be talking on, on the screen and people would know you're here and stuff. So yeah, come on. We're not, yeah, we're like a pub, like a digital pub that for cannabis and growers, like-minded people. Uh, someone was calling us cheers a while ago, basically cheers for cannabis. And I was like, <laughs> but actually it kind of is. It's pretty much a, a virtual pub for all your favorite growers to come and just chill out and you know goof off. Uh, Val, you're one of the folks that have come on here uh, most recently. How's the experience been? Honestly, welcome, by the way. And did we bite your head off? Were we super mean? Like... Uh, where we she's shaking her head she's like oh my god we're terrible uh but was it a uh i don't know a pleasant experience to come on here like folks might wonder like oh man it's stressful to come and talk in front of people or whatever but uh how did you experience it 
well, I don't even like you guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, let's be real. That's here. right. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> you guys are completely unwelcoming. I mean, I mean, yeah. you guys that are in the chat right now. I mean, right. you feel so Especially welcome now. right now. Right. No, you guys are totally welcome to come up here. It's a lot of fun. They don't bite. And I mean, you guys have seen me up here. I'm weird and wonky, and they're completely okay with that. Like, be bold, have fun. I mean, what the hell else are we here for? It's because she bribes yeah. all of us uh, before the show. Uh, yes. Cash, cold, hard cash. Uh, I don't know. Weston, yeah, so why do I have the feeling that she pays you more than she pays me? I bet. I bet she bribes you more. Well, it takes more to swindle me, you know, really more to motivate right. me. Right. Yeah. Well, too bad. Uh, we'll have to figure out the uh, the allocation one of these days. Well, what else is new? Welcome. Not much. I got to roll something, too. Yours are bit, like, oh, yeah. I get distracted. I'm like a squirrel. Tell me about uh -huh. it. I just lost a seed in here, and I think I'm going to accidentally smoke it. It's just going to be gross, because then it's just going to be like a popcorn joint. Oh. I'll lose a That's seed, fine. and it'll be. That's the worst. You'll be fine. It's just something. I know I saw a that. seed too. I know it. I know I saw one. When, it, when you get the nice pop, right? Snap. Ugh. Well, I guess we're Elite still... GP says, "Wait till the show's up on Metaverse. We'll all meet up every for a smoke sesh." I'm already trying to put yo. If you have, don't know seen, how I feel about the Metaverse. Right. I got NFTs. For sale, cannabis yeah. pictures. Yep. So if you want a cool, if you want a cool picture, okay. um, I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring weed to the metaverse. Uh, I have What's mixed feelings. The the NFTs, I already feel like the really metaverse hates weed. Like it does. That's <laughs> why I got to bring it. That's why I have to. It's marketed. It's Facebook. It's all the companies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Of course, they don't like weed. That's why I'm already trying to get in on the ground floor it's when it's just starting. What the fuck are they going to say? It's digital now. You're going to tell me my digital weed's not legal? But you know what? That's I was just thinking about when you were saying that. They totally are. You know what I mean? Like in the real world, you could at least yeah. pr protect something by the fact that it physically fucking exists. But, you know, if it violates Facebook's terms of marketing or whatever, or terms of service, they'll just evaporate it. They'll just say this thing doesn't exist, you know? And so well, like, yeah, entire that's... concepts will cease to exist, you know? Like imagine the Chinese Facebook metaverse. They'll just say, but no, these be... following con democracy, that thing doesn't exist. It's never been invented. I don't know what you're talking about. That violates the Chinese terms of service. I don't you know what I mean? And I it'll know. just, it'll cease to exist because it'll be a virtual world where that, it'll be like uh, a law of physics not existing or something. It'll be like in that yeah. metaverse, gravity doesn't exist and it'll be fine because whatever. Again, it, but I feel like there will always be a nerdy cannabis person. Oh, there are always to... the nerdy cannabis people, but I mean, that's one of the things that we have to actually. Long as we're alive, dude. Metaverse shit. Long as yeah. we're alive. <laughs> There's a lot of like uh, cannabis people that are into crypto and meta like like NFTs and like sure. metaverses and stuff. You know what I mean? I think I think um, there will always be a platform for weed somehow or some way. You cannot ever assume. People always assume this stuff like fate will provide them something. There is nobody watching. There's nobody watching, especially if there was some grand creator. I really don't think there is, but some people think there is. I don't think the grand creator is paying attention to the weed market. Like, I think if you want there to be something, you have to work for it. That's the simple reality. If you want there to be a craft market, when people say there will always be a craft market, I think is one of the stupidest, most self-defeating things that anyone's ever said. Yeah, Who has provided that market for you? Are you now one of the great players in that market that has suddenly been there for you, like passively? 
Like, fuck off. You're going to have to be the one. I hate to say it because it's a lot of work. The people that want there to be a craft market are going to have to be the ones that build and populate and spend the time in it and buy and sell and, and talk to their friends and work collaboratively and all that stuff. Because no one is going to magically create a, I mean, imagine this, there's no magical farmer's markets. Imagine all the, the great farmer, because there are some great, really conscientious farmers. And they're like, we are going to pile of tomatoes over there. Nobody fucking wants them because they live in, I don't even know, you know somewhere, right? And they're like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a magic farmer's market? And like said, you know, at, the, at their freaking convention, there will always be a craft tomato market. Some fucking yeah. asshole said at one point, you know, I'm, I'm making probably a stupid joke. Obviously, nobody has said that there will always be a craft tomato market. But for some reason with weed, people say that like there won't be unless people actually work for it. Yeah, that's just something I've, I've said it since I've gone on a show. You know what I mean? Like, that's something I'm really for, like sticking for our values, like staying like small, like time grassroots. Like I love the I love the grassroots community and I hate people like I don't hate people that are in like the industry but like some of them aren't as good as others we'll put it that way oh that's I mean that's all like yeah. life that's everything life. yeah there's, there's, yeah, there's exactly. shit lords and there's nice people there's decent people it's 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 really hard to find the decent people in any field you know yes. and there's almost no field I think where there's like a majority of awesome people. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like basically anything that I've ever seen, I've known a lot of different people in a lot of different disciplines. There's shitlords everywhere. Well, yeah. I would say we have a decent community built. Like you have a decent community built. Like there's other shows that have like, if they started to push a little bit and saying like, yo, like we might need to like really, like someone actually, I bet you if someone actually set up like a, something you send to your, like the RPM Act literally has something written up you send to your senators. You know what I mean? Mm. It's already written for you. You sign it. And they email it to your senator for you. If we had someone for like doing stuff like that for cannabis, like, oh, we are, we want to stay at grassroots. Like we need to like start an organization. Da, 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 da. Well, we do actually, actually, if you check out normal, um, actually, uh, so if you go into normal's website, you can easily contact anyone and they have those pre letters actually. And you don't have to think of anything. They yeah, have but ours are more specific than like general ones. Like, like even the RPM Act like, was kind of like, it's talks about it's stuff that's not them. on their radar too. That's the problem. That's like I sent... I sent my senator something about the RPM Act. I signed the RPM Act. I'll say that. And then they sent me something back and they were like, yeah, pretty much that's not even on our radar. Like, you got to understand. <laughs> I'm like, great. That's the reality. A lot of times new issues. And that's actually another reason for cannabis people to talk to their uh, uh, representatives because a lot of times they won't have something on their radar until they hear about something 15 or 20 or 30 times. You know, if they hear about something from one person, 20 times probably doesn't matter, but if they hear from 20 different people about the issue, and I've heard this, honestly, there are, there are certain metrics in many different places where if they hear about an issue five times, they kind of ignore it. But if it's 10 times, they put it in a file filing cabinet, 20 times they, you know, they, they assign an intern to it. You know, I'm exaggerating maybe the numbers, but yeah. you know what I mean? So like literally if you have an idea and, and we forget this, I forget this sometimes too. I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Well, fuck, you could actually do something about it, you know? Speaking of China, you can't in China, you know, you're fucked in China. Like basically like if they don't do something for you, you, you basically need to shut up. But here we can actually talk. We have the freedom to actually say stuff. You know what I mean? And the system is very much bought and paid for by the corporations, but there is still room for us to make noise. You know what I mean? So especially in these new kinds of issues, 
Like the, the, the cannabis lobby doesn't really exist yet. There are cannabis lobbyists. Let's not kid ourselves, but it's still illegal. So there's no legal like Marlboro cannabis lobbyists or whatever. So we on some level have an even playing field with the lobbyists. We don't really, but you know what I mean? Like at least more even than many fields. Normal, they do like so they do find some things. However, thing is, they have they're starting a membership type thing. But I think if we were to have more people to also have, where we can funnel money into those places, sometimes where if we're able to figure out who are that's gonna yeah, get a little. That's something where that's I a, don't know. That's a foundation thing. That's like why. That's why lobbyists are such a big thing. Like we, we're not gonna funnel money into shit. We have to do it ourselves. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. funnel. Well, what did the NRA do? Even the NRA, the, they, the NRA laundered money by for thirty years, accepted oh, well, we'll money from all still. kinds of foreign entities. I mean, the NRA is a wonderful exception of don't follow their lead. Jesus yeah, no, but it's I'm a not lifetime that. member. But it's the con- oh, the my general. <laughs> Look up Wayne Lapierre. You'll be no. happy about that story. Oh, I don't. I, my, know, it, I got it as a kid, man. It was like a birthday. I know, yeah, I know. A lot of people did, yeah. Straight up. Go ahead, Val. Sorry. Oh, we interrupted you. Maybe not. Kenny, what's going on, man? Welcome. Cheers, man. Uh, glad to be here. It's my first Tuesday show. Uh, been having great times on the Discord channel. Uh, really good guys over there. Just sit back, chilling. How about you guys? Glad to hear it. How's the how's the garden going? You know, you're starting to folks that don't know that basically uh you're welcome to honestly talk about it. Like you're starting off a no-till, pretty much coot mix uh, bed with lava rock and everything else. It's gonna be fun to see it. Uh because I I've said this before, like every single grow is different, and your grow is no exception. Like, even though you followed like pretty much to the letter, I want to say, like coots mix, and I think you even emailed him and DM'd a bunch of different people, like even still. You make different choices in your grow that your grow is going to re- reflect your style a little bit differently than someone else. It's just fun to see what's what's happening now. Is the cover crop popping or what's what's the deal? Cover crop is popping. Not fully grown yet where I can feel comfortable uh, planting in. But it's, it's a little, little something, something, a little grass on the, on the oh, field. That. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. great. And a little bit there, that whole thing is going to be super happy. I love to see the cover crop. Like, honestly, I can't stand it with pe- when people uh, pull out all the weeds and stuff outdoors, especially indoors. You know, you need all the freaking help you can get indoors. Yeah. But even outdoors, people will just basically, sorry, clear cut entire areas. They'll think, oh, I don't want to have clover here. I want to, I want to plant grass in the spring. And so they'll basically like, I don't even know, just put, well, I guess putting cardboard on is a different story. But I mean, they'll basically like remove all the cover crop and just leave dead dirt and i just my heart cries because it's like yeah you're literally doing the opposite of what you want to to, to accomplish in dirt you know what i mean now that every no time i see pour fertilizer on it when i see a field like that i'm like come on guys come on <laughs> and it's such a waste too and they they really have to try to do it because for example this year was super dry yeah. in oregon and uh, pretty much nobody that I know watered their grass. Like almost, I mean, maybe in some of the wealthier neighborhoods or something, but basically even universities and stuff just kind of let their grass go because it was a drought year and whatever else. And wouldn't you know it, like uh, I want to say in late September, early October, the rain started to come. And within the next, it's not even two months, everything is green as fuck. Like just completely, completely green. Like all the, and it was mostly clover and stuff that basically popped up. It was old seeds that had been laying dormant. You know, there was no like clover this year, right? So basically they were just laying dormant from last year 
or maybe from the spring or whatever else. And now yeah. the entire earth is alive again. And it's rich and brown and soft. You know, like when it's, when that's another thing, when, when the ground is bare, it's hard. And so people think, well, hey, we have to plow this because the dirt is so hard. You throw some clover on there and let it grow for two weeks and you can literally stick your hand in the ground. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm already um, seen that in my bed. Yeah. It's aeration. Kenny, since you're on, yeah. how do you want to just go over what you did? Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up. Uh, so underneath is a, a 60 inch round table on wheels. So that's my platform. My bedding is sitting on. Uh, so let me turn it around. So basically under this is a table that's lifting the, the bed off the ground. I put it on wheels, but honestly, it's going to take a lot of strength to turn this bad boy. Because that whole bed weighs like 3,000 pounds now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jesus so, Christ, man. Objects at rest <laughs> tend to stay at rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Easier but, to move them lights around. Than move that. <laughs> it will give me warmth, though. So I, I'm kind of glad I did it to get some air under it. I mean, I like I like that it's insulated from the ground, right? Because I think you said yeah. that the ground gets super cold, right? So literally, having yeah, I'm in a basement. Below I get concrete. It's a concrete floor. So now this is uh, a let, dog let me pool. play devil devil's advocate for one second there. Even with that massive soil, even if the bottom's cold, it's not getting all the way up to the top. Like I think yeah. it's one of the things that you that like. I don't think it'd make that much of a difference. There's so much yep. soil there. That's such a heat sink. It really is. I feel it every time. Uh, so I come in here, I put my hand over the tube. I feel heat come out of here. Like I feel heat coming out. Well, of living tube. soil will generate heat anyways and generate CO2 too. Yep. So in the in the dog pool, this is like a PVC insulated Especially dog pool. Especially if you use barley. There's PVC yeah. in there. It's like PVC like, uh, like slats. And inside the pool is uh, at the very bottom is lava rock and a 200 gallon smart pot. Uh, it's a coots mix with lava rock. And also, so uh, kind of to play around with water aeration, I put a uh, water pump. It only kicks on when there's actually wa enough water to support it being on. So when it's dry, it'll turn off by itself. <laughs> hey, Kenny, learning the hard way how hard uh, hemp fibers are to break down. Yeah, this stuff is. Oh, this is hemp straw. It's like he was talking about. This is hemp straw. Cool. Yeah, really, really. Uh, I understand why they use it for rope and mm -hmm. stuff for sailing. I understand. It'll be interesting to see how that works as a as a as a mulch layer. You know, like yeah. it doesn't really have to, how do I say it? It doesn't have to break down fast. It just really has to start breaking down to be a good yeah. mulch layer, right? Like it just has to be a, like an interface more than anything. Kind of an interesting thought, right? Like it doesn't actively have to break down really. It just has to be breaking down. Definitely. It's like really, speaking of meta, it's very meta. It's like very, I don't know, Buddhistic or something. It must be on the path to enlightenment. I have seen some mycelium, uh, at least some uh, coming off in the mornings. When I look at it in the morning, I see a little bit, but since I just watered it, it kind of disappeared. It'll be back once it starts to dry, dry up a bit. But yeah, I'm glad it doesn't break down as fast. Like you said, that mat is going to create so much home for yep, my kids. You'll get 
you'll get so nice mycelium layers underneath the mats that that's going to create while it like composts and like keeps compressing. When you lift one of those up, it's going to be a living organism. Like, the only thing I haven't put in it yet is worms, which I'm planning on. I got to get me some worms. I'm really a big fan of worms. Uh, it it uh, puzzles me that Coot doesn't like worms in the pot, honestly, because he talks about uh, aeration and the how yeah. good the worms do at breaking down soil and everything else. And so I think to myself, why not put them in the in the soil mix and then just let them do their thing? They don't actively, how do I say this? Uh, they won't produce, generally speaking, as... Okay, maybe I should back that out too. What I was about to say. Okay, I'll say it anyway. Uh, they won't really make your bed into like a worm compost bed. Like you might think to yourself, oh, my bed's going to turn into vermicompost. That's not really the case because you don't have enough like compostable material in a coots mix. Like you're not supposed to really. You're supposed to have aeration and you're supposed to have all this stuff. Like you're only supposed to have like maybe up to a third compost, right? But the worms will constantly, constantly, constantly churn through it. And basically when they start to run, if they do ever start to run out of nutrition, or if there's too much like literal worm poop, they'll just start to kind of die out and have some uh, uh, cocoons. I don't know. How do I say this? Um, every, I don't know. Everything that I've been saying right now, I just, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm losing yeah. my train of thought slightly. Like I, th- I fucking love worms, man. I don't know. I don't know why you yeah. wouldn't have them in there. You know what I mean? For sure. I might put like a handful. I'm, I'll put a handful of worms in there. Uh, not too crazy. I mean, that's the thing. I wouldn't put like the full two pounds or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you get like, how do I say this? An ideal circumstance actually would be to have, uh, uh, an actual worm bin and then, you know, worms in your pot. And for the longest time right now, I got rid of my worm bin, but I basically turned it into a, a freaking, a couple of uh, mother pots pretty much. But, um, normally I love to have a, a worm bin to just churn through the old leaves. And cause how do I say this? Even when you do mulch, like I haven't been mulching for the longest time cause I had that fucking spider mite situation. But uh, if you do mulch the leaves, you still in a healthy garden produce way more fucking leaves than you could ever like shake a stick at, not to mention at harvest time and all kinds of stuff. So it's really nice to be able to just churn through or even just, you know, the fruits that you eat in your house, churn through that in a worm bin and then use that as compost top dressing uh, for your your plants, you know. Yeah. So this is a round pot, as you guys see. And on the corners, I've decided I'm probably going to run some autos on on all the well, at least cool. probably not that corner, but yeah, I've run some autos. Like in a one gallon. <laughs> how about how big of a pot do you think you could fit there? I could probably fit a three. That's cool. Most likely a three. Yeah. Hi. I have some three talls that would fit in that space perfect, but they would be good. They're good for nothing else but like that because they tip over so fucking easy. Yep. It's a great thought though. You could totally uh uh strap them to the pole basically those are green like uh steel pole yeah it's a tent so they're obviously poles you could totally strap them to the poles and they wouldn't tip over or anything it's a fun thought yeah. someone someone was asking in chat uh, i think it was bowls of seeds uh kenny how far down does that pipe go does that go down to the lava rock yeah that question. goes i think it does yeah very bottom of the pool so I like. I cut off a little bitty slat off the bottom so the water can flow through the pool and disperse into the lava rock below. And you use what, like four inch uh, irrigation pipe, or what would you use? Huh. Uh, it was a good, yeah, it was like five. That looks five. like a, yeah. Uh, this this PVC. Are uh, you talking about the uh, what Fumi's talking about? Is the uh, corrugated pipe? The corrugated pipe. Yeah. yeah. So this goes down to a corrugated pipe 
um, which is about maybe eight inches long. Mm. And yeah, so I could, it could hold a lot more water as well. be like a pocket full of water. And I have many of those throughout. I have like eight around the bottom, like in the lava rock. And then how will the roots uh, reach down into that? Will they be able to reach down to the lava rock or how, how does the water get distributed? The water gets distributed basically uh, from the fabric of the smart pot. So, so once this fabric of this smart pot dries out it um like pull moisture from the bottom through the lava rocks, um, basically as it dries out, I forget the, what's the word? Capillary action is the word I believe. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. basically, yeah. it's a it's a wet paper towel method. Basically, mm-hmm. and that's how a paper towel. Like if you put a wet paper, uh, dry paper towel on some water, it's going to soak it up. So as that paper towel dries up, it can absorb more water. And that's exactly how this fabric pot. Kind of the same theory as a wick hydroponic system. Yep. Yeah, I uh, like it. Jim is really asking, uh, yeah, I think so. Jim is asking, do you consider that a dual root zone? And he's saying, is there an air gap? There is an inch air gap. So uh, right here, I have a drain. So right here, it's about a about an inch. Uh, yeah, maybe like maybe a little bit less than an inch. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I consider it to be a dual root zone. It's not going to flood and drain like a dual root zone should, you know. I could say uh, I, I agree with you, Kenny. I consider my my systems very similar to that. I use smaller pots, but uh, I'm in like a big tray of water and use the same separation of uh, air between my between my roots. But I use ropes going up to pull mine up rather than a portion of soil down into the water. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like it. I, I think it's dual root zone. It's not nearly as good as potent stuff. Have the right. air fucking yeah. sucking through and making the, uh, and like really just drawing the air down through the roots. And like, that makes such a big diff. But what you're doing is I consider dual root zone. When you pull it up, you'll have big roots. Uh, well, I guess you won't see them because it's that thing. You'll never get to the yeah, bottom. The LAB will hit but that. Yeah. When I pull mine up, there's roots hanging down. They don't look as good as potents. They're all, yeah. but they're all they're all white and they're all good. And but basically, what happens is the roots go down and get in there, and they're not like a dirt root; they just become a water root. So they and they're yeah. able to stay in the water. So yeah, as long as it, yeah, I, I've in with a little lab in there. I've never had I, like I've never maybe once I did have it go sour, but like I just let it it, it just dried off and I just let it went back to being normal. So. So I'm going to eventually I'm going to have maybe set up a small fish tank and use old fish tank water in here hmm. to really get it jumping off. What kind of fish uh, are you going to get? Uh, probably some goldfish or koi. Koi fish. Goldfish or goldfish. I, I love doing the fish water. The only thing is I've never like got it like so good. Uh, I, I It's really good in the start and the veg for me. I find uh, I don't like to overdo it in the later stages because um, I think it gives the plant too much nitrogen. I think it yeah, actually really heavy in nitrogen. Nitrogen. Yeah, I agree. Nitrogen. I agree. I think it's yeah, so, so I so I slow it, but it's really it's really optimal in the growth stage. With my yeah. style, I'm going to be sipping every process. So not only and it's also the diet of the fish too. <laughs> when I pop seed, 
when I pop seedlings, they're in a sip. When they're teenagers, they're in a sip. When they're in the bed, it's a sip. So every sip and every part of the process. So right now, this is this is fabric. You see those roots? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, so when I when I plant them, that'll Here's just the come off. Yep. Same thing here. Now these roots are popping. Might have to actually rip some. See what I've thought about doing to add more air movement to mine was to put like um, PVC pipe in the bottom, like a like an inch PVC pipe down because I have like big old hydroponic trays, a four by eight fucking hydroponic trays that my my pot sit in. Yeah. And there's spaces at the bottom for the water moving through them. And I thought about putting pipes there with uh, holes drilled in them and just having like the air compressor and because it's all out in my garage with, but with all my air compressor tools and all that stuff, having my air compressor hooked to that and just having a little low pressure, always blowing water through the roots. But I'm scared it's going to change the pH of uh, the pH of the water and the base there too much. So I, I've been a little, what the, uh, what the air? Yeah, moving that much air through, yeah. Huh, I never heard of that, raising the pH. <laughs> Changing the pH. I don't know if I'll raise it or lower it. I know it will change it. I thought moving the air through it would actually benefit. I've never heard of it. Not- I don't know. I would probably, I would probably, we can look it up. I don't know how to even. I don't. I mean, that's just like, like a, a a pond or something. Like a pond, you want to aerate a pond if it's yeah, well, water. That's like anything else. Like you can uh, aerate soil with a fucking air pump at the bottom if you really want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they do it with compost piles. Yeah, they do it with compost. I mean, I think it's beneficial, but I think it can be. <clears throat> Uh, what sort of never heard of it causing a detriment? That's what I'm saying. Never heard yeah, of it. I, I don't know, I, I can't answer that, but I, I've always heard of people doing it. It's everyone loves it. Well, I do it at a, at a, at a minuscule level. I do like four air stones corner of the thing right now, right? But so that's what under- I thought about doing is throwing air stones in there. But I've heard air stones don't actually really give it much aeration. Well, that's it the is. truth. It's, but it, the movement alone will keep the water fresher. So yeah, it's, be, it's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it adds a little circulation in there. That's all. It's not a whole heap, but it, 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 will, it will keep your you'll keep your bottom fresher longer, I would say. But then the air stones get dirty fairly quickly. Yeah, she did say that. I want to get tilapia. Tilapia. One of yeah. those big, uh, what are they called? They're like a, like a Houghton has the big fish. Mm. They're not a fish tank yeah. though, but they're yeah. like a, a plastic tote. A drum? Yeah. I would like to get yeah. one, a couple of those and do some big fish. Yeah. I Marty, 55 gallons. Yeah. Marty over on, uh, on, over on Potent Ponic show, he builds all kinds of tanks out of like fucking plywood and shit. He does some crazy stuff with just yeah, I like his greenhouses man his greenhouses he does, man he does everything real low budget but like everything high quality yeah. I need to get um your Marty man that's a dream right there <laughs> that's the type of quality greenhouse yeah that's next level 
sending is saying there's an, a product called an air dome. It sits under a pot connected to an air pump. You want oh, to try one out? I definitely, oh, I need to get a 55 gallon drum in the base fit. Like ASAP. Just have one. I got to get one. Yeah. If I was you, I would play around with it. See how, see how the regular tap water is going to do. And then see how the heated water would do. It kind of do a comparison. Because I don't think you're going to get much benefit. Not a ton. Yeah, even then, too, don't get the 55. Just go get a, a what do they call them, the Rubbermaid garbage cans. They got 14, yeah. They they're, got 14 Yeah, but gallons. I mean, I use almost 20 gallons. At a time? Yeah. Yeah, you but okay, okay, so suppose you've warmed half of it up, right? And then you add cold water to it. I'm sure that's not going to be that bad. Yeah, that's usually what I do. So there you go. Kind of so toss in a little right bit of warm it. water or something in it, so it's not as bad as you think. Say so you're mixing 50-50, you'd make 28 out of a 14 can, right? But I definitely need to change the filter of my house too. I think. Um, then again, I have one. Uh, it's like the it's kind of the same issue that we're dancing around. We were talking about this before the show. Are you worried that the water is then too cold in that? Uh, uh, garbage can you want to make sure that the water warms up to some specific temperature or what's the problem right now i just want the water to stay at like at least 65 degrees and it comes out of the tap at what uh i mean if it stays in the basement it could get down to 50s maybe less i don't know i could go check i brought water up, oh, up you that don't I have left. water you don't have water downstairs either do you right i was forgetting about that not yet. Uh, but I have fish tank heaters and stuff. <clears throat> because we're in a cold snap again, 31 degrees. It was a 20 something last Mr. night. Toads in the house. So I mean What's up, Mr. Toad? I like keeping my water just at like 65. What up, Toad? We were talking about this uh uh the other day and I was starting to think about it to myself. I was like, had I ever uh, uh shocked my plants? I think I have. I think I've shocked them when when I watered too cold. Like uh, uh Wes, I wonder what you think because you live in a much colder place and you're like, man, I don't even care what the the water temperature is. I feel like maybe with more veg plants than anything else. I feel like if I watered straight out of the tap in the middle of winter, sometimes it comes out really cold at 40 something degrees. I'm yep. pretty sure the plants were unhappy for a couple of days after that. But Wes is shaking his head. I will take water temperature next time I water and tell you what I water at. I know it doesn't. I keep my plants up off the ground because, yeah, they will get it. And, and I'm not. That's but I don't key. know. I don't know if I would with Kenny's. I mean, his is so big. Like that thing is just a heat sink, man. That thing's got to be just making fucking heat as it well is. as just containing whatever it takes in. Um, I, I, man, I, you definitely can shock it with too cold of water, especially if the plant's not used to it. But I think used plants, it, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking, West. If they're steady on a steady temperature, like, uh, you keep your grow at 80 degrees. Look, when you are a plant, you have no choice but to grow where you grow, right? Like, so you have to adapt to the place you live, not, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but these seeds don't as soon as a frost happens, they die. I guess it depends on genetics too, right? Yes, something. Not even. I think. Uh, I think even all. I think all cannabis dies at the first Perhaps. frost. No, 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 no. It doesn't. So certain there's stuff that will last. There's there's stuff that will stand uh, up like uh, like an auto. An auto. Frieslandia. Frieslandia is one that will fucking take the frigging cold. 
So uh, yeah, he, an old Bloom's school guy. on here. He was even talking about some stuff that he le- left out like over the winter, right? And then I think he used like the seeds or something. I can't. Maybe it was somebody else was talking about a- that. Afghani's leave their uh, their plants out viable. until the first snow falls on them. Like in, in what with the stuff they make the hash out of, they'll leave it till like the snow falls on it. You just like, found in my yard the most mildews. If you t- you take a cultivar that's from an equatorial region and bring it up here, and then and, and then it's gonna yeah, when that feels frosted the first time, that's gonna fucking wilt down, hit yeah. and never come back. Right? It depends. I work it's with lineage, man. Hybrids. So yeah, it, it's like it's also because I work with all polyhybrid stock. That's nothing. Like, there's nothing to say within that you won't find ones that are cold fucking that are that have tall. that have the uh, yeah the tall cold. I think I got a couple of ones, ones right now uh, in different phenotypes. You're seeing like I'm looking down there and a couple aren't caring and a couple are you know because um, I definitely fucked up. Uh, I water. I don't think I. I don't know. I think I just let the soil. I think it just got too cold in the in in the five by five space. In general, I think it got down to like forty degrees, maybe. You don't have a max min uh, thermometer. I do now. I finally put it in, but I don't know. Uh, some just monitor that. Where's that coming from? Toad. It was Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. Again. Holy cow. Oh. Jesus. Ooh. Yikes, that's terrible. What is going on? Sorry, somebody's playing a YouTube, right? Darth Vader's playing it, man, on purpose. I'm right. I think it's all I think it's all genetic based. Yeah, I mean, you can probably find something that, like you're saying, is tolerable and that would tolerate it. Like I, like I am, like I found stuff that's doing kind of good right now. And we hit the winter snap, and I wasn't ready for it yet. I was lazy and didn't have my. I had to buy a new heat thermometer. You know what I mean? And I let it get really cold down there. It was 20 degrees outside. I I went down there and it was yeah. (laughs) I had a heater. I put it on, but I don't think it was enough. I think I, I think I did it too late. I, I think well, your plants are resilient; they'll come back, buddy. If not, pops and you got to so do some right Madonna to run through. Yeah, available right now. <laughs> Conveniently, got the website pulled right. up and ready. So, yo, so what I'm going to do real quick is like compost. Uh, what is it? Compost worm castings tonight, and put a little water top on top. And then give it a couple of days, and I'm dropping the light to put the flower, just to get them out of the tent. All right, if you mean, oh, go ahead, man. I can't wait to pop some charybdis. That's what's coming up. Cheers, Ian. Uh, oh, that's we can, we can uh, say hello to Mr. Toad and stuff first. Now it's a bad time to to shut on my website. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to talk about my website for five minutes. I probably will. I, I should do. I should do like more short intervals. You know, I should talk about like, <laughs> one strain for five minutes and then move on or something. Because I'm like, it's like a ten minute infomercial. I should totally do. That. I should talk about like one thing and then. Back to regularly scheduled just, programming. Or just do a what feature? Right. This is the feature strain today. Something we'll have to figure just, it out. Yeah, just a little something real quick, a little quick rundown because people's attention spans aren't that long, anyways. Right. And then we like, could all talk then, about like, well, 
I had a Morgana. I, was, I did very well. I just want to try the Morgana's happy fucking terps. That's what I want to try. Everybody has gotten that giggle weed, and I haven't got to try it yet. <laughs> honestly, I've been looking at the, the Thousand One Nights, too, honestly. Right. There you go, man. Yeah, really good. That's the, and speaking of which, why don't we say hello to uh, freaking Fumidoro Seatco. There we go. Come on. Work. There we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, fumidoroseatco.com, uh, fumidoro.com, or also fumesofgold.com, all the same uh, website. You can use any of those, and they'll, they'll redirect at the same place. Go take a look. Uh, I've been uh, uh, slowly, and I do mean slowly because for some reason it takes a while to, to uh, update it. I've been slowly revamping the website, so hopefully uh, here and there. You guys will see like new little features or whatever if you've uh, seen it in the past. Uh, I hope to still add something that is a, like a nice surprise, but it's taken me forever to get to it. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys, for uh, whatever reason, need to contact me, the best way to, to find contact information is on this website. Uh, easiest way to contact me these days, frankly, is the Discord. I'm checking it quite regularly. So uh, email, Discord, I'm basically always on there. Fumidor at chronictable.com. Well, not always, I guess I, I do sleep, you know, uh, upside down like a bat. But uh, Fumidor at chronictable.com, uh, the Discord link is right there. If you guys are listening in for whatever reason uh, on, uh, uh, you know, Audible or, or, or uh, you know, podcasts or whatever, you guys can do, go take a look at fumidoro.com uh, and uh, take a look at the subscribe link for YouTube, uh, Fumidor and the Flavors, on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, we were just talking about uh, Thousand One Nights. Let's take a quick look at Thousand and One Nights. Uh, speaking of which, Wes Engine had a good thought. Uh, talk about one little strain, say what's uh, nice about it, and move on with your freaking day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is basically, uh, you could call it, uh, well, it's a Ruby Jack Incross. I hope to to uh, distill uh, my friend's Ruby Jack quite a bit more because I've, I've really enjoyed growing this strain that my friend originally bred. Uh, MZ.Stevia on Instagram is the, is the, the, the gentleman, basically. He, uh, he's bred some really fun stuff. He's going to uh, do some uh, really more fun stuff with his friend. I think uh, they're doing um, uh, uh, a reversal, honestly. They're, they're doing some uh, feminized stuff, a reversal of uh, a really nice raspberry kush to some fun cultivars. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they uh, pull that out. Uh, he's really known for, at least for me, uh, Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity uh, flavors, just in, in, in the nicest way, basically. Uh, so uh, I've really enjoyed uh, growing this strain Ruby Jack, and I want to do more uh, stuff with it. I want to kind of distill my favorite uh, phenotypes, and then I want to especially cross those uh, to other stuff so that I could basically kind of, you know, whatever, I guess, hybridize stuff in my direction or something, right? So anyway, uh, how do I say uh, the Ruby Jack originally was uh, Ruby Slipper by uh, Son of Jack. And the Ruby Slipper was all of it was basically old school weed. Uh, my friend Stevie's really into old school stuff, you know, hash under glass and old school Afghan hash pipes and everything else. And every time I smoke a joint of this, like lately I've been, you know, smoking a little bit of Thousand One Nights or whatever. And I'll come back into the room. and I'm like, man, this smells like old school weed. It smells like, a, you know, 20 years ago or something. A friend of mine was smoking or something. It's kind of funny, just like the. The, the, the smoke afterwards has this kind of old school vibe to it. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, the Ruby Slipper itself was a three-way cross of uh, Alaskan Thunderfuck, Shishkaberry, and uh, I always say that wrong. Shish, shish, Berry. Fuck, I need to look that up again. So I, I feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong Air. both ways now. Anyway, and then uh, an L5. And then the father on that that original cross was, uh, sorry, the the that was the ruby slipper the the father was the son of jack it was jack career by uh basically a mystery dark afghan super fun cross i've really enjoyed growing it uh this right here this plant right here is the ruby jack number eight uh the mom basically of the thousand one nights a uh, pink panther 
I guess I'm babbling right now because I'm actually high. I think I'm now sure I want to grow this one. Nights. Dude, now I, I I've been enjoying this one. this one. I didn't realize the mother was such a star-studded. Like, holy fuck, yeah. Shishka Berry. Right? You said NL five, and what was the first one? Uh, Alaskan Thunderfuck. Alaskan Thunderfuck. Jesus Christ, those are three heavy hitters. Like, mm. holy cow! Like, you got to find something amazing in there. And that's what I'm telling you. It's it's been one uh, Ruby Jack itself has been one of the strains that I I have never pulled out a phenotype I didn't like. Like it, I've never had that before. Where like even in uh, Kaffir Lime, where I said it was the like my favorite ten pack of all time. I mean, I guess oh. I've always sent out five packs, but like I, I played with that one ten pack for like a year. Honestly, dead ass is all the different phenotypes. I still had a dud in that pack. You know what I mean? I still the the what would have been the eighth girl was a dud. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, what would have been the eighth girl would have been basically was a dud. Uh, and she just uh, was probably an identical phenotype to the number four, basically in looks and everything else. But she wanted to finish in like, honestly, 13 or 14 weeks or something. Just a total freaking dud for, for sub cool stuff. But how do I say this? With the Ruby Jack, I have literally never pulled out a phenotype that I didn't like. It's, it's freaking ridiculous. Uh, the Thousand One Nights side uh, is the pink uh, panther mom i call her that nut that ruby jack number eight the the pink lemonade basically crossed to that same dad that i crossed to everybody which is basically uh it's kind of awkward right like uh that dad was himself crossed to that mom so that's why it was basically a bx because it's crossed back to that same mom twice <clears throat> what i seem to have locked in is the really confusing spicy features of this strain. And every time I, I, I kind of relish it, I didn't get too much of it. I don't have enough of it. I have to grow more because every time I smoke it, I get freaking confused. And I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thousand one nights. Here's me being confused. Probably I either just smoked Gawain or thousand one nights. It wasn't labeled. So I don't know. It was one of those two. Um, but either one can make you go be like, hmm, what the fuck was I talking about? This is that oh. pink Panther mom, by the way, in macro. And nice. those fucking so. stocks. Isn't that ridiculous? Like beautiful it's hash bonkers. water. That makes right? such nice hash water. Bonkers. Oh my god! Just and I did actually that. wash. I did like Kool Aid. A few different uh, Ruby Jacks, and it was basically Kool Aid. Yeah, it was yeah. gorgeous. Smelled the Kool Aid. Wanted to drink it. Pretty yeah. Much. Mm, yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. Ah, isn't that pretty? That's so, so, ladies and nice. gentlemen, if you want to grow some pretty shit, uh, check out Thousand One Nights on Fumadoro.com. Uh, you you might perhaps uh, let's see here. You might perhaps check out the West Engine Swindle. It's one yeah, of the package deals I have here. Uh, West Engine doesn't like to pay the first price, man. He was telling us the other day he likes to pay the real price, man. Come on, man. Give me yeah, the real yeah, price. Okay, give me that. Go ahead. No, come on. Give me the best price you can give uh, me. Wait, uh, that's the best you can do? Well, hold on, Jack. Hey, uh, you should really, really, really work on trying to get Stevie on. <laughs> Dude, I want to. He's been on here a bunch of times. I don't know. He's shy now or something. I don't know. He's busy with some other stuff. I'm always asking him, but... Because yeah, there's a couple of people that were like, you should interview all. <laughs> Dude, Stevie's cool as hell. I like Stevie a lot. Um, he's been around the scene for. I would like to hear of fun stories. Yeah. Really cool guy. Uh, yeah. uh, how do I say it? Uh, and he's always the guy. Like I can, you can always count on him to bring like some old school hash pipe. Unfortunately, we like I can't remember who it was, but somebody it wasn't me, thankfully, but somebody broke his Afghan. Oh no. Pipe. Can you believe that? So he was like, oh, no, I can't bring it, man. It broke last time. Uh, but uh, he's got all kinds of cool old shit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a cool guy. I like him. 
You know what's really cool is going on Etsy now. You can get all that kind of stuff like direct from people in Afghanistan and thing now. Like I got uh, I got some really nice chillum sent over from friggin' handmade from India and they're absolutely beautiful. And if I bought something like that here, it would have cost me a fucking fortune. I couldn't afford one of these. And instead I got like three beautiful hand carved chillums. Uh, made of like marble, one of mar- two of marble, one of clay. Absolutely beautiful chillums. Like, and yeah, it would, they cost like nothing. They were like twenty bucks a piece. Crazy. I guess I can say this out loud. Richard D is asking about uh, the hash on it. I have to be honest. I haven't made hash for like, a good year. I think I squished rosin twice through all of COVID. Uh, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just had no interest in hash. I don't know. Like, I guess I had enough weed or something. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, I used to do a lot of hash. I used to, especially the Ruby Jacks work, because, you know, it was really before my breeding. But I used to wash hash. used to then squish that hash. I'll do it. Squish the flour. To get back into it. You should do it this winter. You, mm-hmm. you yeah, but no, no time like the present. That's it. Yeah, we should all do it. Oh, we yeah. should all do it. Like, Come on and be hashing at the same time. Right, I got a bubble. year's worth of trim mm-hmm. sitting around, bro. Awesome. <laughs> I just started to save up. I'll have a bunch out of this little five. The whole five by five is pretty much filled up. That's cool. Uh, Atomic Spoon is just talking about, uh, he listened to breeder, the Breeder Steve, or some Breeder Steve show today, and he was talking about Shishkaberry. And he says uh, he knows that's in the Ruby Jack, so he's wondering. Yep, indeed. Uh, for the longest time, I thought it was a sweet pink grapefruit, as I've said before that. Uh, let's see here. If I had to break up Ruby Jack um, into flavors, about one to five percent of Ruby Jack, the original Ruby Jack, was bright lemon Jack Herrera, pretty much like bright, bright, bright lemon. But literally, I think I pulled out two phenotypes. I, I pulled it. the first one that popped was super duper lemon Jack, and it was the first one I got to smoke and everything else. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a really lemony strain. And then I didn't see that flavor again for the longest time. And then I finally did pull up another one like a long, long, long time later, but it wasn't as lemony and had a different structure. It wasn't the same kind of Jack structure. Uh, then basically I would say about up to 40% is some version of strawberry and the rest is basically grapefruit with some of the grapefruit being sour, but most of it being sweet. So like a good 60%, Probably more like 65% of Ruby Jack was some version of grapefruit, mostly sweet with a little bit of like sour grapefruit. Uh, where I don't want it. I don't want it. You don't want it? You don't want it at all? I don't uh, want so it for, at the all. Time, for the longest time. I hate though, I you, thought, Fumi. Right? Uh, I, I hate you. Was, I hate you. That's if you amazing. do, you can pick I'm up sorry. some Thousand One Nights you. and you won't have to hate me anymore. You'd be like, oh my God, I love this I'm stuff. I'm not talking anymore. I can't talk to you. Right? But seriously, it's funny how weed is, you know, because, you know, Stevie's not, how do I say this? Stevie didn't make it up or he's not, he's not some kind of a buffoon or something, you know, like he he takes it as seriously as we do, right? So when he says blah, 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 I kind of take his word for it, right? And he's never actually mentioned sweet pink grapefruit or anything like that, but he has talked about shishkaberry and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So, and then also when Breeder Steve was on here, I was kind of trying to feel him out and he wasn't like, he wasn't biting back like, oh, yes, that totally looks like my sweet pink grapefruit. But he was kind of nodding when we mentioned like shishkaberry and whatever else. So, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's funny how weed is. It can totally convince you of something and then go the other way. We haven't actually, speaking of somebody who would know better, Mr. Toad this whole time has been sitting there, although his picture might be frozen. Are you with us, Mr. Toad? I was just thinking like I forgot to say hello to you. There he is. All right, I'm here with you guys. How y'all doing? 15% off. 
could you possibly turn your sound down a little bit? I think your your audio is way up. Probably your Zoom audio volume, perhaps, because that sometimes resets for me in like audio settings. Output volume, I think, is it? Yes, input and output. That should be a little bit better. That's much better. It's much much better. Arguably too quiet, but we'll see. Thank you for for doing that. What's going on, Mr. Uh, Toad? Uh, what's new? Uh, nothing much, guys. Just been kicking it. Oh, you've been on. Oh, isn't it cutting out? It's one of those days. Yeah. Well, I know you've been on a couple episodes on a future mm. cannabis project a couple times. I know he did something with Chad, and he's um. Okay. I don't know. He did a really good job. Like, I don't know. He's a horrible person to talk to. I mean, it was fun. It was a good job. He does a good job. But yeah. I'm you're in lacking tonight, bro. I think the world's a better place because we got him. Uh, it's uh-huh. probably uh-huh. Sorry. It's just your internet. Sorry, you know I get Because you're glitching out too, Mr. Toad. Like, I'm watching you and sometimes you'll freeze for me. Try uh, pausing the YouTube or do something like that. Getting rid of YouTube. Goddamn fucking Comcast. Right. <laughs> uh, Richard D is talking about uh, Thousand One Nights has these big ripsaw leaves. I love it. I love the structure on the, in fact, my favorite parts basically of now that I've gotten a chance to grow a little bit more of the other Ruby Jack in cross that I did, which was Black Prince Ruby. That was more of what you'd call like an F2 as opposed to the other one, which was cross back to its mom. So kind of more like a, a BX. Uh, hopefully Mr. Tilt will come right back. Uh, what was yeah. I going to say? Uh, I got a chance to see those old school Ruby Jack leaves because I haven't run through a bunch of Ruby Jacks for a long time. I've only had, I've, recently I've only really had the Ruby Jack number eight, honestly, and I haven't even really flowered her except for to basically seed her. So it's it's been really like a while. It's how do I say it? it's like seeing an old friend to see those old like they're, uh, yeah they're like soft oh, yeah. leaves. I should go find one. Maybe if I can find a cool one for you. Um, the best are the ones that you like, you know, and you know you still have, and you're like, I haven't grown this in a while, so I'll pop a couple. They're like, you're like, I'm just gonna enjoy it because I haven't seen it for a while. It's some right. of the best smoke you get. Right. Luckily, I still have some of Stevie's uh, Ruby Jack. So one of these days, I'm, I, I mean, they're a little bit older seeds now, so I'll probably have to get some gerylic acid or something, but or some seeds sprout tea or something. But uh, in fact, I probably will because I want to say when he week. gave them to me, they were already a couple years old. So now they're they're a little long in the tooth, honestly. I think Kiri's coming back. Um, I think the last here. time I tried to pop some uh, uh, Ruby Jacks, I didn't have the best uh, germination rate. So honestly, I might have to use some. Oh. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Thank you. I muted him. Sorry, Mr. Toad. <laughs> We're having some audio issues, uh, yeah. issues with Mr. Toad this evening. No worries. Cheers, Marshall. What's going on, bud? Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't know. It's I mean, fun to see that kind of old school like... uh, uh, look to it. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, like, I'm in. I am so technology. I hate it. I like technology, but it can be really frustrating, you know, like when you when you don't have the solution to something, you're just banging your head on something and you try to Google it and there's no answer to it, you know, like no, when you don't have for that. there's not enough people with the same issue and sometimes you'll Google something, there's nothing. I got a question. Do you guys think we all have our own agent 
or do you think we just have one Asian to the group? <laughs> <laughs> how important they think we are, probably. I doubt, I doubt there's like what you never know. Maybe we're like super duper important people. Yeah. I'm just messing with you guys. I don't even like you. Uh, was it? Uh, I well, say, no, when you have audio issues on phones and stuff. You're always, I always think it's like something like, or you're here like clicking or something. Right, right, that's like, ah. a joke straight up. Yeah. Uh, who was it? I want to say poetry for plants or somebody on Instagram had the funniest freaking meme. I wonder if I can find it now. Uh, where <laughs> yeah. they were talking about some random shit of the FBI guy. It's like that face your FBI guy makes when you talk about. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah we used to say about when they're like talking about breeds or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We used to say it when it like your phone echoed or you, know, you heard clicks. Yep. That's the old school, bro. That's like when your phone was still jacked into a fucking house phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. My gosh. Like, remember? It? Okay. Did you know the money at the modem? Get no, the fuck that. Do you, remember, do you remember having to physically like, like circle dial the phone numbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, man. That's, that that's, was hard. I had a hard time with that. Because <laughs> you're not patient. You're not patient. I hated it. I hated that thing. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> well, you survived. It just took forever. Like, okay, come on. Like, I'm just trying to make a phone <laughs> call. It did not take forever. It wasn't that much longer. It's just that's more convenient. What? We just we just got lazier. The only thing good about a landline is that you don't need electricity to have. Yeah, they can they they can last four years on the battery that they have set on them, uh, without being connected back to current. And I paid attention when I went to fucking uh, the fucking uh, phone company's place at the school. If you went to Portland, they still have. Oh man, uh, probably true. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Mr. Toad. Cheers, buddy. How you doing? Sorry, I wasn't trying to mess with you. Your internet really was glitching out. Yeah, my my internet's tripping up a lot lately. So, but not too much information, man. That's what it is. Right. Try to try to shut your video down and see if it helps the audio. Mm. There you go. Because the video takes up more bandwidth, I believe. And if you like, I feel like the audio might have a easier time trying to connect. No, don't leave. Damn it. Why don't you shut up this video though? Sometimes when they shut off. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 My- I can shut. I can shut off my video without. I don't hear everyone. Yeah, but we no, just, just see your video fine. off on the oh. on the. Uh... I think it's more his. I don't think it will affect. And then, like, well, he can. I don't know. He's got this. He said it's been messing so. up. That's what the, the what I got from him is. It's been messing up lately. Mm. Yeah, I believe yeah. he uh he's got some shows coming up too. I think he's got a show coming on with Eagle. This show with uh yeah, Future Canvas Project. Putting out that info. I need to get well, we should get that list and put it on the channel. 
Funny, uh, every attempt at collaboration across YouTube channels has always failed. Uh, uh, D's nodding his head, like, I don't know what it is, but like, it, it always fails. No, I meant like the ones we like. like the I know, ones I know what like, you mean. And it's just the stupidest thing. I have my thing. favorite. Like you. Like, as soon as you bring it up, like, oh, we like these other channels, somehow some fucking thing happens. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's crazy. They're talking about you. Their own saying nice things about guess, you. Yeah. Even in even in chat, like, well, a lot of the chat people like have different like shows that they will and will not watch. Hmm. You know what I mean? People that stay like same thing with us. I, I watch some shows and I don't watch other shows. Hmm. It's just a time. It's a time thing. It's it's a show thing it's an advertisement that you know what i mean but for whatever reason i don't watch them this shows like i try i don't can't fill my fucking day also like i hate being like i'm i like playing my game once in a while like i've been on discord lately chilling but those are all normal things it's usually a show turns me off is when they start advertising like nutrients (laughs) nutrients oh god like i would turn you off in a heartbeat you know what i'm saying uh, oh my god! Yeah, He's but mostly trying to reset salt. his modem or something. Hopefully, oh, <laughs> if so he can hear us, problems. yeah. If you hear us, try to reset your modem and like reset the computers and stuff. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. that will help get the bandwidth better. Yeah, no. It'll, In fact, I do that. I do that from idea. time to time. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, uh, and actually, reset the router. Like, if you guys don't ever do that, they do yeah. actually have to get reset every once in a while. It's yeah. stupid as fucking thing. It's like you'd think the technology would be better than that now, but you literally turn it off and turn it back on, and ninety percent of the problems. There's a away. fucking South Park episode about it, bro. Right. Right. The big internet just right. blinking. Like Kyle walks in back and unplugs it, and plugs it back in. Right. <laughs> Dude, it works. Holy crap. Every time you call support or anything like that, they'll ask you, have you unplugged it? Plugged it back right. here? Let's just oh, go yeah, and do it again. Let's just it. do it again. Start. Start <laughs> the process. That's uh, more annoying when you say, yes, I've already done that, and they want you to do yeah. it again. Exactly. It's but, usually I mean, well, a lot of the happen. time when you there call of- places for like diagnostics, they're going to like want to be in the system or, or monitor, monitoring the boot up. That's why they make you do it again because they monitor the boot ups to see where it's kind of going wrong. Yeah, because oh, they have so way I'm more deep, access. I've not done it, and I'm like, yeah, I just did it. Because my, <laughs> as, as I've said, my family works at Verizon. And hey, Coots in chat. I hope we have some. You saying rotate your hips? Hell yeah, yeah that's what you need to do. That's probably gonna do rotate like your Elvis, hips. Like Elvis, do it. That's what you need to like do. Like Elvis. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shit. Oh, uh, ain't nothing but a hound dog or something. Yeah, yeah. So. nothing but a hound dog. dog. My grandmother loved Elvis. Yeah, I knew a lot of people who were obsessed with Elvis. I knew people who were still obsessed with Elvis, actually. You know, I think about it. Yeah, I know. There's all a bunch of groupies for the Beatles and all. Every one of those bands back then had like groupies or like fans or Michael Jackson, Prince. Yeah, right. that's crazy fans. to think about. Yeah, Michael Jackson is a weird one. Every once in a while he comes up. I mean, he's still <laughs> super famous, right? Like the estate apparently still makes billions of dollars every year. Uh, he was apparently so famous he could not go outside. And he, oh yeah, he, he hated. How do I say this? 
there were all these stories about how they would rent grocery stores, like an entire grocery store. And like everybody in the store was basically employee, like uh, uh, actors, like they'd get rid of the employees and they'd train them to be like, or they train actors to be the employees of the store. The people doing the vegetable stocking and everything were all actors. Everybody was an actor and they were trained to ignore him. And he still had to go in like in disguise with like glasses and stuff to go shopping to feel like he was like a normal person. What a weird fucking Poor experience God. when you read something. Poor like God, that, right? dude. Right? What a weird life he must have had. That's dude, think about the Pavarazzi. Mm-hmm. Dude, up, they're, yeah. they're savage, dude. They want to get the worst moments of you. I mean, they're probably not all savages, but I know what you're right? like. Them, what would be better than, oh my God, Michael Jackson slipped on a fucking banana peel, you know, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Or he pushed a camera. Like, he did. Like, he, they, he, they, I don't know. I mean, that they, was had, a big uh, thing. they had to. They get very violent. Well, they, uh, did, they, they posted photos of uh, Princess Diana, right? When there was the car wreck. And remember, they were being chased by paparazzi, and conveniently, they were on site for the car wreck. So they took pictures of the dead bodies and released them, right? And there was a whole big fucking scandal about wow, it. Dude, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Have, I mean, dude, there's a whole, there's this show about like night news watchers and they go to all the crime scenes to film it for the news. They get, they like, they literally sit on the police scanners and they're like, all right, there's a crime here. Let's go. Right. That's because they get paid fucking crazy amount of money for these pictures. I do know? that. Exactly. I do something like that. I mean, the police are going to be there. Why not take a video and sell it? Clackamas Coot is apparently obsessed with ABBA. He's really into Dancing Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can all the way. Uh, You never know what people are into, right? You never know. Like uh, some big burly butch motorcycle guy might be really into kitty cats. You know what I mean? Might have a kitten at home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what'd you say about mr snickerfritz right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no no oh you're gonna have a Someone just like god motherfucker fluff you will never dis- disrespect fluffy again <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank I uh I I took your advice. I seen dude. It was a pretty awesome movie. You're right. Was you're it? turning me. Yeah, but you're turning me into a sci-fi nerd, dude. What the fuck? Like, what the hell's wrong with that? It's better than being like a. I I I, I I I don't know what to say. That like the writing's been just good in both. So yeah. like, I'm like, mm, yeah. Dude, dude was epic. It was excellent. Uh, and uh, what did you did you like that it was somewhat? Because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. Oh, and they wait, were like, hold uh, on. Oh, the story is kind of like flat. If you, if you haven't read the books or whatever, I was like, yeah, yeah, but it's kind of dreamlike. I was saying, and yeah, no, I liked it. I, I, I liked it. So, I hadn't, I hadn't read the book, but you know what? It it brought up. I it, it like it brought back fucking my brothers had watched the original Dune movie around me and stuff, and so I remembered like them vividly. The sandworms and like, yeah. So there, there was suits West back then. Big black suits. What's that? Smash? They were like, all right. So I was watching something today about they said in the movie doing that some one of the suits were made from old body bags that were actually used. What? That's crazy. And they didn't oh. tell the cast that was wearing them every day. Like you can, yeah, like, but it wasn't like they were fucking used body bags. They, they were. They were used. 
They were used. I can't oh, imagine they were used. Why would you, get, why would you use you use body do? bags? That doesn't sound. I mean. <laughs> well, I don't still have dead bodies in them. Guys, why you got a day say so quick? Let the man have his say. <laughs> All right, but maybe they had... were dead. I don't know, man. <laughs> they, were... maybe they had blood on them. Kind of monster. We could only. Have... I'm sorry, guys. We could only afford <laughs> body bags. I mean, Alec Baldwin shot a live gun on his last shoot, so I guess you never know anymore. Exactly. The fuck's he have a live gun on his set for? I need to go in my corner. Yes, that's right. I don't know where the corner is, but northeast, southwest, whatever. Uh, what were we just talking about? Sandworms. Kind of a weird uh, uh, creature, right? Uh, the sandworms are a collective organism. Like the, the yes. uh, it's not one creature. It's not like, uh, it's not like a deer exactly. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess really? argue any mammal is like, you know, it's a bunch of bacteria and whatever. But those worms, they're actually uh, like a, a, an agglomeration of sand trout. And it's a weird creature. And so, like, if one of the sand trout basically oh, okay. decides to go do something else, the entire worm dissolves. It's a weird creature. That's what happens crazy. if we're... I just hope there aren't any golf course, courses. And they're in, like, a sand trap. <laughs> I'm not lying, bro. I really found this. And I watched <laughs> something on it today. Rose Eveleth, though. Who is this? I don't know who this is. <laughs> this, yes. This, uh, this, somebody's this Who is this? Fine, fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> news. This news. There's probably way more stories. I was watched a video on it today. It was weird. I was like, "That's kind of awkward." I gotta find the video I watched, but so that's how I found why, out why used body bags instead of. Oh, bags. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Maybe the actor thought it was, or the, the director was crazy. Bueller. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little bit far out there for me to believe that they made body bags, like, and then and then talked about it after because, like, what if somebody gets some skin disease or some shit and then right. fucking sues them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they like to talk. Oh, the original maybe. I can actually almost believe that because it was like, apparently it was a clusterfuck uh, uh, production, and uh, what's his name, uh, David Lynch is like basically like almost a. Uh, uh, yeah, what are you looking for? Uh, uh, I'm looking for. Do you know the announced it? Go ahead. Go. Oh, the bags that are sold under the name Dow, uh, you know, for trash. Mm -hmm. Those originally were developed during Vietnam, and every soldier were carried. You carried your own body bag, so if you got blown up, your buddies to have something to stuff your uh, parts in. When they call it a chopper, they lift you out, take you back home to mommy, and. God knows who else might be there. Maybe mommy's a lover or something. Um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, brutal. You know, you're picking up parts and throwing them in a bag and tying it off and then tagging it with choppers to come in and, you know, haul you back to base camp or your body. Your, your that's crazy. So that's, anyway, that's how we ended up with Dow, uh, those Dow chemical bags, the, the black ones for your trash you can buy at Home Depot, you know, a big roll. Yeah, they had those at the base camp, and you always, before you went out on patrol, as they called it, suicide mission kind of shit, uh, you made sure that you had a bag so your body's had, your buddies didn't have to carry your leg and other buddy carry your arms and whatever pieces were remaining. So, fun times, man. Hey. It makes you say what's the That's what it is. Sometimes it's not pretty. You know. But that's the history. 
Well, here's the, you know, like the old expression, war is hell and combat's a motherfucker, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really easy to sit back and, you know, yammer it up. Well, we'll just send the boys in. Yeah, fuck you, you go. You know, pieces of shit like Donald Trump got out because he had money. You know, you send send some uh, poor kid from the ghetto to take your place. You know. Well, it's crazy because things went from hand to hand. Like if you watch the evolution of like things went from hand to hand combat. I think back in the medieval times was kind of even more kind of vicious. You know, you know what's like, you know vicious? You, so vicious is is having a fighter jet come over you and drop the napalm. That's vicious. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's what's called war. The only reason they didn't do it back in the night, they didn't have planes, but if they did, they'd have been, you know, maximize uh, body count. That's the whole purpose of war, right? You know. It's, well, it's, 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 it's a different kind of it's a different kind of savagery, right? That was one of the interesting things about Dune, because it's set far in the future in this kind of weird uh, world. You know, if you're kind of new to that universe, you're like, why is there no computers? That's actually part of the whole story, right? I don't. Maybe they'll bring that up in the second movie. I don't know, but yeah. uh, they have a bunch of advanced technology. It's not like they don't have advanced technology. They just don't have thinking machines, thinking computers in that world. So they do have those shields, like personal and, you know, yeah. every spaceship has a shield, every every airplane has a shield, all this stuff has a personal yeah. shield. So basically laser beams and shit are essentially useless. They do have laser beams though, like they have, they'll use those to cut through a wall and stuff. Uh, but basically in the Dune world, uh, guns, as we know of them, are essentially useless. So they have uh, edged weapons again. So they mm-hmm. The fighting in that movie is weirdly anachronistic. Everybody does hand-to-hand combat. But I was going to say, like, the the difference between that hand-to-hand combat in the past, it does seem quite savage because you're literally, like, you know, disemboweling someone and everything else. But at the same time, remember, like, that's not that much different than if a plane drops a bomb and basically, you know, everybody that you know is now in multiple pieces. You know what I mean? Can you imagine the the mental horror of knowing, like, everyone around you basically is dead and you have to keep going and... Maybe you're missing a hand. I don't know. It's just super fucking. I don't know. None of it is good. I guess. However, there's always going to be some sort of an impact to it, regardless. There's well, always, how about in the Revolutionary War? They just stand in line and let let them shoot each other. <laughs> you know what kind of. I mean, believe it or not, in uh, those cases, the mortality was much lower, right? Like that was the thing with uh, uh, World War One that they still used old school tactics in many cases. Uh, with modern weapons, and I mean, actually, the, the first modern war was the, actually the the, the U.S. Yeah, Civil War. That was the bloodiest war in, in human history, basically, because they did at first use like regular lines against yeah. each other, shooting each other with bullets, and just fucking savage losses. Um, yeah, and they they realized guerrilla warfare was a better objective because you pounced on an enemy and didn't stand in a line and let them shoot at you. <laughs> well, in the Civil War, more men. Died from syphilis. Oh, excuse me, venereal disease. It wasn't just syphilis. More uh, men, more men died from venereal disease than uh, actual uh, combat. So, you know, you just yeah, that before was, you didn't have any antibiotics. There was penicillin wouldn't come around for another sixty years. That was so, the whole thing with the Revolutionary yeah. War. It was all fucked up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they, I heard they used to say the the troops when in doubt. Yours zipped up. Yep. Um, yeah, you had to have your penis uh, inspected a lot by the doctors. Uh, you know, and if you were 
shown to show signs of infection, you were moved outside the perimeter, you know, sleep by yourself. Kind of like you do in high yeah. school, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. The Revolutionary War is like <laughs> when when we learned guerrilla warfare, you know what I mean? That's when yeah. like later later in the war is when they were like, all right, we're done getting shot at. We have less troops. So yeah. let's hide and shoot them. <laughs> that makes up, uh, sense way more than just standing in a line when we have less people. If you want to understand the beginnings of what became known during Vietnam as guerrilla warfare, um, studies. Oh, that was about so a steady swamp box in the Revolutionary War. They uh, have tunnels we, all in Vietnam. Like they were in oh, the yeah. tunnels of the mountains. Yeah. That's why the Vietnam put a good fight up, is because they were literally dug in. Yeah. Oh, the Vietnam Vietnam has always been a strong country. They've never, as far as I know, they've never really been that exactly. truly conquered. They've always been yeah. really like they're resilient as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Vietnam is they know a, what to do. In Southeast Asia, which we would include Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, trying to think. But anyway, yeah, they've been in war for the better part of 2,500 years. So we were just the last ones to go in there and get our ass kicked like the French did before that. And then, you know, you just keep carrying it. I think the Chinese have been in and out of there forever. A lot of it had to do with Buddhism because you have different uh, schools of Buddhism. You have the Theravada, which is your Chinese. You had the really hardcore Thai. You know, today, even today, there's a thousand Buddhist temples active in Thailand alone. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it had uh, what do you call it? Its roots in in those disagreements about how, what direction. And that's why the Chinese, some of the Chinese Buddhists escaped and went to uh, Japan and. Uh, the Zen Buddhists, that's where Zen started, was in China. When they got to Japan, they married up with the Shintos. And so then Zen Buddhism, as we understand that concept today, is a, a mix of Shintoism and uh, the Zen Buddhism, which was kind of a an off-branch, if you will, from the Theravita. The more, you know, we have the, the uniform, not uniforms, but costumes, the red and gold outfits. Well, that's Theravita, more structured. Like the uh, Dalai Lama. There you go. That's the best example I can give you. If you look at his... It's not working. Yeah, I just saw that. That sucks. If you ever want to look it up, like, check out those, like, the the documentary on it. Like, they really had a bunch of tunnels and they were miles long. They knew what they were doing. Well, they'd been fighting. I mean, just the French, they've been fighting since 45. We didn't show up until the 60s. So they've been building tunnels and and pathways and trade routes to get in and around, you know, going back 20, 30 years against the French. French just got, I mean, they got their ass kicked. They couldn't get out of Southeast Asia. In fact, it was called French Indochina at the end of World War II. It was still called, still had the French name in it. So It's funny, I mean how many places are actually british or like related or you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you don't think about it they really have an influence on way more of the world than we do i think if you want to really if you want to really they were a huge uh, colonial power but the u.s is the dominant power let's talk colonialism 
because at the end of World War II, basically the entire colonial system worldwide was destroyed. France lost all of their colonies for the intents and purposes, so did Britain. And if you look at the economy of Britain in the 60s, it was a disaster. I mean, we're talking a third world country. The poverty levels of children in the street uh, was beyond belief. Look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's It was brutal. And that was because they lost all this revenue. Yeah. You know, kind of like, uh, well, like the uh, African-Americans that were brought here, they basically were able to finally tell their owners, hey, go pick your own fucking cotton. You know, and, and uh, the South went into a tailspin after the Civil War uh, economically for decades and decades. It's still in parts of the South. I mean, they've never really like, you know, uh, you know the drill. I mean, you go spend a weekend in Mobile, you know, or you know, Hogtrop, uh, Arkansas. So it looks like I'm going to, uh, we're going down to, uh, if you, any of your or Oregonians or Northern Californians, there's a city on the border of Oregon and California on the ocean called uh, Brookings. It's called uh, Oregon's uh, Banana Belt. So it's warmer than it is in the rest of, uh, well, in many parts. There's no one weather in Oregon. But anyway, so we're going down there Friday. We've got six properties to look at. So. Nice. You buying something? Are you looking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, well, we have a home here that we already paid for. Nice. Yeah, so I, I got that to unload. And not unload, it's not going to be a problem because we're only 10 miles from downtown Port. So that's got a lot of value. It's right on the river, uh, the confluence of the Clackamas uh, River and the uh, Willamette River. So that's a nice property. Can I come say hi? <laughs> oh my God, that's what? I'm a dork. Sorry. Yeah, it's just, it's a really small, if you look up Gold Beach on the coast, that's where the Rogue River uh, empties into the uh, Pacific Ocean. Yeah, Gold Beach is really cool. Uh, it's, you know, it's really cool living at the edge of a continent because when you stand on the, on the ocean and you look uh, on the shore and you look out over the ocean, you know, you can't see the beginning or the end. All you can see is what's in front of you. So it's this, uh, the enormity of it is, uh, I don't know, pretty, uh, I don't know, it's pretty cool, really. Yeah, when I lived in San Diego, I went to the beach about every day. Oh, where part? What part? Uh, I was staying in National City. Uh, okay. My, yeah, my uh, I had family who lived in Alpine. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. that's a, is a really big uh, organic uh, farming area. A small, uh, small farms. Yeah, Alpine is wonderful. Just yeah, a really nice area. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you the name, but my brother-in-law was on the uh, San Diego media every night for thirty-five years, so you would know him. Uh, yeah. So we 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 lived in uh, up north in Orange County. Uh, beaches, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Newport, Newport, uh, Laguna, San Clemente. Um, then before we came to beautiful Oregon in '88, uh, so yeah, I, I'll say I'll probably move back out west again here soon. 
Uh, yeah, Kentucky's not really my my jam. Yeah, I did two years there in uh, Paducah. <laughs> yeah, uh, seventy four to seventy six, and I came came screaming back to Orange County. Get me the fuck out of here! God, my, I, you know, I met people that didn't know how to read or write. It blew my mind. Yeah, it's I, still, I thought that was. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. Paducah. Paducah, Paducah. The puppet. Yeah, I'm, I've raised in Louisville, so. Oh, yeah. Louisville's cool. It's all right. My talkie. <clears throat> I'm muted, right? No. no. Yes, you're muted. We can't oh. hear you at all. No. Oh, shit. Okay. Is that down I was being good. I was being good. Is that down south? That's called beach up. Are yeah, you sure? Well, ooh, ooh, beautiful. See all those big basalt uh, structures? Those are pieces of lava that came out of the uh, and flowed down to the ocean millions of years ago. Mm. Yeah, this. In fact, I mentioned before, our home is actually built on a, a basalt ledge that's about uh, 10 foot uh, thick. So when they, after they built the house in order to have grass, which we removed, but anyway, they had to bring in dirt. Then I removed that and brought it, had uh, raised beds. So our whole front yard is raised beds uh, on top of the basalt. Then I find out, now I find out from you know an expert that we can get poisoning from basalt. So, uh, oh my gosh, you know, let's go run, run, Forrest, run! Yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, I mean, a lot of people just don't know what stuff is, right? So they hear the yeah. word basalt and they're like, "Oh, is it a French stone?" I don't know. What Here's your problem in the weed world. So they take a group of materials that are completely unrelated, completely. Totally have nothing to do with each other and lump them all together. And we'll call it rock dust. Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, basalt isn't a rock, it's goddamn lava flow. It's not the same thing as bentonite, zeolite, azomite. Those are uh, alumina hyphen silica compounds. And when that connection's broken through chelation, oh, excuse me, we don't use that word. We use another word incorrectly. Would it get solubilized? Um, and so the aluminum breaks away from the silica. Now you have free floating, free floating aluminum. Do you want that in your food? Would you want that in your weed that you're smoking? Probably not, would you? So bottom line is don't use alumina silica compounds. Use granite. Use basalt. Anyway, there you go. Like that, though. It's basically, because like that, that cools, uh, slowly. I'm sorry. Oh. And, and granite is a subset of basalt. The earth uses uh, the pressure and take basalt. And I'm not a geologist, don't pretend to be. But what I do know is that what comes out of, it, of that is, is granite. And those are the only two rock dusts that are paramagnetic. Because in the soil, you have some ions that are positively charged, those we call cations, not cations. And the ones that carry a negative charge are called anions. There you go. 
crazy. This is, uh, we've got a couple of Irish people, I think, in the chat. This is the Irish Causeway, a Giant's Causeway in Northern Ireland. Ireland. Uh, these look like they were created by giants, right? That's one of the reasons why they were called that. But they're naturally cooled basalt. These were not put yep. there by people. It was naturally cooled yep. that way. Yeah, see if you can get up a picture of Ecola uh, Rock, E-C-O-L-A, in Oregon. Now, this is a, a, a single monument, not monument, but single uh, basalt structure from the flows that started Montana and swept all the way across the uh, northwest into the Pacific Ocean millions and millions and millions of years ago. That's why our soil is so rich. It's, it's volcanic soils. My God, I mean, you grow can grow the finest, whatever it is you want to grow, weather permitting, in this soil. But only in cannabis could it be a, a could that be a detriment? Oh well, you know, if you use basalt, you it's got heavy metals and stuff. Okay. Anyway, see those rocks? Is that cool or what? Those are all basalt formations. Dang. These are the tide pools. When you when you hear somebody say, "Let's go tide pooling," you might not know what they're talking about. They're talking about going to look at shit like this. I think that's Hug Beach or Hug Point. The picture you just had. Of. Were you looking out through the tunnel? Yeah, you park up. Yeah, you walk down there. There's a, those are, uh, that's our, uh, what do you call it? Uh, tide pools. And with the, uh, okay, say like uh, Fume's got a. Uh, it is so cool. What's that, what's that camera? Oh, he's got a, a GoPro. Well, GoPros can go down 33 feet or underwater. So you can take your GoPro on a selfie stick and stick it out in the water. Isn't that cool? Safely. And do that kind of photography. How cool is that? Right. Or make a video or whatever without damaging your equipment whatsoever. You're, you're a salesman. That cat has a, that, that's a cat case with like a cat window in the back. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a dedicated cat <laughs> I love it. I love it. My poor Glurt. He's got, a, he would love this place. Isn't that gorgeous? No. Yeah. That's as good as it gets. Oh yeah, E. Cola. It's just about maybe 80 miles from yeah, Portland. Yeah, talking about you, boys. Uh, and you can go to the forest, too. Yeah. Like, on the way to the coast, you get to enjoy this different scenery yeah. where you get this basically yeah. rainforest, essentially. It's almost always... Uh, uh, yeah, when you get a new camera, that's where you... When you get a new camera, that's where you go. Right. You know, to test it out. These shoot about 100, 200 pictures and put them on your computer and see how you did kind of thing. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. Did you hear they busted 4,000 bombs the other day at one of the airports on the West Coast? I mean, no, is there no true. justice? Yeah. In, uh, I did hear about that. Yeah. 4,000 <laughs> bombs. Hey, break them on accident or what? I know it was uh, uh, customs, uh, you know, by, because they're still banned by the feds. So it was like con it was oh, contrary. Okay. Yeah, because they were they were not water pipes for tobacco purposes. They were bongs. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you're familiar with a website called Grass City hmm. uh, Forum. It's a forum, one of the original uh, weed forums. IC Mag Grass City. Blah blah blah. And then the one your buddy uh, held, ho uh, not hostage, uh, held the uh, court over. Uh, roll it out. He had a, a sub forum. 
Subcools, subcools, sub four. That's the one they he bounced me after twenty seconds. So uh, anyway, uh, that's owned by a company in Holland. Excuse me, yeah, Holland, Amsterdam specifically, and they sell bongs, pipes, you know, uh, equipment to smoke dope. And so when the DEA was kind of cracking down more or something, you know, depends who's president, how much hassle you get. That was a problem for them because they were running this forum thing. But, you know, they sell, what do they call it in those days? Um, contraband. They sell cannabis contraband. So they were always getting, uh, that's why they had their all their, like, uh, managers and, and uh, what do you call it, uh, moderators domiciled offshore. Because if they were domiciled here in the States, then you could make, I'm not saying they should, I'm just saying illegally, they could have made a case that they were contributing to the decline of American youth or something. You know, so they kept that. But that's how they made their money was us selling the shitty bonds out of China. Uh, the real crap, you know, made not made by artisans like you find here in Portland, the real glass blowers and stuff, you know. This was like down and dirty, you know, for smoking uh, crap weed. So, you know, you don't need. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? I mean, you're smoking some crap out of. Uh, might as well smoke it out of the can. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck, just go get some wheat straw papers and have it, you know, get that good uh, flavor going. Yo, cool. The word paraphernalia, cannabis paraphernalia. That's it. Thank you. Paraphernalia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The first bongs that we had uh, back in the 70s were the copies of the ones that, because uh, it was uh, in Viet, uh, Thailand, is where they actually originated. Well, the problem was they were made out of bamboo. So the first bongs were made out of bamboo. Do you know what a bong tastes like after about two months? With water and uh, yeah, with bamboo. Oh, oh, it would be. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. Then uh, there was a company called Four Days. Sarah's family came along, and they had they were made out of acrylic. They're the ones that had the you know the uh, black disc on the bottom. That was the base. And so, <laughs> one of the people that I was involved with in selling pounds, a lot of pounds. He was uh, associated with the company name was Sarah's family. So we would trade uh, pounds of shitty Colombian for boxes and boxes of their number twos. Maybe there was a scratch on it, you know, or something. There was a cosmetic flaw. So then we would give away bonds. If you bought a pound, you got your choice of colors. You got two bonds. So, you know, uh, what do they call it? Yeah, cross merchandise. So uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, and papers. We used to buy the boxes of papers, the good ones too, like the, the rice ones from France that don't have any glue, that kind of stuff. And so, if you bought uh, like some really good quality stuff, like tie sticks or Mishrakan or uh, Kulikan, whatever, then you got to have these nice papers to roll your dope in. So. Don't call it dope. It's cannabis. No, it isn't. It's weed. Uh, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that'd be an industry 30 years, 40 years later? You'd have stores with, what, 200 different bongs in it. Blew my mind when I first saw it up here. Or in a, you know, like a liquor store. Go in a liquor store and get some rum and a bong. 
Only in Portland. Now, yeah, now, have you been to one lately? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Up here, yeah. yeah. You got face yeah. mask and everything. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Being seen, it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, you know, people that have only bad dope to smoke need that kind of uh, yeah. validation, you know? So, I don't know. I grow better weed is be my... Uh, I agree. Oh. Yeah, just grow good. I forgot. Weed. What are you growing, Coop? Or like, what's like your? I don't know. What, you, what What was your favorite thing from last season that you have so far? Um. One that. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't involved in growing it, but I was involved in contributing genetics, and it's. Uh, Okay. The old, the one I have is it's going to be thirty nine years old next month. Uh, it was in January, so nineteen eighty four. No, that'd be no, be thirty eight years. Yeah, thirty eight years. That's fantastic. Um, That's incredible. I know, but I'm still worried about genetic drift. You know, I, every time I get an expert within listing range, I, can you tell me about genetic drift? Because um, you know we want to preclude that. But anyway, so he took uh, he took the female, and then he crossed it with a uh, a, uh, a seed yeah, group that he's been working since 1975, and he was growing in Maui in 1975. So he has a whole bunch of seeds, and so he took some up, and then I he sent me pictures so that I could go, yeah, do that one kind of thing. So anyway, we crossed it now. Uh, He's bringing down some cuts and uh, some harvest here when I get back next week. So I was going to try to meet up with our our leader here, Fume, and give him some bud. Ew, show him how gross. show him how show him how the boar runs through the buckwheat. You know, here's some real dope. So. Hey, did you ever pop up those uh, seeds that Tommy get uh, got you? Oh yeah, they're up and running. I have uh, some at my house and some at a friend's house. Yeah. So, nice. I, like I said, I don't know that strain, but I know of that breeder. Yeah. And he goes back to like the late 80s, early uh, Jordan of the oh. Island. So, Godbud, Ambrosia, those are some of his uh, most famous uh, strains. Probably Godbud is the one. Godbud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, Potent talks about the Godbud. Where's Del? Yeah. What did, where is Del? I have to talk. Sorry, I'm going to mute myself really quick. <laughs> On no. this show, we say you're welcome. Sorry. They finally disbanded, but in the late 90s, there was an organization, and I talked to Breeder Steve about it on uh, a potent, Steve Potent, Potent Ponic Show one night. Um, it was called the BCGA, the British Columbia Growers Association. And so that was uh, a lot of the big breeders. Well, maybe the, I don't know about big, but they were the only breeders. And eventually, it fell apart. Uh, they were really against the whole thing of selling stuff to the uh, Europeans, like uh, uh, what's his name, Neville, because he, you know, all, all those guys that they call them the Dutch strangers cracks me up. They bought them here in the states. I mean, for Christ's sake, uh, you know, I mean. Yeah, Dutch my ass right out in the Northwest, like uh, Northern Lights. Uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, okay. Or one that you would know today, 
the name of the company would be uh, Sensi Seeds. Well, in the 80s, they were known as uh, SSFC, Super Sativa Seed Club. And their catalog, every listing was had an M in front of it. So M19, M22, M23. But that's where uh, your strange like Williams Wonder. Well, look on a map of Oregon, look for Williams, and then go across the valley and look for Wonder. Golly, I wonder, could it possibly be? Oh, okay. Um, the, the one that became the... Uh, like the beginning of the scent of uh, Sensi Seeds, or what is now Sensi Seeds, is what Afghani number one, Afghani hashtag the number one, right? You see that in all that came out of uh, Southern Oregon. They they said that, not me. It's in their catalog. You can download it, find it online. Uh, look for the Afghani, and uh, yeah, they bought it right from uh, the boys down in Southern Oregon. So. We always like to chortle when they talk about the Dutch seed. You know, like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, because like, where you... do you get to hear these stories? It's like, and like, we're so fortunate. And it's like, we're, some of these things are going to get lost. And it's because we're well, not. That may, believe me, believe me. The last thing and... that Sensi Seeds or Neville ever wanted was the story about how they got their strain. I mean, Neville came over with a suitcase full of what they call decks. A deck is $1,000 wrapped with a bank wrapper, right? He came over with briefcases of decks. And they and he and uh, what's his name? Uh, David Watson. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Sam the Skunk Man. They went purchasing. You know, he bought the, they bought the Northern Lights. They bought the Hayes from the alleged uh, Hayes brothers. Um, you know, that's another story. But um so yeah, I mean Dutch sees my ass. And then he hires a guy from Georgia who who changes his name. Ready, got a redneck from Georgia, and he became you love this Shanti Baba, Shanti Baba. Now Shanti in the Hindu faith means enlightened one. Uh -huh. Georgia, okay, got it. Shanti Baba, and Baba is a sign of endearment. You call like a a, a teacher, Baba. So he called himself a, a, a teacher of peace. How groovy. Uh, I like, see, I, I you like, like the that? names. You like it? Like, I like the names like the, up in the British Columbia group. They had a guy by the name of uh, Cash Crop Ken. Uh, that was, he was a breeder of sorts. But, you know, back to making money, I think I hit it. All right, you ready for this? I want to start ready? a company called. Blab it and grab it. Okay, and elaborate. Provide, I want to hear it. Okay. I'm going to provide the, uh, the services. <laughs> that you, you send me a check for $100, and I'll make up the artwork for your cards. You can be a geneticist. You can be a cannabis production manager. You can be, oh, a consultant. <laughs> you can be whatever you want to be. Blab it and grab it. Is it like for the ESA cards? Like you can be a squirrel? Well, more like, you know, never mind. I won't go there on that one. But anyway, you get the idea because now you can be whatever you want. Just hey, run it through Coot. He'll give you business cards and maybe carry all of them, like part time gynecologist, uh, you uh, know, breeder. I think, it, I think it's a money make. I think that, you know, with all the clowns running around going, Call me a reader. Call me a this. Call me a that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll call you from the... 
Yeah, gooey dick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're such a hey. I was hey, just Coop. talking to somebody about gooey duck. Did, uh, do you guys know what gooey what ducks are, by the way, to sidetrack the conversation? No, they, they don't. Show them a picture. They're pretty you hilarious. So if I, were to, if I were to describe to you a shellfish that looks like a wiener that has a tiny, way too small of a shell, like a purposeful, a purposelessly small, how do I say this? It's like a, it's like someone designed a shellfish as a joke, basically. And yes. oh, yeah, I have seen those. Like a gigantic wiener yeah. with yes. a shell yeah. that looks like I don't even know. Like people eat those. That's crazy. They're actually delicious. They used to They're be wonderful. super cheap because nobody wanted to eat this gigantic right. penis-looking thing. <laughs> Except wow. for it's it's actually a tradition in okay. China. They've had the gooey ducks, but they basically went extinct because they ate them all. Where they discovered you could get them from the, the West. Here they started importing them, and now they're like a hundred dollars a pound. But you used to practically so the, get them for so free. like in in the states, New England's famous for its. Uh, Clam chowder, right? And they use this traditional clam. There's a gooey duck. Right? <laughs> but here in the Northwest, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! They're not that big. <laughs> Don't they like extend? They like extend. Maybe not yours. They They're creepy as fuck. The, the siphon goes oh to like gosh. four feet. They're so creepy. In Seattle, in Seattle, in a, a seafood restaurant, you pay extra for. Uh, <laughs> gooey duck, uh, clam chowder for sure because that it's, skin I mean, comes it's, off. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, first of all, who doesn't like the taste of clam? Like, honestly, clam is delicious, it's always a really weird looking thing. You know, there's a but, joke there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, uh, of course, uh, we love it on this show. Uh, 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 this is like a, but it's more like a know, Melanie or fruity, it's it's so like uh, a like delicate tasting. It's amazing, it is, it's really good. Yeah. Have you ever had abalone, right? Yep, bad abalone. Yeah, boy, expensive. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. They're basically fish to death. And the shells. Oh my god! I know what does it taste like? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's probably abalone is like sweet. You don't think about it. Yeah, and they usually they usually pound it out. You pound it out pretty thin. I don't want to see it. Just don't show it. Just like I just like. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about this. <laughs> yeah, <Avalon. laughs> Yeah, they pounded out. <laughs> That's what now abalone is what the otters eat. They can go through like they can an otter can go through twenty of those a day. Yeah. So you can imagine how they, they destroyed the uh, fishing grounds centuries right. ago. So goddamn otters. So cute. Well, know that there are otter gangs. Like otters are all adorable and sweet and everything, but they're like they have like, violent gangs. Back up, they get of, like, yeah. The otter gangs like chasing each other on the river, and it, it's it's ridiculous because it sounds adorable. It's all like, bee, 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 but then they're all fighting in the water. You're like, oh, that's sad. yeah. So when I was in Florida one time. There was a, a drought, and I was staying at my uncle's house <laughs> fishing. This duck, so this alligator this duck and kills it and it's i don't know maybe a three foot long alligator maybe three and a half foot long but not huge but not not a baby um and this otter cruises up behind it bites it on the back of the head and when it goes to bite the otter grabs the duck and bolts for the shore mm. and totally <laughs> punked the alligator out of the, the duck it was the craziest shit i've ever seen fishing <laughs> there's a store here in portland that carries uh it's called World Market. I was in there uh, over the weekend. 
And in the frozen meat, they had elk, they had uh, breast of alligator, they had uh, water buffalo from China. Yeah, I want I want to try that one. Uh, I've heard alligator is really good. It is. It's a very. I hate saying this because you know you heard this all your life, but it tastes like chicken, mm-hmm. uh, a tough chicken, chicken, but right. Lean yeah. Down, yeah. Well, you cook it in a sauce like a, a Diablo, you know, with some peppers uh, and a tomato. And then you can kind of, because uh, they're tough. I mean, fuck, it's a reptile, you know, ain't going back, what, to the dinosaur days almost, probably. Don't and uh, no, no fat. But, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not in a negative way, but it is a, a stronger flavor. Mm-hmm. More pronounced than say chicken, like a chicken breast. But uh, yeah, you got to get that toughness done. You either got to braise it or you don't put it on a grill. You know, it sounds groovy. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, I I got a uh, a big green egg for sale. Oh yeah. A large model. Yeah. There you go. State of the art. Now, if you want to do pizza, you can take that mother up to a thousand degrees. The big green egg. So if you have a pizza oven, I mean a pizza stone, you can uh, replicate, <laughs> replicate New York style pizza where they cook it at 975 or 1050 Fahrenheit. Ooh. Ooh. That's what you need for, for your next party, man. Do uh, pizzas on a big green egg. Right. I do agree. Can you imagine if I had a party with an alligator, bacon wrapped alligator on a big green egg? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness that'd be pretty that would freak right <laughs> first of all I'd say where'd you get the alligator what's that uh, Kenny that reminds me of the water boy where his mom fucking all she eats is fucking he's missing alligator. that mandula <laughs> omblongata <laughs> and the mom always has got like a leg of something it's like a yeah. duck or a swan or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, That's the uh, movie that keeps on giving. That's no, right. Colonel Sanders, your medulla avocada. <laughs> when you heat up a pizza stone and one of those big green eggs, say you take it up to a thousand degrees Fahrenheit, takes about a half hour to get it. So when you slide the pizza like on it, you put it. You maybe you cook it maybe sixty to ninety seconds. And you're still going to get that, like, you know how you see pictures of New York pizza, it's kind of like burned on the edges. Well, that's what you want, that charring. So anyway, that's what you get. Uh, it takes much longer to heat up the goddamn big green egg. The big green egg is made out of ceramic uh, clay. That's what azomite is. Azomite, yeah, azomite. That isn't the right name. Uh, I mean, that's a commercial brand name from some pond in uh, Utah. The actual original deposit is in France, and they've been using it for about 600 years to make those beehive ovens for bread, which is great, right? I mean, who doesn't like French bread? A croissant or, a, you know, something. How does that, how, why does that, why would you want that in your soil? Have you ever have you ever used uh, argonite? It's like a calcium heroic. I have not, uh, but I have seen. So I, uh, more than one person's asked me, so I did take the time and effort to look it up and yes. become familiar with it. If it were available here, I'd use it. 
aragonite and calcium carbonate, and you can get different forms of it. So um, usually it's uh, coral skeletons and stuff like that, or diatom buildup. But right. You can also get high magnesium uh, aragonite, which is like a dolomite uh, or, you know, a higher dolomite, which if you're going to do a slow release, especially in a more acidic solution, will actually give you more benefits for plant growing. Okay. Yeah, I was well, at, uh, I'm going to I'm going uh, to politely disagree with our good friend. Um, you won't find a magnesium hater on my level ever. Um, and here's your science: when you were a little kid and you got diarrhea, what did your mom give you? Milk and magnesia, right? Because it would tighten up the, the cage. <laughs> well, yeah, that that yeah. But what magnesium does, it tightens things. So in a soil, it restricts air and water pathways in the, in the uh, root zone. Why would you want to do that? That's the part I don't understand. And they don't even sell it here. At, a, at a, the organic farm stores, you got to go to a grocery store to get dolomite. The last thing you want in your goddamn soil up here, because the closer you are to a river, the higher the magnesium level is in the soil. Why would you want to add more magnesium? And the other night I had Fume do it so I could quit talking about it. I had to look up, you know, something online about a picture of something. You know, here it is, man. All seashells, every seashell on the goddamn planet is made from calcium carbonate. And when it got accumulated at the bottom of the ocean, we called it limestone. Okay, that's all limestone is, seashells. And certain crustacean also have chitin. And now we have a whole myth about chitin. Okay. Oh, you know, this is really holy. And oh my goodness, oh golly gee, you know. And beads, bells, crash pads, Hare Krishna, and power to the people. Um, yeah, but it's not the chitin that does shit. It's the enzyme created by microbes called chitinase. And that's the one that destroys the eggshells of insects. Kind of cool in a soil, wouldn't you say? Or unless you could, you know, you could dump something on it, I suppose, you know, some kind of poison. But anyway, that's uh, for those of you who've been around a few years, you might know of a product called chitosan. And that's where they would take chitin and expose it to bacteria. The bacteria would create chitinase they, they gathered. And now they would sell it as a product, as a pesticide. Cool. There you go. I just, I just uh, top dressed <laughs> worm castings and uh, lobster and crab compost. There you go. See, lobster, crab, shrimp, and uh, crawdads. Those are all crustaceans. Those all have chitin. A clamshell does not. Uh, a mussel shell does not. What about a cockroach? Probably. I'm not that. I know that there's a lot. I think the walls, the wall lining of fungi is chitin. I mean, so there's every plant produces chitin, but it doesn't do it in the volume that we need it. If you want to have it as a soil amendment, you're going to have to look to another source, and that's where crustacean meals come in. So the that arganite, that arganite's pretty cheap. It was. Honestly, oh, yeah, it should be. Sources. Yeah, it was real cheap. The, source, the cheapest source that I know of calcium carbonate is uh, comes from the bottom of San Francisco Bay, 
They've been harvesting it for a hundred years. It's calcium carbonate, it's oyster shell. And oyster shells is calcium carbonate, but it sounds cooler. And it's also 50 cents a bag cheaper. So it's $9.50 for 50 pounds instead of $10 like limestone. Yeah. But you'd think people, no, I'm using oyster. Okay, so you're using a different form of calcium carbonate. Yeah, and? Well, no, but it's different. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Stop doing me pictures. I hate you. Oh. I just, you know, some of the, the silliness in this thing no, boggles my mind. <clears throat> I love you, Coot. You explain things so well, and it's. Because <sighs> I, I made a lot of mistakes, you know, buying. Hey, when I first got my card, I wasn't, a, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about it. I, I just decided to get a card because I could get these. Clones, I because it was legal here in Oregon, you could exchange cuts, seeds, plant material. You had a card, you what do you call it, medical card. So I got a card so I could, you know, legally, I didn't feel like going to jail at the age of 60. So uh, I started gathering up all these strains, and I'm thinking, you, you cloned you clone this thing twice? Why in the fuck would you do that? I mean, I can understand. I can understand buying some seeds, right? And you clone it, you grow it, and then you clone, you cut you know, whatever. But after that, if it's shit, why would you do it again? Because of the name? Oh yes, this is blueberry. No, it isn't. Yeah, nothing to do with blueberry. But you know, it's all in the name, the name game. So there you go. That's why I named mine the one. People drive that though. And it's huh? more of people are able to build that hype and stuff like that. Oh, well, of course. Of course, you know, it's I mean, like, um, yeah, but it does. It's only temporary, though. And that's the thing that people don't. Hey, there's nothing more okay. temporary on this planet than the growth, than the cannabis scene. Yeah. You don't like what's going on now? Sit tight. It'll change in 18 months. I watched it for years and it just cracks me up. I mean, I, when I first got a card, you were a complete idiot. You were a goddamn asshole. If you didn't use Fox Farm Ocean Forest, now I can buy it over at a hardware store. Does that tell you anything? They fell on hard times because they got replaced by another bag of shit. Bag of crap. You know, like uh, you want a real bag of crap? Get that Malibu compost, baby blue soil. The worst I've ever used in my oh, entire life. Miracle Grow is better. Why are you wasting your time? I love you guys, You're but cute. if you have your, I mean, I understand if it's easier for you, I understand. I mean, it's, it's what's best for you. However, oh, well, I guess so in this case, time. there's a lot of, uh, what annoys me is sometimes in this case, you know, Coot was right about like the compost. I mean, I don't know, maybe in a different part of the country, maybe the Malibu is really, really good because there's a lot of people who swear by it up and down, backwards and forwards. <laughs> Uh, even here locally, folks were like, oh, that's the best, the best, the best. So I went and got it from, you know, one of the, the, the good groceries in the town. I'm not even going to say which one. And uh, they supposedly have the fresh stuff and everything. And I bought several bags. Like, honestly, I want to say probably excessively too many. I want at least three or four. And I want to say at least it maybe as many as five or six bags. That stuff was like 150 bucks of compost. It was brown. It was like cocoa choir brown, basically. I remember oh, wow. there was no bugs in it at all. Like in a good way, there was no beneficials. There was no nothing. There was no visible life. 
Like and that, at that point, I was still that, that, that would be like, a good description. Didn't seem to have like, it. Seemed to be lifeless. It seemed to be garbage. It is. And then at like the it time, just came out the of the Ollie, oven. <laughs> and at the time, the Ollie Mountain was wonderful. And then Ollie, of course, descended in Went quality as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when I first yeah, started do. getting the Ollie and I started getting it at uh, concentrates, I was like, "Wow, is this good?" It was way it cheaper was. than Malibu too. They concentrates told me they were like. Oh, because I think they had at the at the time or whatever they had. I was like, oh, can you can you guys have some compost? And they were like, yeah, yeah, I could tr- try this. And um, I didn't know the brand. They had a couple different brands or whatever. They're like, try this one. This is really good. Uh, and it was only like nine dollars a bag or something. And the Malibu was twenty something dollars a bag. Yeah. And that was with, with my grocery store discount. That wasn't bad. Let me let me tell you my uh, my Malibu story. So was it sixteen when I went legal here? 2016. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. So I never heard of this, and I wish I could still make that same claim. So a bunch of people went down to the Holy Mecca, the um, the big show down in uh, oh the Emerald Cup, <clears throat> the Emerald oh, Cup. Okay. 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 There we go. All right. So about three months before that. Again, I didn't had never heard of it. Uh, somebody called me and said, God, you're really famous over there on IG. And I said, what's IG? Instagram. What's Instagram? You really don't know, do you? I said, no, I have no fucking idea. He says, well, you got to get over there. And he said, uh, use your name. Because I'd always use that name over many, at that point, many years. It was like, it was here. I didn't, I didn't play the soccer. Well, I did do the soccer club game to piss off guys like, uh, <laughs> Well, a couple of them are dead, so I'll keep my mouth shut. But anyway, uh, so uh, on a Mac, you can run as many browsers as you want at the same time. So I'd have a different browser on a, uh, or have a name uh, on each browser so I could argue with myself, you know, and uh, and drive a couple of breeders just out of their friggin' minds. So they have this Enro Cup thing, and all of a sudden, I start getting these uh, messages. Hey, we want to talk to you. You know, we'd like to have you rep our product, or you know, blah blah blah. You got a good reputation. And who are you? Yeah. So one of them was this guy Randy Ritchie from Malibu. Now I had bought a bag of Malibu when it first came out. This would have been like 2009, 2010, and it was, yeah, it was okay. But I'm thinking Malibu. I know Malibu. I've been to Malibu. There's no cows in Malibu. Cool name, but it has absolutely nothing to do with reality. You know, it'd be like saying Sunset Boulevard compost or uh, Madison Avenue newts or something. I mean, like fuck. farms. Yeah, the Madison Avenue newts uh, farms book. So he was going to make a soil. We're going to do a food soil. I said, I don't want a food soil. There's no money in soil. I know that. Oh, no, we can make money. No, you can't. You're going to make money off amendments. That's how it works. In fact, if, if a store could, they would give you the soil free. Just here, take it. Here you go. Load it, help you load it in your car. Because you'll be back. Because you'll want to get that new program that fits that soil right. Like there's a difference between this peat moss and that peat moss, right? So anyway, we, we he played this game with me for about six months and finally I told you know, you're really wasting your time. I have no interest in having a soil. I don't want to go out. I don't want to end up in 
some you know weird city in the Midwest to talk about growing weed. Uh, run your own play, you know, have at it. So uh, that was the end of my uh, soil career. Oh, I've had about four others too. No, we'll make a soil with your name on. I don't want my name on. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> you run your own play. Call it, you know, Mary had a little yeah. lamb and Mersey dotes and dozy dotes and little damsy dizy, you know? Like, I don't yeah. need it. You're well, happy that people are just using the correct damn thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, can you imagine owning a soil company and dealing with all the crybabies? Well, you know, this didn't work on my Skittles. It was okay on my, you know, uh, sour diesel, but not very good on my Skittles. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe. my Skittles came out smelling like feet, Jim. That's right. <laughs> And I, you know, you get tired of just saying "fuck you" all the time. You know, I don't care. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's like you know when, yeah, you have your name all over and people just bleh. Yeah. Do you, Do you know how many products are out there with my Clackamas coon on it that I receive? Nothing. I mean, there's one product, yeah. gnarly barley. I get a, a a small piece of that one. Kind of that. And, and I came up with the name and, and the uh, package design. So if you look at the package design of Gnarly Barley, uh, that was uh, moi. But so Jeremy and I cut a, a deal. And uh, there you go. But all the other ones, all that other crap, I mean, I don't want to go through all the names, but you'd think that we you know, went to college together. Oh, yeah. Coot and I hang out all the time. Who are you? Yeah. So. All I need is to get down to the uh, Emerald Cup and a, a bag of soil, and we'll call it Coots Newts, you know, or something. I need some merch. I need a T-shirt. I need a, yeah, a look. Oh, yeah. No. Maybe a, a, seabo- a seagull dropping a turd. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I say we put that on the back. And there's oh some gosh. really disappointed face uh, of you on the front to say, with coup to prove. No, no, not his face, not his face. Oh, hey, Wes, this is in tea and parrot shops, you know, places that cater to parrot owners. They sell yeah, yeah. t-shirts that have uh, uh, silk screen manure on it. So, like, because your bird always <laughs> is going to shit on you. I promise you own a parrot, it's going to shit on you. That's just the way it is. So, to uh, put that... Yeah, you wear the shirt and stuff. Anyway, you get the idea. So. I, I can't deal with you. There you go. That That's the exact picture right there. <laughs> yeah. It was the footing. Oh, my goodness. That's why concentrate. Concentrates, just for those who don't live here, concentrates is an organic farm store. They've been around, not in that form, but they've been around since 1938. So if you're an organic farmer, not a weed guy, but a farmer, um, that's where you go buy your stuff. You know, everything's in 50-pound bags. You know, you don't go there. Well, I just need three pounds of limestone, and I need, uh, you got that guana? No, we don't have that guana kind of thing. Um, But like last year, I did... Uh, let's see. Well, between last year and the year before, eight thousand pounds of kelp to uh, growers down on the California border. They haven't heard yet that it's dangerous. So we're just, you know, so well, I mean, eventually, I mean, did you send them a pigeon? 
away. Did you send them the pigeons? Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's really cool because you go into uh, concentrates and everything's in bags, you know, big bags. And the price of you go, how much? You know, like $9.50 for 50 pounds of calcium carbonate. Pretty good deal, you know. Uh, and then they started carrying stuff like bags of malted uh, barley. That's what I knew I was meeting. They were selling truckloads, truckloads of malted barley down to some big conglomerates in uh, Northern Cal and uh, Southern Oregon. So you figure, okay, a trailer for this discussion holds 22 boards. And each pallet is, uh, for this limited discussion, we'll say 56, uh, 54 bags. That's two yards. That's why they call those big sacks two-yard totes, because they hold two yards. So, a tr so if you had 22 boards at times 50, we'll round it down. That means 1,100 sacks on a trailer, and they were selling trailer loads of malted barley out of Great Western Malt going down. They hadn't heard yet that it caused microbial collapse or uh, whatever other diseases that are being alleged. So. There you go. They have my picture over at the uh, mall. One of the, you look them up. Like a like wanted? No, like a, a guru. They have flowers around it. You know, give this guy that honor. That's much fun. Because I, I, I sold so much barley. I mean, they had a market, obviously beer, right? I mean, you can't make yeah. beer without barley. But here's a whole new market. And these guys didn't give a shit about, you know, enzyme levels or anything else. like. When you're a beer brewer, those those are all like that's your focus. All those uh, contribute to the quality of your beer. Even though Fume doesn't like this, back in the 1500s, the Germans passed a national law. You can only use three things in beer: barley, water, and oh, yeast. That's it. I think the yeast was even uh, fake. Wild or, yeast, say, yeah. uh, magic. Like they had a spoon. They were allowed to use right. a magic spoon. Right. Right. And we didn't, they weren't cool yet. They hadn't put raspberries in their beer or blueberries or Jesus Christ. What was that one? I saw gooseberry. Man, you guys must really be bored. Gooseberry beer? It's delicious, Coop. It's delicious. Oh, uh, hair. Oh, man. You, you uh, poo poo it, but I swear to you, if you had one of the, the uh, Cascade Barrel Brewing, like the Cuvée du Jongleur, <laughs> fuck that one. It's such a good, cocky name, right? But it's so good. Uh, it's like cherries and berries and shit. And I think it was aged in like a Pinot uh, Noir bottle. Uh, there's Creek. You know, they're basically, they're like cherry yeah. cherry beers kind of. Fuck how good that is. Well, whatever, you know. Um, Germans it. are horrified at that idea. They hear that stuff. They're like, what are you talking about? And that's a, like a Romanian accent. But whatever. Uh, they, they hate it. They just, they're so inculcated. The oh, beer is pure. It just has barley. That's right. Was it was like barley, wheat, water. And I think that's it. And love, I guess. Well, okay. Take uh, here's one for you. The uh, Buddhist monks, hops, are the ones that uh, were responsible for tofu, for uh, tempa. That you know that really horrible stuff that you slice up and fry or something. And then also soy sauce. Now their soy sauce is only made with soybeans, fermented soybeans. Which we make here, the, the big company, one of the, not Kiko Man, but the other one, 
they make it right down here in Salem in 500 uh, submerged uh, tanks, uh, in ground tanks to ferment it. But when it got to China, excuse me, when it got to Japan, they didn't like the acrid flavor. So they started adding wheat, shoya sauce. That's why when you go into an Asian market, you'll see some bottles of soy listed as gluten-free, meaning that it does not have the wheat. If it has gluten, then it means that wheat was used and that the sweetness of the wheat takes the edge off of the uh, off of that soy sauce, the Chinese, uh, the pure stuff. But I got one for Steve. Hey, Steve, are you here? Yeah, I was just going to say, in Africa, they make it out of the sausage tree. This is there what you go. South Africa, Zimbabwe. You do not think so that's here, something you're going <laughs> to... I, I got one for you. In every Asian country, they use bamboo shoots and ferment it. One name, not the only name, but one name is Mesu, M-E-S-U. And other Asian names will have a twist on them. Follow me. You ready for this one? It contains over 360 strains of lacto. So if you go into an Asian market and look for fermented uh, bamboo shoots, one of the most dense forms of uh, lacto sources you'll ever get your hands on for like not, not much money. Oh, wow. If you plant wow. Ooh, that's great. You just helped out so many lazy ass people. That's amazing. Now, now what's interesting about bamboo? It's being a grass. Okay. And it was grasses that saved the human race because that was the first thing we domesticated to grow. Barley was the first one. And about 500 years later, wheat came along. But barley and the human uh, race have a, a history that goes deeper than any other plant. And it wasn't to get drunk, it purified the water. So people, more people died in the history of the human race from bad water than all the wars combined. And when you ferment uh, barley in beer, it purifies it. The uh, activity of the enzymes and the bacteria and yeast, excuse me, the fungi. That's how I came up with the whole barley thing of adding it to the soil because yeast is a single cell fungi. So my little you know brain said, well, you know, what if you added that to the soil? So that's what I did. And then all of a sudden we had another crisis on our hands. Now we have microbial collapse. So, uh, but in any event, uh, you do get this incredible uh, injection of uh, 350 bacteria colonies, 150 uh, fungal colonies, several protozoa colonies, over 400 enzymes, all for about 80 cents a pound. So you can see why it's so hated. I mean, when you're trying to push a you know piece of shit, six hundred dollar air pump uh, compost tea brewer, and you got me over there going, no, you didn't spend eighty cents a pound to run this. See yeah, how it works. So there you go. I love breaking that shit. A really cool. Oh. What's that? That's the great. It is. It's like, why are we going through making ourselves crazy when we have all these? I mean, okay, you know, think about this for a minute. It's okay. It's become popular since uh, Ronald Reagan. 
he's one that, you know, welfare queens and making fun of poor people and things like that. Okay, yeah, I get it. Um, but tell me, what's the difference between a a bum, to use their vernacular, a bum on the street asking you for money than some piece of shit on YouTube begging for a Patreon donation who doesn't know it's ass from a hole in the ground? Who's the biggest, who's the biggest beggar? I mean, I've heard of, I just need $2 a month. That's all I need is $2. My response is go get a job. Man up, put on your big boy pants, you know. Start off at Walmart as a greeter, you know, and see how that works for you. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. I, I can't stand, when no, I hear, can you send money, can you send money to my that. Patreon account? No, I can't. I won't. Now, do oh, I support you people? I support people on Patreon, but it has nothing to do with cannabis. I do with some tech writers, uh, software developers, because they're doing something, they're contributing something, but not a guy that, you know, it was either this or, you know, flip burgers over at uh, McDonald's. Speaking of Patreon, shout out. There's a, a really good new episode on Hamilton Morris's um, uh, Patreon. If you guys don't, if you guys are a fan of Hamilton's Pharmacopia, he has it now on a podcast version to continue it on and to do it more frequently without as much headache on his part. Um, right on. New one is with a dude who is basically like on par with Alexander Shulgin in terms of chemistry knowledge. <laughs> Really fucking good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, David Nichols. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, uh, I got some bad news for the anti uh, Sapanin crowd. Uh, I know this is made a heartbreaker. Uh, Jeremy Silva at Build a Soil, who has always gone after, for example, and I don't want to argue it, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. But he has, for example, a silica source that's made from rice. Um, not, and versus most silica sources come out of the ground, a mine, is there a mine mineral uh, product? So anyway, um, I've, the name is Quinella, starts with a Q. Anyway, so he and uh, this guy, you might know him, I didn't, but that doesn't mean anything. Jay Plant Speaker. He's from uh, Eastern Oregon over in the, on the other uh, side of the Cascades. So they've developed this product that's an extremely powerful, uh, concentrated form of saponins. And I watched an interview that Jeremy did with him, and I learned a lot more about saponins. I didn't know that much, but I, I really learned a lot listening to him. But, you know, there's like hundreds of saponins. So it's almost like using the word bacteria. It doesn't mean anything or sandwich or casserole or you know, whatever, it, it means nothing until you get down to specificity. Which ones are we talking about? Which group? So anyway, I just like to pass that on. I, I ordered a, a couple ounces. It's not cheap, but it is extremely like, you know, a quarter teaspoon or something per gallon. Yeah. And uh, your two mates, obviously, is going to be soil soak, which cleans the roots as part of its function. Um, and then as a foliar, which provides extreme levels of pesticide and fungicide uh, protection for our plants without, because uh, it is a simple hydrocarbon, it deconstructs in a matter of hours after application, which is always why you want to spray as close to lights out as possible. Because light is your enemy. It's going to deconstruct these. Uh, well, we had fuel looked at one the other day, just, you know, uh, shits and grins. 
it's the world runs on carbon and hydrogen and oxygen. I mean, even chlorophyll, you know, it has one magnesium uh, ion and four uh, nitrogen ions, and the rest is carbon, hydrogen, and uh, oxygen. So. I want to fact check you. And, and you know, I want to make one other point you know, because, you. because you were kind enough to look it up and really study it. Think about that for a minute. Chlorophyll is at the core of the entire planet because that's what plants do. They convert sunlight into sugars via chlorophyll, right? Three of the uh, components in chlorophyll come from the atmosphere, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So let's get back to these new games. You got one magnesium atom ion, and you got four nitrogen. But now we're going to talk about magnesium-hungry plants. Just somebody explain that to me, please. I mean, do they have an extra magnesium ion in its makeup? Or do they carry it in like a, a travel bag? <laughs> you know, I mean. It's because they were bitten by a radioactive spider. Oh, okay. That's got to be what it is. I don't know. What else could it be? I'll tell you what it was, is that uh, Epsom salts are cheap. You know, a bag of Epsom salts at a farm store is about six. That's about $6 a bag for 50 pounds. Now, if you buy it in a grocery store, hoo-hoo, especially if it's got a cool and groovy name on it, like Bud Enhancer or uh, Magic Buds or... uh, We'd be stupid, you know, something. Then you shit, hey, sky's the limit. Just, you know, have at it. You know what, Coot? I actually have a question for you. Uh, Coot and Potent both. Um, Potent, this goes for you because we were talking about, uh, uh, in fact, yes, this this does apply to you. So uh, we were talking earlier, Wes and Kenny and a couple of people. We were were talking about Kenny's setup, basically. And unfortunately, Kenny had to leave right now. But uh, they were talking about how, I think, Wes mentioned that uh, you thought that the uh, fish water or fish waste in flour, for example, was too much. I think nitrogen was basically the first thing that everybody was kind of nodding their head. And I found myself thinking there, I've had this thought many times that with a uh, good living soil, you don't really, how do I say this? You don't really pay attention to how much nutrition there is. You honestly always add some. Um, I guess what am I trying to say? That you don't pay attention. Uh, fuck, what am I, how am I trying to describe this? Why is that, why is that an issue versus soil? Uh, why is enriched soil a problem i I need to phrase this in a way that's actually freaking logical in some logical way um people say for example that high nitrogen in flour is bad right it it does bad things to it it uh uh, makes the flowers dark uh it uh uh, prevents senescence on and on and on but in living soil why is that plant not simply not drinking that like outdoors or in a very rich environment in a marsh for example next to the ocean the soil can be very 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 rich like you stick your hand in there and everything's decomposing and it's basically compost and yet none of the plants are dark and whatever else they're they're doing their normal life cycle thing why is that a problem or is it a problem to have a, a an enriched soil Actually, those are where you have a lot of carnivorous plants, which are typically uh, carnivorous because there's not a lot of available nitrogen uh, in those and marshes and and coastal areas is where you have most of your carnivorous plants that are native, with the exception of pitcher plants. Um, But um, uh, as far as the nitrogen goes, so in soil, you're primarily looking at ammonia based uh, nitrogen sources and other nitrogen sources, whereas in aquatics, 
uh, especially cycled aquatics. So a, a typically a well-established aquarium or aquaponic system, they're primarily deriving the nitrogen in the nitrate form. And the nitrate form has to be converted back and is much more energy intensive um, to convert back than the ammonia is as far as the uptake goes. So, uh, and this is also why an aquaponic system is more, much more important to have slightly elevated levels of molybdenum or molybdenum in order to, um, because the plants are going to pull it from the water more because they need it for converting that nitrate back to ammonia. Well, um, I want to add one other thing in the, uh, one of the, can I, I need to open up a, an app here. Okay, so this is the, uh, uh, we can't see anything. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it. Okay. okay, so these are the enzymes. Now there's, there's over 400, excuse me, over 350 enzymes in barley. Excuse me, malted grains, it doesn't matter. Legumes, rye, corn's a little different because you have uh, 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 one of the big hormones, uh, cytokinins. Uh, in fact, if that first one was discovered in corn. And so the uh, Latin name for corn is zea. And so they named this uh, cytokinin that was discovered in 37, 38, zeatine. Probably seen that on in, in some articles. But anyway, so here's here we are with barley. Now, these are just the big ones that I, I highlighted because I thought it made the most sense for cannabis because they're obsessed about certain things. Okay, so you have the only grain that has both forms, alpha and beta of amylase, just like our, your saliva in your mouth. It also contains both. Uh, forms of amylase. So as soon as you start chewing your food, those your saliva begins breaking down the food before it gets goes down your esophagus down into your stomach, right? So that's kind of important. It converts to sugars, amylase. Okay, then you have aryl sulfatase. You have glucosidase, cellulase, or cellulose, chitinase. We already went through that whole silly discussion. Um, hydrogenase, phosphatase. What stoner isn't obsessed about phosphorus? Oh, goodness. And here it is. It's got a cofactor. It's not going to give you phosphorus, but it's going to allow the form to be a form that the plant can use. And all this for 80 cents a pound. What's the complaining? Oh, yeah, the story is microbes. Uh, protease, protein, and urease, urea. Any of those terms sound familiar? I mean, don't we talk about yeah. that all the time in soils? So there you are, 80 cents a pound, and there's your cofactors. You're introducing at least 700 colonies of, of microbes. It didn't come in a bottle and say some silly name or, you know, whatever. 80, uh, 80 cents a pound. I mean, what's the problem? Oh, I know. It competes with your $600 tea brewer. Okay, got it. There you go. So I'm proud of my bag of barley in the basement. There you go. Your your uh, your overly expensive uh, pump and brewer next to uh, your Keegan water generator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here you go. When you talk to God, it's prayer. When God talks back, it's called schizophrenia. So I'm looking at my old notes app. It goes back about ten years. I got all these. Uh, Hey, God, God told George Bush to go into Iraq, remember? Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, here you go. This is a good one. 
Now you're from, or you've worked in the South, Steve, so you know the Creole culture. This is a very old Creole saying, what you don't know is bigger than you. And uh, I would have that tattooed on every cannabis consultant's forehead, but in reverse. So when they looked in the mirror, they could read it. Yeah. Um, you want to, if I'm, 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 I'm going to go crowdfunding, Steve, on this uh, blab it and grab it business concept. So get in on the ground floor, you know, invest some money in this uh, printing company. I'm going to have a whole network of uh, geneticists and breeders and uh, there's, you know, consultants, uh, production managers. Uh, well, you know, bogus terms that you carry a whole, all, every card. Part-time gynecologist, you know, uh, breast examiner, you know, just whatever you need, whatever the occasion calls for. In case you run into a bunch of the crowd, what do they used to call? Oh, yeah, the bikini car wash rejects. So, uh, sorry. I love every bit of it. I hate you, Coops. Let's have a hoop for Coop. Don't you think a, a product line like Hoots Newts? I mean, it's got snap, it's got pizzazz. We've been a bunch of really aggressive t shirt line. Yeah, so with, uh, with Agnes. Shirt. I, want Agnes, I want Agnes, my dog, on the front. You know? I was thinking, Cootsie, uh, this the whole time I was thinking of uh, what do they call it? The the prancing, prancing, a prancing horse, there a you prancing go. worm. Fist fighting, and you know, worms don't have fists, so we'll have to use cartoon fists, you know, kind of like Mickey Mouse. You know, uh, Mickey, you know, mice don't usually have uh, uh, boxing gloves either. Uh, uh-huh. Worm fist fighting a bottle of nutrients, and the bottle of nutrients is like, oh, that's what I was envisioning. All right, let me, let me explain something so this makes sense. Because I know, I don't mean in a criticism, but you're really like brand oriented. And that's cool. I, I don't get it, but it's cool. I'm brand oriented. <laughs> oh yeah. How so? I mean, well, I mean, th- things are good by their brand. And what I'm saying is that any of them. Let's take potty. If you long ago sold your soul to Apple. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the one I'm, can't stand Apple. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fan boy. You know. I, I tell you one thing, Wes. I tell you one thing. I got going for me. I don't have to come onto a goddamn uh, internet scene and make a big scene about because I bought a pixel today and how groovy am I and how you're fucked you got an apple, but I'll leave it at that. So I like tacos. In the in the uh, horticulture sector, mm-hmm. of which Oregon's one of the, the main major players, two billion dollars a year. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of uh, arborvitae over at Home Depot, right? Soil is obviously potting soil, and it, you know I'm using it not in the correct sense, but in the generic sense. Soil is just an adjunct to your business. You have to get it right, and so there's none of this holy. We're going to Mecca because we're going to use roots organic or uh, whatever, whatever brand. Pick one. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's peat moss and perlite, and so there's. A whole bunch of little players. So that's where you never call up and order it. You take the product to them. You take the base material. Now, I want you to use this bag of peat moss. I want you to use this salt rock dust. 
Yeah, you because if you just call up, man, you're just like, hey, bend over. Here's the can of Crisco. I'll meet you out at the car. So like, imagine if you had them more like a couple of them. And, and you don't get a bag because bagging bagging costs three fifty a piece. Three dollars and fifty cents. You got a trailer, you got a truck. No, I'm t- I was talking about you don't have them bag it. You put it in totes. Because if you have a bag, That's what you, I'm yeah, it, it's gonna add you got say 50. Well, I'm gonna make round it off to make math easier. So it adds $175 to a pallet of soil. If you're in business, real business, not funny business, that's a lot of money. Funky business. Not wrong. So now, when I got this grow card thingy or uh, medical card, and I delved into this, I was hysterical. Because I know where they got their good. I could take you to a place south of Eugene, Oregon, and show you 30 brands of soil that are packed there. Now, if anybody listening to this thinks that they clean that machine out after soil A to get the ingredients in for soil B, you're delusional. Get in a 12-step program. Get sober. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a business. This isn't. You know, we're all going to join hands and sing "Come by Ya" and you know, do some you know, some uh, hits acid. This is a business. Did your check clear? That's more important than the whole thing. Did your check clear before you know press the go button? So this whole thing about this obsession with this soil or that soil, and I mean, I found it hysterical. I bought a lot of soil in my life, having nothing to do with cannabis. I bought a lot of cannabis soil too. I had it made. But the idea to go buy a bag of soil for what? I mean, take a razor blade with you and cut the bags open and grab a handful of each and look at them. You see a big difference in it, then buy the one you think is better. But it's all in your mind. It's all it's all brandy, you know. I swear. I I, I could prove this. Go get a bag of Miracle Grow. And replace it, 15% of it with earthworm castings, and you'll do better than anything in a grocery store in a discussion. The big game in the grocery store thing is called label building. You just keep adding shit to it, but you only have to put a tablespoon in a yard. A yard's 27 bags. A tablespoon, you can say, oh, yeah, it's got green sand in it. Oh, wow. Green sand? Yeah, it's got a K-Mag. Oh, oh, that's really cool. God damn. Yeah, so you just go down the list. There's more There's more effort in printing that label on that bag than there was that went in the recipe. Because they know you're going to dose it with something. You got to have a new program or you're not cool, right? You're going to walk out of there with something under your arm. I you know, botanic hair, home and garden. Uh, my favorite, my favorite it's one a, to it's criticize. It's a pathetic way. It's a pathetic way to run a, a whole uh, uh, ecosystem. It just seems so dumb. I, I feel like it'll change soon. I don't know. I, I feel like it can't. I mean, every time I think that, I guess I'm wrong. I mean, I've, I've felt all this time that living soil is the right way, and I've, I haven't seen a lot of people jumping onto the bag, bandwagon. I see some people do it, but it has its own challenges, right? You have to understand the whole system and everything else. You'll be quite patient and everything, and a lot well, of you people gotta, go you, back you and solve because they're so easy. Right. Well, one thing you have to do is uh, quit listening to assholes mm. that have no clue what they're talking about. 
Well, but I, I mean, mean people would have to shut off like their TV and Netflix and the radio. Yeah, I mean, you know, start reading hey. books. Well, what are you? Right. Savage. I mean, it's chaos. Let me put it this way: what, Say you were an athlete. Uh, well, we have a lot of athletes here in the Northwest. I'm out at the, uh, the Hood River. There's a lot of marathon. It's where they train. They're running. You got the swimming. You know, right on the Columbia River, windsurfing. So people, there's a lot of people, not everybody, obviously, go to the mall and see that isn't true. But there's a lot of people here that are really into their bodies. Well, it takes the same thing. And in, in, if you want to do a really good soil, first you got to learn what a soil is. And it isn't because it has a cute name on it. <clears throat> but I promise you, if I could be a, run a bus and take a bunch of you down to this one soil factory south of Eugene, Coburg, like I said, 30 brands of soil, all sitting out in the yard with wrapped in plastic, waiting for the trucks to come in to pick it up and haul it away. These, these machines run 24-7. You think there's any quality? I mean, seriously, 24-7. Takes eight minutes to make a whole truckload of soil. And you want to talk to me about, you know, oh, this is really good. No, it isn't. It seems like such a stupid way to do things. I don't know. Maybe this is uh, me being rosy-eyed or whatever. It's like a living soil grower or something. You know, maybe I don't have to put up to the the big pressures that fields have to deal with or something. But it just always drives me nuts that there are so many of these uh, uh, companies, even the organic uh, weed companies that want to be organic, that are constantly buying new soil. And then as a result of that, buying new nutrition and this and that and that and this. And I just think to myself, like, why don't they have these nice, long, established pots using natural fermenting processes, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't end up having to spend anything. The plants are healthy. There's there's no discussion. You end up spending all your time focusing on other things. It drives me nuts that people focus on. That's why I'm because surprised. You said I'm so brain-oriented. It drives me nuts. People talk about, like, the soil bags and the, the nutrients and whatever, like. Talk about everything else that is more important than those things. It's so unimportant. Here's your answer. Like nobody talk. Only, how do I say this? You don't go to a restaurant because they're using one brand of sugar versus another brand of sugar. You don't give a shit. Right. You do whatever the chef does. Even the chef probably yeah. doesn't care. Go ahead, sir. No. But when, when you have no skill sets in a field, I don't care what it is. Photography. Let's take photography. Oh, I hit no. the lottery. I hit the lottery and I go uh, buy a $20,000 Poochie Hoochie something camera with a, you know, $50,000. That just came out, yeah. Uh, the Poochie Hoochie, that, that, that's a good one. And yeah, the Poochie Hoochie, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saving up for it. Currently saving for it. Is that like the cut? Is that like the cut of some young guy? Anyway. Um, that's the version two. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make me a photographer. And if I'm not willing to, to look at the history of photography. Are you sure you need to buy a, Jim, you just need to buy a $20,000 Leica. And then you're, uh, you're a great photographer. So you, you hang it oh, around I your know. neck. There you go. Yeah. Or, or hey, I, knew, I knew a drug dealer. This is during the cocaine days, like the 80s, when uh, Miami Mice and that whole scene. You know? So and he, was, he was a legitimate, hardcore. Did 12 years, too. But anyway. He had to go to a party one time. It was this is in Newport, which is one of the wealthiest. Well, you know Newport, Newport Beach. Okay, so it was right there on Balboa Island. The actual residence, and I was driving. So we had to go to a camera store in Corona del Mar so he could buy a Nikon F two, 
and wear it around his neck. And I said, you don't even know how to load the film in that thing. He goes, <laughs> yeah, but he's, he went like this. He has these really like custom outfit, beach up. He goes, it matches my ensemble. There you go. It looked good with his shirt and his uh, shorts and his sandals. Hirachis, by the way, out of Mexico, but the good ones. Jesus Christ. So, you know, you can't, just because you go buy an organic soil, remember, there's no standard. There is no regulatory or statutory definition of compost. There is no regulatory or statutory definition of worm castings. Not, not a zilch. Nothing. So right. you've had good castings. I don't need to, I don't need to convince you because you bought it from the same place I get them from when I'm not doing my own. And no, you can't tell me that there is a single potting soil that comes within 20% of that material. It does. I mean, that's what it is. It's about biology and people for their own agendas want to turn this conversation into a discussion about chemistry constantly because they, they're afraid of biology because they don't understand it. They think microbes comes in a bottle. No, it's right here. See, you've got these, these are mini microbes right here. We've got microbes, these all brewed stuff. Beach bells, crash pads, Hare Krishna, power to the people. I mean, blow me. Annoying. Oh, it's just that it's focusing on the lowest common denominator. It's really interesting. It is. We, we it end up is. talking. And, and, and even these all, discussions end up devolving into just talking about. And it always has. Since the, look, the very first store that I ever went to, I drove up here from uh, California. <clears throat> and uh, George Cervantes had a store right off of uh, the 205 on Foster Road, not even 50 feet from the I-205. And it was an old house that had been a plumbing supply. And then that whole neighborhood changed. And all of a sudden, here was this. You thought, you know, because the ads in High Times that he's selling lights. That's where I bought my first lights from Holland was from George Cervantes. We yeah, came yeah. up here. House. Yeah, we bought the Dutch lights. I mean, all they had then in those days was that crap made over in southeast uh, Portland with the Chinese uh, parabolic uh, hoods. And or here Dutch. we man, we oh. use Dutch, the good stuff from the from the greenhouses in Holland. And that George Cervantes was the only one that had them. So that's how I got. Uh, maybe then we were, they were selling shit like black gold, um, which later got bought by SunGrow Horticulture, the biggest uh, uh, sphagnum peat moss. They're, they own. The Canadian government controls the harvest up there, right? And you're entitled by how it is a lot complicated system, but SunGrow gets 53%. So that means they're larger than all their competitors combined. That's a lot of that's a lot of power. And they have mining operations in the east, the, the marine, if I'm wrong here, West I mean, they call them the marine provinces, and then the ones we get on the west coast. Uh, uh, maritime. 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 Yeah. And, and the ones we, uh, material we get uh, up and down the West Coast comes out of Alberta. You know, you don't ship peat moss around. I mean, unless you're really stupid. I mean, you know, it's just peat moss. Sphagnum peat moss is the good stuff. Remember my analogy? 
think of sphagnum as the tops and peat moss as the shape. And you, that's all you need to know. You So what do you want? What would you smoke? You want to smoke tops, right? There you go. It's no more complicated than that. So you can see why I was so popular with the soil guys over at Icy Rag. I said, no, you don't need to do it. All right, here's an example. Okay, so we start out with a 3.8 cubic foot block, a sphagnum. And that cost, in real world, $15 to $17. And when you bust it up, you now have seven cubic feet. So seven cubic feet, not even $3 a cubic foot. But by the time it got to a grocery store, the exact same product from the exact same packer was $60. I don't believe I mean, it, But here's what people don't know. I'm going to help you out. So the big wine is always, they don't have it where I live. Well, they got Ace Hardware, don't they? Yeah, they got Ace Hardware. Do they have Home Depot? Well, yeah, they got Home Depot. Uh -huh. Do they have Lowe's? Well, yeah, they got Lowe's. Well, here, every one of the, oh, Walmart, you know, we got Walmart. Every one of those operations have shipped to store. You buy it online. You designate what store you want it sent to. You don't pay any shipping and handling. I mean, now what's your excuse? Well, I, I can't get any work because these dudes, they have fishing in your area. Well, yeah, a lot of fishing. Do they sell fishing worms? Uh, yeah. Well, why don't you go see one of these guys and make an offer to buy his bedding? Oh, you have to do that. I mean, this isn't rocket science, really. I mean, I remember being on a board 10 years ago and some clown in England wanted to know what it would cost to air freight Fox Farm Ocean Forest. Seriously. Lunacy. Complete fucking lunacy. People get really attached to that stuff. Yeah. Um, why don't people use, we were talking about, uh, you know, dirt this, dirt that. Why don't people just use dirt more often? Like, what's the problem with their outside dirt? What, why are we so, is it because the, the gross stores basically just inculcate in our heads that you have to have, like, sterilized soil? Or did we just lose Coop? I think we just lost him. Dang it. Uh, we're losing people right and left. Uh by the way, Steelbird, uh, good question, but we'll have to ask him. Uh, by the way, folks, uh, I'm just uh, compiling the the results. Uh, show's kind of gotten away from me. I didn't realize it was so late. Uh, about time to start uh, announcing some winners for the, the uh, this month's photo contest. Folks, I'll give you, just because I have waited all this time, I'll give you a few more minutes to, to uh, throw down any last votes that you have. Uh, go to Portland Cannabis, Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Uh, vote for all of your favorite photos. You don't have to be selective. Just vote for every single one. Uh, the ones that have the, the most votes win. There's already a couple of uh, front runners. A couple of people are uh, neck and neck. So uh, if you guys have a preference, uh, please let me know because that'll pick the actual winner versus the, the runner up. Uh, let me think. Do you guys have any, a better idea than just counting through the, the Discord and seeing who has the most votes uh, and uh, picking winner? Welcome back. Uh, okay. I want to apologize. I, have, I use uh, an external monitor with my laptop, and this is a, a new workflow for me. Mm. And I keep forgetting that the monitor does not have a camera. So I disconnected it, and now I'm working off the camera that's on my laptop. Right on. Anyway, I apologize. I'm, I'm not. No this is a unique. Uh, I've never had a laptop before, and I 
as much as I enjoy it. I don't think I'll do another one. So. Hmm. I mean, the idea of mobility was a lot sexier than the reality. I like it, like you. I, I like a see. big ass twenty seven inch Mac with you know a RAID system and hard drives up to yin yang and maxed out RAM to one hundred and twenty eight you know gigs of RAM or something. This is too pussy. I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, for the longest time, I was the complete opposite, and I basically loved the idea of laptops okay. because it was the portability. You could take them anywhere you want. Like I think it was honestly more the romance of the idea, like you know how often yeah, exactly. I travel to Paris or some shit. But exactly. I mean, like. Uh, you end up basically, or even Paris, Texas. Yeah, even Paris, Texas. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you'll you'll see people at Starbucks doing their, you know, their screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Starbucks. But realistically, how often do people take their laptop out of their house, especially during COVID and all this different stuff, right? Well, wait a so minute. the reality is, I've, I've it was started to embrace. I've only had this desktop for a couple of years. Fuck, I love it. Like having this big old screen. Oh my Let's, God. Let me add another caveat to this. Okay, I'm not 30 years old and surfing. And pretty much a badass prick. So I'm an easy, I'm an easy oh, target. Oh, he's still badass. Dude. Oh, like, like what? Like, I'm what? an easy target for getting ripped off. You know, like, hey, the old man's got a $3,000 laptop, you know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it, you know. And I kind of live by the old uh, better to be tried by 12 than carried by 6 kind of thing, you know. So... Uh, <laughs> That's American system. I don't know. What like, I feel like it. I feel like Coot's got like a stick or some kind of cane. You just like cane these young hoodlums with if they ever tried to take his life. Actually, you know what I do that is uh, I have this walking stick, and it's made out of a tree that's unique to I think the Northwest. I could be wrong. I think alder, and alder was a holy tree uh, to the native tribes. And alder smoked salmon, for example, is a big deal. But what's unique about alder is that the longer it dries, the redder the bark gets. And yeah, it becomes harder. Out of it. Yeah. And it becomes harder, not more brittle. And so that's my walking stick. And it has a leather strap that you put your hand through. So you don't have to grab the stick. You press down on the leather thing, you know. And then I had a, a Buddhist uh, tree of knowledge. Uh, 3D uh, metal work done embedded on it. And uh, oh, and the tribe name that uh, where it's made, uh, Spirit Mountain is a big tribe here. There's a casino called Spirit Mountain, but long before that, there was the Spirit Mountain group. A good place for foraging mushrooms because uh, alders are a really good tree for growing mushrooms, for finding uh, really good specimens of lion's mane, uh, oysters. Uh, uh, my talkie, hen of the woods, what have you. So anyway, yeah, so I do have a walking stick and it's pretty, yeah. Because I use it every day. I walk, uh, you know, four miles and I really, I walk three miles an hour with my uh, idiot uh, bulldog. So. I'll, I'll I mean, every, when people wonder why, what Kuda said, I've actually met the dog. She's, she's a very pleasant dog, but she's not known for her Nobel Prize winning intelligence. No, she's a, she's a bulldog, and they're, they're expensive pillows. The most expensive pillow you'll ever own. And I, and oh, I, I, have you seen mine? Have you seen my monsters? I have uh-huh. two Irish wolfhounds. Irish wolfhounds are not oh my God. the world's oh, yeah. smartest dogs either, actually. They are very lovable, though. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever seen a Scottish oh. deer hound? Yes. You want to talk lack of brains? Yeah. Oh, See, I was, well, I was I always, 
No. I was always around hunting dogs. Not that I'm a hunter, but I enjoyed like setters, pointers, dogs that were bred for their intelligence. You know, you could. T- What's a bulldog? They bit bulls by their ankles to move them. You know, I mean, you got to be a dumb shit to get that close to a bull to begin with. Thank you. And now they, they're so screwed up genetically, it takes human intervention for them to even breed. Well, not breed, but well, you know, to give. That's really sad. That was human selection. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That had nothing to do with the breed, but they've been so to hit a certain profile, you know, kind of like weed. You know, it doesn't matter what it tastes like. It doesn't matter what the actual profile is. But goddamn, does that look cool when it grows? But here's my favorite weed story. You guys all know uh, Tad Hussey, right? Just Organics, the compost tea guy and all that. So uh, I taught him how to mix soil, by the way. I don't like to claim that, but anyway. So one day he calls me and he says, I had sent him a picture. It was a cover of uh, the first, very first uh, High Times. It was a picture of Bob Marley. And he's holding a pound of lamb's bread. And the tagline on the cover was, Bob Marley smokes the best. Bob Marley smokes with God. So then you went to the article inside and they gave a brief description of the Rastafarian uh, uh, cannabis weed, whatever you want to call it, uh, called lamb's bread. So he calls me a day or so later. He says, yeah, he said, I wanted to make it. About that picture you sent me. I said, oh, you mean the old cover? I said, yeah, that was kind of like the beginning. You know, it's like January 1976. Vietnam War was over. You know, that kind of thing. And that was going to be this new era, this new uh, glasnost sort of thing. And here's what he says. He says, you know, what I notice is that that uh, weed on the cover doesn't look anything like today's. And I said to him, yeah, you might want to keep that in mind. Okay. okay. To use it like I've used it yeah. before, but use it an old Hell's Angel phrase, biker term. Chrome don't get you home. Okay. The look of the weed means nothing in terms of, you know, umph. It's just, uh, it's an ego builder. Some of the worst weed I've ever smoked was the best. Africa, one that rings a loud bell. Horrible, horrible bag of pill. You wouldn't even, you'd laugh if I offered it to you. Then you'd be banging on my door for the next six months. You got any more of that stuff from Africa? I mean, once you smoke it, do you really give a shit what it looked like? But I mean, you know, same thing with uh, barley and einkorn and anything else. Those things were refined from original proto grasses, right? Like, couldn't those uh, strains or can't those strains be uh, a... uh, I don't know, civilized basically into something that both has that knockdown uh, high as well as or knockout. I'm not. Hey, look, that, hey, you know? unlike unlike the uh, many many thousands out there that claim to be, I I'm not a breeder. I'm not a geneticist. I do know this that a real geneticist was Luther Burbank, not the guy that did something called piddles or spittles or whatever the fuck it is. Okay, that's not breeding. That's you know luck of the draw. Oops, I bumped into a male and I got its pollen everywhere. I think I'll sell the seeds. Come on. Jesus. So my favorite, there was a guy out here in Oklahoma who had decent weed, attested decent, but 
they had seeds in them. So he was selling them as test the nest. So you get like a pack of 40 seeds and a fucking quarter ounce of weed at the same time. <laughs> like, I, I, I had, like he's got products in one, right? Like, <laughs> this, this running, hey, Steve, you and I run in different circles, but in other circles, they would verify this. For years, I have told people, you want good weed? Then get your hands on a Mexican brick, bust it open, and start going through the seeds. <clears throat> you, you're going to be out no money at all. You're going to get at least 200 keepers. And you're going to be ahead of the game. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, because you're going to basically, you're going to I know, I, hey, Fume, I know for a fact. And I don't want to go into any more detail on that. But by 88. Subcool, you, uh, you, you so, like to like poo poo on Subcool, but Subcool used to say the same thing that some of the best seeds that he ever grew were from uh, brickweed. And right. one of his favorites was Oaxacan. Right. And seeds were going down to Mexico to the cartel as early as 86. I'll just leave it at that. There's a book called The Desperados. You ever get a, you need to get the, the not the digital, I mean, it might be, a, I, I don't know. But anyway, on the back, there's the uh, original, original, original Mexican cartel that set up the cannabis deal before the cocaine. That fucked everything up because cocaine fucks everybody up. You, nobody can be is resistant to coke. You all fall uh, subject to the to the drug. So you never want to do business with anybody involved with cocaine or heroin because they've lost their mind. You can't trust them. Yes, Daddy. Stay away. Yeah, there you go. And that book was written 30 years ago. It wasn't it? 85? 88? There you go. 34 years, almost 35 years ago. Oh, I don't want to go any further than that. But. I live. I was sitting there watching from the sidelines, but I couldn't do it no longer. That's what she said. Right. Good one. I don't know. Welcome. No, good. good one, Mel. So pretty solid. Right. Pretty solid. I, I liked it. Currently installing space swap so that I can make Clackamas Groot. Clackamas Groot? Yes. That's a good one. It's hurts. I still think Cooch Newts has potential. Hmm. I'm thinking if I could take water. All right. Put it in the and sell it for 50 bucks. Yeah, just clean out some, you know, after I mix so <laughs> clean up the soil underneath my fingernails. Put some in, you know, call it uh, enhanced microbes. The fun, funny is, are any of you guys remember a product? A There's not product, much difference between that and some advanced nutrients, to be fair. Well, you've heard my spiel, haven't you? That Plus or minus 2%. Advanced <laughs> nutrients is neither. Advanced. It's not advanced and it's not nutrients. The famous uh, yelling, screaming match that he and I got into at a uh, indoor garden expo in Vegas several years ago. Never fight with a chimpanzee; they'll always win. They're super retard strong. He tried to get me kicked out, That's and I showed him my credentials. Switch muscles. Oh, I showed him my credentials, and I said, "You can't kick me out." Big Mike is a piece of work, bro. 
He was in Portland before he went. You know, he's originally from Kentucky. He's yeah. from some little shithole south I've of Louisville. Met him a few times. That guy's a piece of work. Well, then he, uh, when he ooh, met up I with the uh, the Romanian guy, the child raper that wanted by Interpol, that kind of brought his house of cards down because he was a fight. Or Brigade, okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. A difference without a distinction as things turned out. Or the East. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, before, before he went to uh, British Columbia, he was here in Portland. And he had a, a very nondescript product line that I used to love to, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, he, so he found greener pasture. And when he met up with the, uh, excuse me, Bulgarian, now he had money to, remember that stupid magazine, Rosebud? I don't want to tell you what Rosebud means in the South, but it has nothing to do with cannabis. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll leave it at that, okay? Jesus Christ. Let's all go back to the off boys and cornhole us so drunk. <laughs> Remember his master mix was $1,800 for the whole set, 27 bottles of shit. <laughs> Jesus. All you had to do was sell a pound or so back then. Yeah, 3200 It was, you know, it's funny. Is that <laughs> the $3,200 was established in 77, 78 for tie sticks. So for shits and grins, a few months ago, I looked up what would $3,200 in 1978 be today? And that would be over like $11,500 for a single pound. Now, think about that. What that proved to me, though, even then, is that true stoners, and most people aren't, they're just, they just smoke, they're not true stoners. A true stoner will spend whatever it takes to get a better bowl than the last one he had. Okay, I always remember that. But a user, they just want to get giggly and, oh, you should show me your tutors, you know, that kind of shit. But I mean, a real stoner, like hardcore, get up in the morning and, you know, woof down about 10 good bong hits just to get the day set. There are not many of them, but once you get that as a customer base, you're dancing. You're not wrong. Oh, I know I'm not wrong. I know this. I, I mean, I know the drug side of this. Stoners are, are the best customers you could ever have. And fortunately for me, I lived in an area of the country where there was a lot of money, you know, like Laguna Beach in that area. So the stoners had money. And they would go, how much? I, you know, I don't give a shit. I just want, I want that weed, man. I want that, you know, that, that thing that really. They say Zaza now. That's what the kids say these days. Zaza. Uh, extra, extra points if you call that the, yeah they don't say the chronic or the dank anymore it's called the Zaza. oh man i had so much fun with dank i used to, <laughs> I used to talk about going to dank them and now i can't oh you gotta shit. go you gotta go, you all gotta go to Zaza. Zaza land well <laughs> what, what what about like the zen the, the zen buddhist practice is zazen z-a-z-e-n face the wall probably not <laughs> i doubt they're talking about that but anyway, probably not. If you were out in like a uh, smashed neighborhood, you'd be calling that the Zaza. Oh, Z- okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. In in Zimbabwe, the word for weed is mbanji. I always thought that was kind of a cool word. Yeah, really. Oh, yes, daddy. <laughs> Someone else likes that word too. Right. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, I thought there was a fun story, if I can find it. Actually, I could find it really quickly if I had thought to look it up before. Uh, I sent Coot something today. Uh, there was a story in The Guardian. Oh, yeah, the fun Oh, yeah, the, the fun Here, I should if I could find You know, it. the largest yeah. organism in the world is right here in Oregon, and it's a fungi over in uh, the Cascades. It covers like I think a, the largest and second largest, both. Yeah. I mean, it's a like two square mile. Um, How can one thing be two things? How can it be the largest and the second? Largest? Uh, two different patches, two different. Like, oh, okay. Patches. Yeah. They're, they're not so. connected. And you know what's really sad? One day Is they'll you, join and then it'll all be over. They were connected, but we built a highway. <laughs> <laughs> I still recommend that movie, or docu- not a movie, documentary, Fantastic Fungi. That was headed up by Paul Stamets and uh, one of the top videographers in the world, who was famous long before this uh, documentary. But you can get it on Netflix now. I bought a copy, so I have it. I can play stream it anytime I want. But um, you got the top people in the country in mycology. And God, are they different than the cannabis scene, thankfully. you mentioned how friendly they are. Yeah, it's it's just an incredible community. Because like here's to the think part: that the cannabis scene is is uh, friendly, but it's only friendly in my experience when you're basically a completely harmless noob. When even anybody thinks that you are literally any kind of competition, then the oh, yeah. come out. Oh, it's yeah. really really I stunning know. to see it. It's it's mm-hmm. bizarre. It's really bizarre because it rarely ever makes any sense. Uh, but uh, it is. Yeah, what it is. that's just and like then, three out of four growers give up yeah most people right. fuck around they go yeah this isn't for me i really don't i can't get them to do much you know I, I well even still so then why why force them out you know like uh i don't know um because you're that one out of four that's gonna, that, 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 like you said i guess i don't know i can't i just wanted validation that's all mm. anyway uh by the time I was on my fourth or fifth uh, blueberry from the dispensaries, I realized this thing was Scam City. Anything that had any kind of a fruit flavor in Oregon was renamed Blueberry, all right, because that was the hot ticket. Yeah, some of my other favorites that didn't make the hit list, uh, that goddamn uh, Purple Urkel. Was that a joke? Um, now, was there ever a strain that was really good called Purple Urkel? I assume there was. Is the one that I got. The name doesn't mean anything. I mean, oh, especially the dispensary? That's famous. I was no, talking to somebody not. the other day. Like I, they were like, oh, what dispensary do you go to? I was like, no, I, just, I, don't, even, I don't even bother. Uh, because I would get, um, for the longest time, I was convinced that Chernobyl was orangey flavored. And I mean, until recently, I was like, yeah. oh, you mean, you mean like, uh, you know, like orange weed? Because every time I went to the dispensary, it was very distinctly orangey. Turns out I was fucking wrong. The dispensary had just mislabeled probably a, 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 an Asian orange or something as a Chernobyl. They were like, good enough. You know what I mean? And uh, I was buying along with whoever, however many other customers of the dispensaries, something that was the wrong strain, thinking it was, you know, Chernobyl. Kind yes. of weirded out by the name, honestly. Every time I bought it, I was like, that's eh, kind of a weird name. I would have rather have gotten Agent Orange, honestly, but it led me to be completely confused. She's also arguably a weird name. Agent Orange, also a terrible name. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, both those names are actually really <laughs> shitty, to be honest. 
100%. It was you, Fiona, that got me in my first, the first time I ever went to a dispensary ever was because of you when you did a show from there, the one down the street from me. Mm, uh, oh, the Khalifa, right? Yeah, the Khalifa thing. And so uh, it was surreal. I'm glad that I didn't, like, you know, maybe hit a couple grams of uh, psilocybin before I headed over there because it was like, <laughs> It was just a weird scene for me. You know, I mean, it's like my grandchildren are really annoying the piss out of me kind of thing, you know. Uh, no, this is really good. No, it is. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about your girl. I'm talking about the ones out in the front. Mm-hmm. You know, they're drinking this horrible CBD beer or something. I mean, it looked like the shit they put out at uh, St. Patrick, the green beer. I, did, I don't like it on St. Pat's Day, and I sure as fuck don't want to drink it in September, you know. Uh, CBD beer. There, now there's this. Wait, scam. why was C- it? It was it really green? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> like CBD is <laughs> not green. Like, I don't know. Hey. Like I'm missing hey. something here. Like, You're talking to the wrong guy. You're talking to the wrong guy. Make it look more weedy. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I only hope they use natural additives. I tell you what, my first well, thought was. Chicago River. Okay, most of these, most of the people in the uh, this thing this is supposed to be set up like a nightclub. God, I've been to really bad nightclubs, but this would take the cake. And uh, they look to be like in their late twenties, early thirties. And I thought to myself, so let's see, that I would have been, you know, I was figuring out how old I would have been, you know, at that age, what I was doing. And I promise you, it wasn't sitting in a concrete make believe nightclub smoking mediocre weed. And drinking some Kool-Aid shit, you know, called CBD beer. I mean, but was it was it non-alcoholic and only? I think so. I mean, I, I, I was so. That's where Lagunitas, Lagunitas makes a really nice non-alcoholic, like cannabis sparkling hop beverage. Yeah, this could have it's been. Yeah, not yeah. and it's not. No, it tastes like kind of like beery, but like if like. It's like the color of your the green is the color of your plants. The top six inches. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. The stuff is like like sparkling water color. It's like like light beer. I'll tell you what it looked like. It looked like uh, some Gatorade that's spoiled. No, that's whack, bro. Okay. (laughs) We have some CBD elixir. I bet you it's clear or nearly clear. CBD elixir. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy it, but it was excellent plant food. The CBD elixir was plant food? Yeah. I didn't really enjoy Well, I mean, it smelled amazing, but. That reminds me, I, I was saying in chat earlier, I want to grow a plant with Bang Energy <laughs> drink, just, just for coot. <laughs> Let me tell you the, story, the, the history of, uh, the, of medical marijuana in. Uh, MMJ, as it's called, here in the Northwest. So I think we were the first, I don't know, we were in uh, 98 when it passed, with the help of Jack Herr, the author of uh, uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. In fact, his son owned one of the largest head shops in Portland for 30 years. Uh, uh, and they sold all the supplies for glass blowers, you know, the rods, the the bench equipment and everything besides, you know, pipes and bogs. So there was a group started and it was called uh, OGF, Oregon Green Free. Okay. 
Well, a group within that decided they didn't like the way things were read, so they ran off and formed IGotMyCard.com. Most of it was like bored housewives, 55 years old, smoking weed for the first time. So it, it had disaster written all over it. So that, that group broke apart, and then they uh, started a one called Free My Green. Okay. And then some people there got pissed off, and then they formed this one, my favorite. Drama under Oregon is the Oregon Medical Marijuana Program, OMMP. Drama free OMMP, to which I said, yeah, let me see how that one works out. Anyway, so it is. It sounds like the Hells Angels all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 the the Galloping Gooses, the Mongols. Yeah, you get the idea, yeah. Oh, we don't like your club. Our club's better. Yeah, yeah. So finally, as as, uh, the state both politically and, and socially moved towards some, this isn't legalization, but another uh, weird form of uh, decriminalization, really. Those groups just disappeared because now we don't, you wouldn't even want to get a medical card because you got to pay for it. And anybody, any household can grow four plants. And you're getting docs by the government. Medical card now, you're in a red right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now you don't have to have anything. You just have to be 18 or older. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't follow the law. But anyway, every household can be 20 plants. Yeah. And if you do like me growing 800 gallon pots, you know, you can end up easily with, you know, 35, 40 pounds. Did you say 800? Yeah, four four yards. Where where do you get 800? They're smart pots, I'm guessing, right? Like big fabrics. Right. Where do you get those made? I just oh, I, I, ordered, I ordered I ordered 200s and I thought that was big. And you just they said sell they sell eight hundreds thousands they sell two thousands I think you have to special order the two thousand four thousand ones they sell yeah, four yeah. thousand ones. Hey, just for uh, frame of reference, so you know, for this very 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 limited discussion, a hundred gallons is half a yard. Yeah. So think uh, so uh, two hundred is a yard. I have a so short I, season though. I'm in southern hemp, well, yeah, southern California. So oh, okay. I have 10 hour days right now. So you can order uh, from SmartPods. And, but some of the big commercial houses here, be, look, like. I don't like SmartPods because they're owned by Agron. <laughs> by who? SmartPods. They got, they got bought by, a by lot Agron. Of people that are having a lot of time. Oh, I didn't know that. I see. I knew I, the, fa- I knew the got, grandpa. They, Nick. they got integrated into Hydrofarm, Agron, LLC. Oh, that whole mess. Okay. Yep. I didn't know that. All right, well, I'll quit. I'll quit. Okay, check this one out online. Tree, uh, a tree bag. This is the parent company that that was their commercial product, and SmartPots was their retail. See if you think they sold that too. Treebag.com. This is for commercial sapling. Oh yeah, I've seen those, and no, I think those are still under. So you could buy those, and it's they're they're made in Oklahoma. So I'm thinking, like for Steve, uh, potent, well, uh, potent Ponics. The tree bags are actually licensed from a Dutch company. They have a company here right. that makes them, right. but they're right. from, yeah, that's a Dutch thing. Yeah. But I, I got started with these guys back in the 80s, long before the cannabis thingy. And so uh, I was the one that introduced uh, SmartPots over on IC Mag about 12 years ago. And God, they... Boy, did they thank me, uh, the company, with, uh, I mean, some of the, the really unusual products, like the big bag beds, 
then the worm, uh, or excuse me, the uh, composting bag, the 100-gallon composting bag, which actually works pretty well. I would not my favorite way to compost, but for a lot of people, especially in a residential neighborhood, you could yeah. do 100, well, you know, 100 gallons is. That's 13 bags of compost. and uh, Rolled around it, in the yard. Yeah. So that's a, a, a way to get into doing your own, and at least, or at least get rid of your own plant material. I mean, you put a lot of energy into growing those plants, so you can take that the agricultural waste, as it's called, and we can compost that and return the, all those uh, ions into the soil. So anyway, it's a way of reducing your cost and, and raising the tilt of your uh, material. Just uh, yeah, you know, that's my yep. philosophy, or that's my approach. I've got about 40 yards of oak forest compost going right now. Perfect. You talk about leaf, leaf mold? Mainly oak leaf mold. Uh, It's got some yard scraps, pecan, pistachio as well. No walnut I kept away from. Let me help you out. Okay. Find a mushroom producer. uh, Commercial. One that's doing gourmets like uh, oysters, uh, lion's mane especially. And tell them you want to make and negotiate to buy the spent fruiting blocks. And what you're going to do is, and they're going to give them to you because they got to pay to have them hauled away. It's trash. But you can take those blocks and bust them up and incorporate that mycelium into your leaf mold your develop, as you're developing it. And that will accelerate it, but in a good way, not a negative well, way. I, I harvest my own IMOs from like under, under rotten logs and stuff and incorporate that into piles. Well, I, I mean, if I, I had really, a big mushroom producer nearby, I might do that. But yeah, I'm well, it's like not, yeah, it's not convenient. Yeah, <laughs> I have plenty of my own stuff to harvest from. Right. Oh, I should have. But I use it in worm bins too. As I had, uh, isn't that mainly vermiculite though? No, not at all. The fruit, the the fruiting blocks. What are those made no. of? Okay, so uh, wood pellets that are used for heating, like wood okay. stoves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hardwood hard pellets. Right, hard, hardwood. Yeah, yes. Do not use any flavored, especially don't use like uh, 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 what's the Mexican one that has really strong flavor? Mesquite. You don't want it. You don't want anything like that. Just strictly oak or hardwood. You you said it right. Okay. And then, uh, so that's by volume, fifty percent of that. And then a product that is made as a, uh, a feed supplement for cattle. It's made from the husk of the soybean plant, and it's a pellet, and it's like 84 percent cellulose. And this is called. You can look this up. It's called the master's mix. So you mix those fifty percent uh, by volume, and then you hydrate it, and everything busts up. And that's what uh, your tree mushrooms are grown in commercially, like your lion's mane and uh, with some of uh, my talking and what have you. But yeah, look up Masters Mix, and that'll. Yeah, we were talking about growing mushrooms because I want to. I want to get into some. Like, uh, that would be fucking awesome. Hey, hey, the best guy on um, YouTube, uh, he's up in uh, uh, Alberta, but his information is gold. It's uh, fresh cap mushrooms, uh, Tony. And he's got about 30, 40 videos that are really of a high quality on 
here's how to do this, here's how to do that. In fact, the uh, flow hood that I use or made had made is from a set of plans that he posted. I'm looking for more like uh, outdoor. I, I have a okay. I, then I, have I a, then I have a creek. Okay. There's a book uh, called, it's not very inventive title, but it'll tell you everything you want to know. It's called uh, Mushroom Cultivation. I've and there's it. Huh? I've got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one you, that... You, you mentioned it to me last time I picked it up. Yeah. That one will really like you how to plant them side by side with your tomatoes and your out in your vegetable garden, you know, like uh, wine caps and the big ones. Uh, and those are also really good soil busters if you have uh soil compaction uh and a lot of things that that mycelium will grow a long way to elevating the tilt of your soil for sure so you're going to get better fruits and or better produce out of your garden for not any money to speak of because you can buy all that spawn already ready i mean for all that all those kind of mushrooms the uh, wine caps the one you want to get they'll grow about the size of your arms the stock yeah, the only, the only thing i might want to get in with like a hood and stuff for is for isolating uh, uh my own yeah. cultures back again so that i can do right it. well don't do what i did i uh, went with uh <laughs> a 24 by 24 uh, well yeah with a filter but then it's 12 inches thick and then for the air source, I ran I run a three hundred a thirteen hundred and fifty cfm uh, pump, not a blower, so it's moving copious amounts of air, and I've never had a uh, contamination on doing grain to grain transfers or, or liquid culture or anything like that. So it's worth your investment. If you, I'm not a, a builder guy, so I had to pay somebody to. Oh, GSA auctions, bro. They got laminar flow hoods on there. Sure, sure, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because especially in the high tech area, they switch those out every couple of years. So, like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wanted this one because of for a bunch of reasons. So I wanted something that, and I knew, and the person that did it for me or did the actual uh, fabrication with his uh, close friend. So I, I paid enough. That I can get started on uh, uh, tissue culture. Yes, yeah, Mary Stem. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Mary Stem tissue culture is so closely connected in in terms of processes to mushroom. Uh, once you learn one, you got the other one dialed in. So uh, yeah, it's pretty effective. Not pretty. It's amazing. I did a bunch of uh, as a test. I ran a hundred uh, Mary Stems on agar plates, and it was close to. 98%. I think I think that's really the future, especially I agree. Like shipping clones and stuff. Because I, you know, uh, we were talking in Discord about the the logistics of transporting yes. clones, yeah, yep. of event, you know, whatever, and the, you know the difficulties how to overcome and whatnot. And I was reminded of that how how you know meristem propagation like that or, or micro propagation can be used to sidestep like a lot of that cancer essentially. Right. Right. So the uh, the some of the fun stuff that you can do with that uh, skill set is uh, when you forage wild mushrooms, they have a tool that's like uh, a tube with a sharper, not sharp, but a sharper edge. So you just take a core out of a growing mushroom off the side of the tree, and then you use that to 
grow out of culture and then isolate and uh, remove any cannabis. You know, you go through a process. Usually, it's about three step, three times to get it down to a. Uh, but that's why I enjoy talking to people. Too. No, I get my microbes out of a uh, from, and I won't name names, but I mean, blow me, thousand dollars a gallon, kiss my ass, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Mastodon piss? I I literally towel. Yeah, yeah. You know towel, yeah. right? Towel's got yeah, yeah. a bottle that I gave away as a, well. It wasn't a joke. It was kind of a uh, like you could make your own. What's the difference between an inoculant and one inoculant and another? It's my right. living in yeah. in a solution. I literally called it Mastodon Piss and had yeah. a, it had a little flat cap on the on the mammoth. Okay, were, were you around when um, EM one was the big thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're you know, we're all going to get groovy and stuff. Okay, that's how Bokashi came out of that uh, product. Doctor Higa over in Okinawa or Tokyo, or, but. Okay, so here was the deal. Now, what did VEM stand for? It stood for enhanced microbes, right? But that wasn't good enough. Now we got to do AEM, advanced or activated, uh, activated enhanced microbes. And then Tim Wilson, a microbe man in that crowd, they came up with some other. How fast then, did you get these microbes to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I went to the big farm store, the organic farm store here on one occasion. I bought 500 pounds of brand, different brands, rice, wheat, you know, livestock feed. So I made the biggest batch of Bokashi you can imagine. And uh, I I was too stoner then. So 3% is good. I bet it would really be good if you took it down to 2%. So I took it below 2, the acidity level. I've never fucked up. And people that I gave it to, I mean, there was a warrant out for my beating, uh, what it did to their soil. So uh, I ended up having to pay a pig farmer to take it, you know, to get rid of it. Uh, just feed it to the pigs, you know, get a probiotic, I guess. Made some witches through there. Oh, fuck, man. What a joke. I never got that whole EM thing, you know, it, it did. It did some interesting things. Like if, like you spray a chicken house, the hen house, it did kill the odors. So that was interesting. Um, well, it was the kind of it, it, I, microbe isn't a universally good thing. You know, people use that term like all microbes. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, no, microbes much. I go. There's pathogenic microbes too that will cause all kinds of harm to your plants. Well, <laughs> this kind of. Okay. Well, I want to say that we're in this infantile kind of uh, a position with microbes, basically. I just, I showed oh, yeah, how we're just now right. going to map the mycelial networks in the world. And that article was uh, super interesting. They were talking about there's several hotspots. Uh, we didn't actually even talk about it. There's several hotspots in the world they especially want to map because they're affected in large part by uh, industrialization, agriculture. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of this runoff. We've talked about the runoff with the, the rivers and stuff, though the waterways and so on. But we haven't even talked about how much the water, uh, the runoff destroys the uh, the fungal mycelium. You know, that's one of the issues. For example, when when uh, well, any any time you basically buy a house, for example, uh, if you want to turn it into an organic thing, you basically have to. Uh, by default, you're rebuilding the fungal network if you don't realize that. But you have to spend a couple of years basically. Uh, detoxifying the freaking ground you know letting the 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 fertilizers leach out of it on and on and on so everything kind of grow back um 
Go ahead. Consider this. A medical doctor, through their entire training, which covers several years, almost a decade, right? You go from this to this. The number of hours spent on human nutrition is minuscule. It's it's virtually nothing. It's less than 30 hours. So can you imagine how little a so-called fertilizer salesman knows about anything other than whatever he or she is selling? You cannot have an intelligent conversation, and especially with the users who are who out of necessity are completely lacking of any even basics. Again, microbes are something that you get in a bottle. We're going to measure them out. You know, do we? Did I add too many? And now we learn that if we have too many, they'll collapse. It's like we go to an orgy and everybody had too many orgasms and they're all laying around spent. I mean, now we got uh, microbes that are just doing horrible things, I guess. It's like um, movie Caligula, but for, uh, for microbes. Right, there you go. Exactly. And so have, trying to have any kind of a... I, I was blessed the other day. I got called on a program with a woman who uh, has a PhD, was an associate of Rhonda Sherman, Dr. Rhonda Sherman now. And uh, people that were doing the, uh, the stuff at Cornell and other, the woman, Yasmin, Dr. Yasmin Cardoza, that, that proves substantially or precisely that vermicompost provides pesticide. But we knew for a long time that it provided fungicide properties. But she proved the, uh, that it doesn't matter. You have to, I will send you the paper. Oh, you've got a lot of time. It's about 50 pages, or uh, a white paper. But, you know, talking with somebody like that, instead of the usual, you know, well, you know, so-and-so says that, you know, you have microbial collapse. Well, you know, I'd be concerned about cranial collapse. You know, that uh, great, you know, when your dad is uh, basically the uh, institutionalized nephew of uh, uh, Elmer Fudd, I mean, what kind of conversation are you going to have? We're hunting rabbits. Yeah, so enough's enough. Yeah, I did my thing. I killed Fox Farm Ocean Forest. That I'm proud of. Oh, they they're owned by Hydroform now too. Oh, I know. They, they everybody sold out. I mean, they would. Here's the story that I heard. It's funny because they said for the longest time they weren't going to sell out. That was their whole thing. Their whole spiel. We're not going to sell out ever, man. Sunlight Sunlight Distributors was one of the original original. Sellers online going back to 1981, 82. Online supply. Oh, yeah. I remember those old assets. And then what? Water farm or hydro farms. Okay, they were the other one. Their actual original market wasn't us. It was rich people who had fancy plants and animals that needed to live properly. Yeah. (laughs) So... And then, like the grocery store shit. Okay, so Cervantes had a store here, uh, and then there was another one. They went out of business. They were the ones that had the first plug-and-play called the Living System plug-and-play hydroponic system. You had a reservoir, and then they made that goddamn thing the same parts for over thirty years. Oh, they still make it. It's well, they 
they they got closed, but yeah, they somebody bought it's the same, it. It's the same damn yeah. thing though. And the first two hydroponic products was uh, General Hydroponics, and you had your grow and your flower deal. But the smart we got was the one up in uh, Seattle called Eco Grow. They had a three parter. You had your grow. They had no, you're grow. old when they added GH micro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when they were like, "Wait, we've got a third thing." Yeah, this one, it's this one was a blue. Yeah, this was a uh, micro You know, your sulfur and your manganese and and that the other big one was a company that boy, this was a stupid name, Halite of Oregon. That didn't draw much attention. Um, they later morphed into American agriculture, and now they're basically out of business. I mean, all the growth, the big players are gone. It just went like or swallowed. Done by, over. By, weirdly enough, Agron is actually a subsidiary itself. So Hydrofarm is owned by Agron, owned by Grow Generation, which is literally like the Walmart of well, wait a minute. Shops. But wait a minute. It's there's another you're forgetting the, the head ownership of this. Which is SMS or SMG, Scott Miracle Grow. Well, no, that's the other one. That's Hawthorne. That's Hawthorne, Hawthorne Scott Miracle Grow owns the other side. That's yeah, I was gonna say I almost prefer them being owned by the grow store people because at least that way they'll have an incentive to keep well, the except open somehow. The the grow generation and its like hierarchy is all like kind of shady, you know. I'm pretty All sure I've been in the grow generation. Place. I didn't like it. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I'm I'm saying like, at least how do I say this? I don't know. Scott's Miracle Grow. I don't think needs us as customers. I don't know. Maybe they do because they have you know. I was. Think they do. Stuff. Well, they well. I was. Uh, I, I, I was a victim of elder abuse recently. I, I went to a grocery store to buy a smart pot and uh, a pot, whatever, and. Um, you guys says, uh, oh, do you have your potting soil? And I said, no, I think I got this covered. Uh, you don't mix your own, do you? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Well, goes, there's a lot that goes in this. It's uh, There's a lot more involved. You know, you want to make sure you have all your nutrients balanced and everything. <laughs> and I said, oh, well. My God, I don't. <laughs> you didn't even know. I just, yeah. Uh, oh, you you so, so, so how do the nutrients, what, uh, why does the K come after the P? Why isn't it KPN? Yeah. Oh, God. What are you right, answer this question. Oh. You want to really confuse a stoner, you know, trying to tell you how much he knows? Ask him why in the designation PH, why is the P lowercase and why is the H uppercase? And this one will have their head spinning. I, and it's my favorite uh, way to shut them up. Uh, probable herbalism. Thank you. I think that's what well. You got the first part right. And elements, all elements start with an uppercase letter, even calcium, which is C A, but A is lowercase. But the first letter C is always capitalized, right? So what is H? Uh, hydrogen. hydrogen. No. Oh no. No handicap. I think is better. And the reason is. Okay, part of the discussion is that in the soil... Sauce. I'm sorry, I'm fucking around. Hamburgers. Um, <laughs> hydrogen is used as a form of payment between uh, plant exchange, exchange of cations, cation exchange capacity. Yeah. Okay. So... 
For example, one calcium, if you were to ask a chemist, how, how do you write calcium? They would say, well, uppercase C or case A, right? If you were to ask a soil biologist, how do you write calcium? They would write, what, wait, wait, this is a trade secret. You can't tell them what pH means. You'd have to like look that up. Yeah. But so they would write it as capital C. You know, and the A lowercase, but then there would there would be two plus signs. What that would indicate is that calcium carries two additional exchange sites. So a plant root will exchange two hydrogen ions for the calcium ion. See how it works? That's how, and that's how pH is maintained by a living soil. That's not how it's maintained when you're doing. God knows whatever it is you're doing to your, your plants with... Uh, Actually, it is. Cation exchange or cation exchange is the most important <laughs> thing to deal with in cocoa. Like, that's it. That's the, the end-all. Well, here, Even in now, the here, here's a, and here's it's a literally the same concept. Here's a, here's a challenge that uh, core uh, users deal with. And they can't change it because that's part of the physiology of the two materials. Core, even the best, the good stuff out of Sri Lanka, what is sometimes called blonde, the blonde core, has a cation exchange of 50. Sphagnum peat moss has a cation exchange of 75. So right off the bat, you have a 50% increase in the ability of, because those, the, the cation exchange is also responsible for holding those ions in the soil. So much for flushing, because there is an electrical current in a soil. And that's why we enhance that by using paramagnetic rock dust like granite or basalt. We avoid things like, you know, lime pale, the other shit, zeolite, bentonite, uh, cat litter. They harvest this shit out here in the Oregon desert. Yeah, and bag it up for this customer. It's called Johnny Cat. I'm serious. If you want to, if you want the real, you want the real price. You go to a ceramic supply house and you buy. You don't buy it from a grocery store and get fucked. Okay. No, you want the hot deal. You buy your bentonite clay from a well sealer. Yeah, that's the cheap stuff. It comes in five gallon buckets. I think it's like eighteen. Yeah. Uh, it's true though. You can totally use like uh, kitty litter. Like if you're mixing up clay and stuff. Like if you're, whatever. I guess uh, uh, this is way too esoteric. But uh, if for whatever reason you're out of specific minerals, you can actually use cat litter to like mix up a batch of clay. I, I don't this is a rocket. Apparently stone now because that was like so far yeah. out of left field. I don't even know. How to spell. Hey, Go ahead. Mixing your own soil isn't rocket science. It's just you know it's it's biology. It's botany. It's not chemistry. Anyway. Uh, I will interject, though, now that I, I will actually make some logical sense. I hope we'll, we'll see at the end of this. Maybe we'll give myself, I'll give myself a review. Uh, so St. Bernard's has uh, been commenting something, and I would like to clarify. I'd, I'd like to say, like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, um, like a foundational issue on the show. So on the show here, I do like to joke around and make fun of your mama and blah, 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 blah. But we don't, for example, St. Bernard is saying, 
uh, what did St. Bernard say here? So as I'll, I'll contrast, it says, uh, if you know something and that, and someone else doesn't know that thing, uh, and you, I'm, I guess I'm paraphrasing already, and you re- ridicule that person for not knowing, that's vile. I actually agree with St. Bernard's. Uh, and then I clarified, uh, I make an exception for people who pretend not to know things that they, or to know things that they don't know. And so I guess that's where I'm going to with this show. This show I like to think of as a, pardon me, as a bullshit filter. And uh, I'm not a pacifist. So how do I say this? I will never make fun of somebody who doesn't know somebody. That I think is actually vile. That's not the purpose of the show. But if someone pretends to know something and essentially effectively lies to people, I'm more than happy to make fun of that person until the end of the world. You know what I mean? Because that person is actually making someone else's life worse. You know what I mean? Like if if uh, there's a number of bullshit artists, basically in cannabis and anywhere else, in the grow stores and the grow companies and the, the bottle newt companies that tell growers such garbage, just such, how do I say this? There's so much entrenched nonsense with the flushing routines and all this garbage that all it does is serve the pocketbooks of the, the grow companies and many of the grow stores and stuff like that uh, in an unhealthy way. You know what I mean? Like I don't begrudge them making a living, but in an unhealthy way, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So those people who are willfully lying, I don't have any problem mocking them. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of funny to mock you know, abusive people or, or, or douchey people, you know, that, that's better than, I don't know, fist fighting or something else. I, I don't know, you know, maybe I should be, take a higher ground or something, but I don't, whatever. I'm, I'm amused by it. But that's the thing. We do not make fun of people on this show who just don't know stuff. You know what I mean? That, that there's a difference. Yeah, there, right? I mean, like we don't yeah. make fun of ignorance. We make fun of willful ignorance. Yeah, you can. I pointed the arrow at myself. I, I am an asshole. Like you that. can, you can, you can poke fun at me all like I got broad shoulders and thick skin, and I will be willfully ignorant in some cases. Well, for a Hobbit, anyway. Yeah, I'm actually only four foot nine. Right? You see? You see? Uh, what was his name? Toby McGuire. I'm probably getting his name wrong. Uh, whoever the the guy that played Bilbo, he was twenty in that freaking movie. Can you believe Elijah that Wood? Elijah Wood? Yeah, Elijah Wood. That's Frodo. That? But that's that's 20 okay. is playing Frodo. Trip. Uh, Grow Holmes is saying, wait a second, people bullshit on the internet? Oh, <laughs> I thought everything that was spoken on the internet was facts. Warlock 686. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. No, I think that's important to say, right? Because there's a lot of people, it's, how do I say this? It's very easy. Uh, I see this all the time. Um, see this with uh, uh, uh folks on other shows you know on not cannabis shows you know other uh, youtube shows and stuff it's very very easy to make fun of people or punch down right and it's it's extremely easy to punch down and for one i just think it's cruel two i don't think it's funny three i just don't want to be part of something that's you know always punching down you know what i mean so punching like, i like to punch up i showed up punching so up is fucking hilarious and that's what i mean yeah, yeah punching up here, is fucking i was hilarious. like man he's what he was kind of running the whole show like you sorry Coop got a strong personality and if you ain't got somebody and nobody wants to interrupt you because mm. it's fucking just, but i had to jump in because i was like oh this is too much mm. i gotta come in well, seymour duber most of us have learned that when coot speaks you listen because like that's how you get the fire like that's how you get the, the, the like nothing he has said to us has ever been a lie Everything's just been honest and it has like got us to drop the nutrient lines and all bullshit and just grow good wheat. Look, here's the way it works. It's really simple. When states started in instituting 
this nightmare called medical marijuana back in the late 90s, which really gave the scammers and jammers something to play with. Regulation. You know, if we can stab them one more time before they die, well, this is cool. You know, that kind of shit. And, uh, I mean, they, some of the people who are involved in the medical scene here in Oregon were just abominable people. Just disgusting. And fortunately, they all went by the wayside. They're all gone now. But as we move towards this uh, opening up of uh, production growers, uh, the recreational, whatever they're called, um, look, the days of, you know, being 18 and kind of starry-eyed, you're going to make your career at growing weed are over. I mean, it's over. You have big-ass companies that can just run you ragged and do, and now you have cartels that are running all over the West Coast. You think you stand a chance with, what, 500 plants? Good luck. Good fucking luck. Two million pounds have been grabbed this season, just this season, just in Oregon. That's not even talking about Washington or California, just in Oregon. Two million pounds. And it's not over. So you got to grow your own. If you want good quality, just like tomatoes, you want a good tomato, you grow your own. And what does a good tomato look like? Well, usually it's an heirloom, isn't it? It's not very pretty. It's, you know, different colors. It's got weird lumps in it, right? It wouldn't look good in a produce rack, but is that the one you want to eat? Of course it is. So, you know, getting hung up on a name or, you know, this guy's got, somebody told me on this show that only three people are allowed to grow sour diesel. Do you know how many people uh, I've met in the last five years in Oregon have grown sour diesel at some point or still do? I mean, it's in, it's well over 30. And it's not a big deal because, I mean, you know, it's just a strain. It, I don't care what you call it. It doesn't mean anything. No, this is better. And maybe it may not be. It may not even be the right strain. One of the, one of the biggest uh, dispensaries up here, a multi-unit multi dispensary, they have, you know, more than one location. This was five years ago. They ran tests on 10 of the, their top uh, sellers in their uh, you know, just operation. And guess what? It only included three, when they had it tested, there was only three varieties. But they were grown by, you know, we're back to genotype. How is it grown is going to affect flavor. It's going to affect all these things. So I don't want to be bored with, well, no, this is, you know, Mike's Dane. I don't give a shit. How are you growing it? I've had Mike's strains grown by clowns doing advanced nutrients. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was, you know, back in high school or something. It was horrible. Well, cheers, Chats. Cheers. Cheers, folks. By the way, we got to announce a winner. Uh, we're one minute early at my clock. Yeah. And yeah, so by the time good. chat catches up, so yeah. much time. Incredible. Mm. A minute delay. Just saying. Blows my mind how much hours. Time it is. Hours, Actually, every yeah. time we say that, like the minute will drag on for like two minutes. It seems like two minutes somehow. You know, those plants that, that you have growing there, I'd be concerned to have plants that color because that's awfully green. That could be a sign of a millennium uh, uh, balance out of balance with the uh, boric acid levels. I mean, it could be Ooh. a number of things. See, what's I'm sure good about, my EC is way out of whack. Mm. What's really good about the cannabis scene is that you have a lot of people running around with a solution just trying to find a problem to apply it to. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you get a strain from, say, a faraway place like Africa, 
and you take a cut and all of a sudden when you do you see this red stuff come out it looks like blood and you're going to go through efforts to get rid of that for what just to homogenize everything reduce everything down to a chihuahua you know i don't know a lot of good strains have been fucked up by so-called breeders. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of seed pulls polluted by so-called breeders. Oh, I know. A lot of what's that? Seed pulls polluted by so-called oh, breeders. Yeah. Absolutely, straight up too. I used to get requests all the time to to join this group or that in the phylos crowd. I really fucked them around. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you said you messed them up. You get extra points for fucking with Philos. Right. Yeah. I don't know you people. I don't owe you anything. I don't even, you know, I'm doing you a favor even talking to you. Right. And trust is earned, especially with that kind of stuff. You know, kids well, are I don't even like you. I don't even yeah. like you. Holy God, I'm like, I'm muted. Like, yeah. I can't tell them off and tell them I don't even like them. I don't like you either. Yeah. On that note, you know who we do like? We do like the people who participate in the Fumi's Photo Contest, ladies and gentlemen. If you are new to Fumi's Photo Contest, perhaps you are. Perhaps you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Fumi's Photo Contest? I don't know what that is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, watch me bang keys in the background aimlessly while I find my profile. There we go. Okay, finally, we found something. Uh, we was not prepared to do this very well. Portland. Hold on. Portland. Okay, I did just smoke a joint. Come on. Okay. I got some pictures. Forever. Portland can Jesus, ain't <laughs> Christ. Portland Cannabis. See what I mean? Uh Portland Cannabis Tasting Society is freaking semi-shadow banned now, too. It's freaking ridiculous. Uh an even smaller account is put uh, whatever. I'm not gonna get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, the pettiness, true. the fucking pettiness. Mm -hmm of the cannabis scene does not cease to fucking astound me. Like people who barely know you, who have nothing to do with you in your life, they will spend months, months, every single show reporting your fucking show. Every single <laughs> show they'll report like a bitch. Haters, Snitches haters. are bitches. Everyone knows that, but they do it hey, every single show for months. Let me, and these let are people me who barely fucking know you. That's the cannabis scene. Phew, but there's I'm also a question. I don't know what to tell you. If you have a, a YouTube account, obviously everybody does. Can anybody post a short? Yeah, I think so. In fact, you can clip shorts from other people's content and post that. No, no, oh. I'm, I'm thinking oh, yeah, of doing I'm... like a weekly uh, bag of crap award. And I... just have oh a my picture. God. <laughs> I think yeah, it would be great. Dude, Ninja does that with he has a separate account called the skinny poo and he uses the poo app from the iphone the little poo yeah. face one he uses that to like make snarky comments about people yeah. talk, sh talk shit My yeah shitty day. right kind of pokes fun at jinx you know jinx is always out there wishing everybody a, a blessed day or whatever right well there's and a, I got, a healthy one i if i had one piece of advice it would be this don't ever, ever answer somebody's whine about being a Patreon donation. There's a Walmart around the corner. Go get a job as a greeter, you know, and uh, 
Take that money and, and go buy it. At the same time, cool. you were just saying that you pay like some software people and whatever else, Patreon. So yeah, why I do. pay them and not like somebody else. I'm curious. I'm going to pay somebody what to tell me I should be using a product that's costs $700 a gallon that no one can explain to me. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I feel like we pay a few people in the uh, we pay a few people in the uh, industry to not do that. I think there's a few pure pure places kind of still left. But. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm talking about. Talking I know what you're talking about. You know, he's talking louder though. It doesn't matter. I mean, just go grow your weed. Just, just go grow your weed and be done with it. It's just not that big yeah. a deal. Speaking of, doesn't have to be their weed. Huh? Speaking of people who grew their weed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, come join us at Fumi's Photo Contest over at uh, Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. We're doing these every single month, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, lately. Uh, December is going to be uh, uh, holiday themed. You know, you don't have to have a holiday themed thing, but you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll throw it. Maybe to encourage you guys, I'll try to make the, the freaking prize pack extra sweet or something. I don't know. We're going to put a on it. Exactly. That's it. By the way, happy Hanukkah. I'm going to train my cannabis. Uh, I don't remember if we said that earlier. Uh, all the Jews are supposed to eat fatty fried foods and stuff and light candles. It's hilarious times. Uh, uh, Where's my dreidel? Where's my dreidel? Dreidel. Yeah, I was dreidel. wondering if that was going to come up. Uh, the dreidel? Yeah, on Hanukkah and all that. Like I said, you're watching the 12, 12 yeah, Buds of Christmas. Yeah. No, I, I'd fill my dreidel. Yeah, I wanted to do a secret Santa and like nobody responded. I was like, oh, let's do a secret Santa. And like three people were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And everyone else was just crickets. Hey, Pim, you knew my wife's Jewish, right? Uh, I think you told me, but I forgot completely. Yeah. She was the first, uh, um, non family Jewish, too. No, she's not their mother. <laughs> you're great uh, oh, they're, they're both uh, they're no longer with us they're gone uh, my son died when he was six uh, 40 years ago last week and then uh, my daughter passed away 13 years ago this uh, March a few days after she turned 31 so, that's rough though. we were talking about that in discord earlier how many people in my generation lost yeah well, my son was walking home from school and was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the car, you know, one of those yeah. tragic accidents. Something and I, like that. And some, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. My, that's why I said, no, nah, I'm hitting 40 or hit 40 this year. I I, I swear. Yeah, you know, my son would be 40. Talk about that, that. Like, you know, huh? there's just so many people. That my son would be 46 uh, this past summer. My daughter would be 44 this March, I think. Yeah, 44. So it's rough. There's a lot of people in our generation whose parents outlived them. Grandparents yeah. outlived them and shit. It sucks. Remember what Terrence McKenna said. You're only one heroic trip from uh, real realization so. or enlightenment, whatever <laughs> whatever term you want to use. You know, my brother just took one of those, and I've been thinking about it lately. It's been yeah. a decade or more. I had to laugh when I first read. Uh, I, I my first time I ever did mushrooms was '68, so that's what almost 50, 54 years ago. Some the summer of love, man, all groovy and stuff. You know, we're all gonna find love and for ten dollars a hit somehow. But um, when he wrote the different, you know, the recreational level and the clinical level and the heroic thing, I mean, I just had to laugh because we didn't have any of those guidelines. We just 
We got a whole bag of peyote. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was a name for that. Yeah, yeah. We uh, ran uh, dried peyote buttons through a pressure cooker to reconstitute them and then drank the tea and then ate the uh, reconstituted. We got about the size of tennis balls. Uh, that went on for about four days at a party that people talked about for years after that. You know, I quit drugs after that, don't you? <laughs> that kind of. But you uh, take a break sometimes after those yeah. road trips. Like, I mean, like, yeah. you may not. I never say quit, but like you might like take a long hiatus. And that's yeah. kind of where I've been at. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like anything stronger than cannabis. And maybe a little whiskey yeah. now and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to use what's his name, uh, Hunter Thompson. Yeah, his famous. I never recommended alcohol or drugs to anybody, but it's always worked for me. I think. Yeah. I mean, you got to do whatever you know. They use the biker term. You do it. How much? Every mud you can handle. Some yeah. people can't handle their mud, you know, so they shouldn't do it. He, he and, was a hero of mine. Uh, yeah, you know, not, not the movie, but the journalist, you know, like. Well, the one movie that was really good about his life was, I think his first movie, Bill Murray played him. Where the Buffalo Roam. Yeah, oh, where the yeah, Buffalo Roam. That was classic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was outrageous. The dog, uh, when he attacked Nixon all the time, this, uh, the. Get him, Brutus or something, you know. I read that. I read that, <laughs> I read that book about I don't know at least ten times over the years, uh, which was a collection of his articles that were in Rolling Stone magazine. Um, uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail '72, and uh, a, a lot of the scenes from that movie uh, with Bill Murray were from that those writings, like deal buying a Stradivarius on a company credit card. It was just a true story. Bought a Porsche one time and leased it for like a week in San Francisco and returned it. Just a piece of shit. So, yeah, he was quite the handful. Hero. Yeah. Gonzo journalism. Say, uh, too strange to live, too old to die. Where it says, oh, uh, when the going gets weird, the word turned pro. That's another one of his uh, quips. His deal with the Hell's Angels, that was a trip. He, got, he, almost, he, he himself wrote this. He just about died. So he he, shorty shorts on. Yeah, yeah. He mouthed off to Sonny Barges, one of Sonny Barges' right-hand men, and he's like the original founder of the Oakland chapter of the Hell's Angels. That's not exactly a candy ass, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to learn to keep your mouth shut when you're around They're people Uncle like Ralph that. Uncle Sonny around here. Yeah. What do you have in Oklahoma? What kind of bike clubs? Like the Mongols or anybody? Galloping Gooses? Are you talking to Potent? Yeah. No, oh, Potent just took off. Oh. He disappeared like yeah. part of the land. I believe there's an outlaw and there's a Hells Angel chapter in Oklahoma. Hmm. I think it's on That's different sides, though. The original Brotherhood of Eternal Love was made up of... Uh, 13 people. It had to be 13, right? I mean, come on. And uh, six of those were surfers. And uh, seven were from this really, really, really nondescript motorcycle club that hung out at one of the worst bars I've ever been in. Um, but anyway, that, those two got together. And the surfers provided the knowledge of traveling around the world under the uh, cover. It wasn't you know, the going surfing. Fun, was it? <laughs> no, 
But those are the guys that got into the, they were the ones doing on the ash container loads, you know, 48 foot uh, or 40 foot containers of uh, hashish out of uh, originally Afghanistan and later most of the production because the, king, the CIA overthrew the king of Afghanistan. He went off to Paris to die 30, 40 years later. And a lot of the production moved over to, uh, yeah, you got to get a map to make, for this to make sense. Went over to Pakistan. It's that highway that runs on the east, down the east side of India to that port. And it's been that way since the Romans. So it's been a, a highway of tra- a travel of uh, goods and services up and down that highway. That's the great thing I love about Islam is like Islam has no religious prescriptions against cannabis, but does have religious prescriptions against alcohol. So you'll find a lot of like, Islamic countryside where people are very friendly with cannabis, but not no drinking. I get a kick out of the term hash. Is in the early seventies, you could go to a Venaris and then take that, uh, which is like the uh, the Vatican to, is to Catholics and Venaris is to the Hindus. And that road that goes it goes it goes back to the ancient, most ancient of time, the uh, Silk Road and all that thing. And uh, you can find sa- you can find sadhus on the side of the road and buy balls or hand rolled hash. They're just sitting there taking the the resin off of the plants and then working it in the palm of their hands with their thumb and sell you a ball for ten cents kind of thing. Yeah. That was a long time. It might be a dollar now. Are, are we flying somewhere, Fumi? Uh, I guess I don't know. Who was talking about Afghanistan and Pakistan? So whatever. Look for Benares. That's where I learned. Well, like, an in a biker was doing an indoor grow, like my uncle, and that's kind of who took me under his wing after, like I started. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. All HPS shit, fucking fertile land. That's the epicenter of Hindu, right there, Banaras. Banaras. See, and there people, are no people think Af- anywhere nearby. People, of course, but people think Afghanistan and shit. They think it's all fucking deserty shit. It's not. It's all figs and apples. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that historians refer to Afghanistan as the uh, boneyard of history. You know how many uh, empires have lost their ass in Afghanistan? I mean. It's been uh, a site of turbulence going back to at least 3,000 years. But it was also a great site of a lot of trading. This is where cultures met and exchanged their products. You got olives, I don't, you know, that kind of thing. Silk, uh, spices. You didn't have refrigeration, so spices was a way to make your food palatable. That's why it's the original metals trade that, like, sparked coinage, like, in created banking. Yes. And it was the Indians that invented the uh, concept of the zero that added a lot to mathematics. And especially in a trade. In, well, in, in that hemisphere. Yeah. Well, everything's always Eurocentric, isn't it? I mean, you know. I, I don't know. I would say I would say that like the, the, the Incas or Aztecs. Oh, I know. I agree. I agree. I'm not a good at all. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Eastern Hemisphere too. <laughs> Independent civilizations, right? Totally non-related. They built pyramids for completely different reasons. 
Right. Well, actually, I would probably describe the Egyptian ones as a, a courier for, for the afterlife uh, with the, the things that were buried with the uh, corpse, the mummy. Well, yeah, but the, the, the Southeast Asian and like South American. It, oh, yeah, right, the, right. The pyramids are much thicker. Yes, absolutely. They're not, they're, their temple's not tombs. Right. And they're not, while they're big, they're not like, well, they're not pyramids per se. The temples, they're not all pyramids. Stepped pyramid. Um, in well, Thailand, they have a lot of like. Oh, but the oldest ones are. Oh, they have a little, okay. like the, have, the ancientest, ancient of both of them. Have you, have you ever looked at the pictures of the white the Babylonian, the white temple in uh, Thailand? Was yeah. Built in the, in the 80s or 90s, and by a multi multi billionaire, and you can't believe this thing. Um, you should, there's a blue one, and then there's a red one. Yeah, the fucking you can, always tell, you can always tell a good Thai restaurant when you go in the door if they have a picture of Buddha on the wall or an uh, icon, you're got a good uh, chance you're gonna do some 420, meal. Uh, Ohio's Captain Dank, uh, he comes on the show all the time. He actually came and he streamed from the White Temple. Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Wow. White Temple, yeah. It was, wow. it was kind of dark at the time, but we got the point. It's really dramatic. Yeah. It's really dramatic. That's a shame that uh, those strains are gone. You know, I mean... What's the that? reason for the temple's coup? It's because they have to give money to their religion or something? No, not at all. Uh, yeah, Buddhist. Uh, yeah, it's a little hard to explain, but yeah, I mean, giving is part of. They do a lot of giving in different ways. I mean, even a small town like Portland certainly isn't the site of Boston. Um, I can think of five different branches of Buddhism that have Active big temples, temples here. Zen Buddhists. Uh, uh, there's one from the Tibet. In fact, the uh, Tibet uh, culture society is based here for North America here in Portland. There's uh, another like kind of like moving and grooving to a Moon Age child uh, Buddhist uh, institution kind of thing. A couple of Hindu, yeah. The you gotta think some of those temples that cost, like you said, a, a million dollars probably. No billions. I that one, the White Temple. I'll bet you there's over ten billion in that, and that's only like because a, labor's cheap. You know, yeah, if you did true. it in America, it'd probably be about thirty for the craftspeople to do the carvings and the just the enormity of it. You know. It's funny because they're in the middle of nowhere too. Sometimes, like, well, some of them are in the middle of nowhere. Some of them are in the middle of cities. But there you like, go. How do they get all the? How do they pay for that? Like, how, I'm what, like. That's well, you have people that came from nothing and made a lot of money in whatever you know, some area, technology or trade or whatever you know, and they they feel a duty to return. 
Yeah, those are the Buddhist uh, guards of uh, Hades. Good luck, it would be better. Look at that fucking thing, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, it spent something like 25 years on it. Unless I remember. This wasn't. And We're going to get this card. done. By... Yeah. All hand carved, and they don't really use like nails. They use like joints, cross right. joints, and shit. Right. Well, okay. In India, in the temples, the of the deities, they're carved out of neem, and they're rubbed with neem oil every two or three years, and they've kept without being invaded by termites and other pestilence. Right. Some God, it must smell awful. Three thousand like, years. Neem's not that bad. No, I just have like like I, I'm not a big fan of the scent. It's it's not that bad, but like I'm just thinking like buildings that are just saturated with it and made from neat wood. <laughs> like I'm like, oh god. Well, it's definitely very Indian. And I'll, I'll give you that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know some some of the the smells there in that singular for sure. A friend of mine started a business down in Florida which has a lot of expats from a lot of countries. And he got, and it was a soil company where he goes and installs gardens for people with money. He retired people, so they get a lot of expendable income kind of thing. And he hooked up with this group that's from India. And he sells Karanja oil that they grow in Florida, which it has some similar properties to neem. They're completely unrelated. And the fact that he even knew about Karanja and Neem got him really in tight with this group of Indians who spend a lot of money on their guard. So they kind of get on this niche market of uh, people. in, And so I directed him to a Neem farm in, in uh, Florida where he could get the raw material without having to uh, import it from India. And they got the Karanja right there. So I went down there for about you know, another couple of weeks, I guess. Pretty trippy. Yeah. I think I, I want to go visit. I would love to visit one of those. Or, I mean, obviously, like Thailand. A lot of expats in Thailand from America. A lot of people. And Vietnam, too. But if you have, I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not of that age. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have that much adventure left. I might go to Ecuador. Yeah. I'm go to Ecuador. Kind of go back. But the thing yeah. is, like when you when you go to like Vietnam or Thailand, like your dollar gets extended. Right. Exactly. I mean, think about it. Ecuador. A person could go down there for say you can do it for a lot less, but let's say you went like first cabin, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the beach. Four stories with a pool on top the top deck. I mean, fully furnished. Your utility is about $50 a month for electricity. You know, you got internet, you got and food. I mean, that's where the entire world's banana crop is grown in Ecuador and Costa Rica. The bananas you go and buy at BJ's or, you know, uh, Albert's. A lot of the old boys around <laughs> here talk about Costa Rica. I know a few have. Yeah. Well, they're, okay, they're, they're the when you set the United States out of the equation, Costa Rica and Ecuador had the longest running democracies in the Western Hemisphere, and the United States has had diplomatic relations with Ecuador going back to the 1820s. 
And they're, in fact, their currency is the U.S. dollar. So when you go buy something, you have to go, so how many pesos are in a dollar? You know, it's like whatever it is. And uh, they have national laws equivalent to what we would call federal laws. Uh, no GM, uh, GMO plants. None. Nada. And so there's a burgeoning uh, organic return to organic sustainable. I don't like that word because it's too much political crap. But sustainable agriculture. How's that? Uh, sustainable agricultural practices. So. Uh, yeah, you're right there in the Andes. You got really good mushrooms. Uh, and it's kind of cool. You live at the beach for cheap. They'll take my dog. I like how you say diplomatic relations. It, but I'm thinking, all I can think of is United Fruit. Oh, yeah. No, they were not part. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, that was Nicaragua. You know, that's, I yeah. Know, I know, but yeah. like, that, like when you say, and they've had mugs yeah. in yeah. diplomatic that's wrong. United, United Fruit is a block on the Western Hemisphere and the United States for what they did and do in Central America. And sometimes you get what you deserve. Yeah, let's not forget they just rebranded. It's literally Chiquita now. Oh, yeah, right. It's the uh, same company. Yeah, right. I come from the produce industry, so on a, ho a wholesale level. So, yeah, I just on bananas alone, I did 20 loads a week at a. Oh. Yeah, you were so. a fellow subscriber to Western Fruit Grower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still have old copies of the Blue Book before they went digital. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the pack up, a perishable agriculture commodity. You live and die by 1938. So, still in force today. So, yeah, I know the games. You know, bananas are so big that in most uh, the big chains, you know, like Albertsons or whatever, bananas are our wholly owned subsidiary. Does that tell you anything? That's how big it is. In fact, in produce, it's the, the largest. Yeah, uh, you told me about this. And it blew my mind, honestly, that there's a banana program. You told me about yeah. the banana program at grocery stores. Yeah. Well, think about it. You have to put the bananas uh, from the time they're shipped. They Wait, you didn't tell me yet. Explain yeah. this. Sure. Okay. It's freaking, it's so weird. the bananas you get them from Chiquita, whatever. Chiquita. Uh, they're, they're the big ones. Yeah. And they come in 40 pound lugs and they're green, like your shirt. Now you put them into a pressurized uh, ripening room. And then each room will hold a load, a, 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 a 22 pallets. And it's injected, with, it's injected with ethylene gas. And ethylene gas brings on uh, ripening. They use those on those fancy yeah. tomatoes that you get too. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew they did that on tomatoes. It started, really it it started back in the 1890s with lemon sunkissed uh, as a you know it's a co-op thing. Um, yeah, they started using it. Still do. It's why it's used. In fact, I used to pick Avocados. up tomatoes. Yeah, I used to pick up tomatoes in Florida and we would put uh, ethylene emitters in the trailer so they would be ripening in transit to Portland, Oregon, so that when they got here, they would spend less time in the ripening rooms because they were in such demand. I mean, a ripening room was then was 100 grand. I think they're up around 200,000. But what about, what about, you know about the new tech, right? The one MCP? Yes. So, I mean, That's yeah, it's... It's a bit, that's how big bananas are, though. The, the expense to get those 
perfectly yellow bananas on the shelf when you go into your favorite wherever you buy your food. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of science behind it. Could I grow bananas? What's that? What they use for if you had the right like climate, is it easy to grow a banana tree? I'm sure, it's a grass. Huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's it's all about telling you. If you have a greenhouse, you're dancing. You can grow, yeah, you can grow them in your indoor grow. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting a banana, but I want to get a and fancy one. I want to get one of those blue Japanese. I miss, I miss some nice cherry tomatoes. Yeah, like the ones you pick off the vine and they're just perfect. Oh. Right. Well, they, uh, look for great because that's the original tomato. The big ones, like you know, beefsteak and all that. That's a a, gene, a a hybridization deal. If you look at, they came out of Peru. So if you look at Peruvian, you can buy Peruvian seeds. And if you focus on those seeds, you'll be getting true heirloom seeds. And they're not going to look like what you're, like the ones you buy now. So yeah. study the pictures closely in the catalogs. I'm doing some uh, lavender next year too outdoors, hopefully. We have a decent year. I'm gonna try to do some. Uh, I want to do some potatoes. Some of the small, like red potatoes. Yeah, I like. Well, I, I like eating those. Have you uh, used lavender as a pesticide? Yeah, I, I put it in the cannabis area, but not really close to it. But it's around it. Both. Yeah, that's a really yeah a companion planting with lavender and uh, hops. Uh, cilantro, not cilantro. Uh, rosemary. I thought about doing barley. Just straight, just putting barley down to grow well it's going to give you a massive yeah it's good yeah it's a good thing you can take all this shit about barley that has been promulgated by the kid in diapers you know and throw it out the window the human race has been dealing barley growing it eating it consuming it using it's it a, for 10 it's a fucking years. grass just like a rye or anything else exactly. like it it, it it would be a perfect cover crop really right we could argue about whether we live in a civilization or not, but this is for sake of discussion. Say we do. It was barley that gave us the ability to control our food. We could grow it instead of having to go hunt it. So we became food producers instead of food gatherers. So I we're go hunting once in my life. What do you want to hunt? I don't know. I've been shooting and stuff, but I've never shot like an animal. That's like I, I, hate. I would I would love to dress a deer with you, man. I've come three times. There's hundreds of them. I'll come. I'll come hunting, man. Don't don't tempt me with a good time, <laughs> bro. I got a spot for you. I just think it would be fun to try it. I mean, I don't. I've always shot coot. Like my dad was into shooting, so like I sure. grew up shooting and shit. I figured I'd try it once, and I've had elk. I've had all the different types of venison, from doe to uh, buck. Like venison can be really good if you do it right. Right. I mean, yeah. But we have a lot of we have a lot of elk in the northwest. So knowing somebody that is elk hunting with your dad and grandpa is like a tradition. I mean, it goes back generations. Elk so, hunting is a chore. That's oh yeah. A I've only dressed a lot elk of work. once. And you yeah. talk about a thousand pound beast, bro. Yeah, yeah they don't, they don't great, like by the way, uh, says something, a, a fairly important distinction. He says, uh, uh, you mean killing, not hunting. Uh, you hunt if you need food, not for fun. 
I would also add Supreme Grape. Uh, uh, many of the, the hunting experiences aren't really hunting. You just kind of go where there are some deer and then you shoot one. Like we're not talking about, you know, stalking it, hunting it. No, or whatever no. else, right? We're talking full press. I'm talking about full press, use everything. You know what sausage. it is? In Oregon, yeah. it's, a it's a reason to get drunk for a week. You go out with your buddies. Huh. All right, you take a bunch of beer and whiskey and go out to Eastern Oregon in the middle of fucking nowhere. See, right, wander, I would wander, a lot uh, of the body because I love jerky and you fill up a freezer. You know what hey, I mean? Yeah. You're yeah. not, if you're hunting for food, you're, you don't have to go to the grocery store. If you I, fish, I'll tell you, you what, for you every put some animal you dress, you'll eat less meat that isn't from your own hands. Yeah. It tastes a lot. It tastes better being hunted sometimes. If you're cooking, we got seafood. seafood here. Like, yeah, we, we went to so. Epicenter to see all I know. Boston, my God. <laughs> Want yeah. some real clam chowder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The seafood here is epic. It's just over on the beach. The, the oysters and stuff. Like, uh, we should try no, wait, wait, wait. from the water. Are, like, are you guys really going to start early. a fight over Portland clam chowder versus New England clam chowder? Bring it. Because, yeah, Portland, I would say bring it, bro. I've had both, coast to coast with tea and toast. And, like, I would say, honestly, PNW's got better fucking clam chowder. You know why? The good places add uh, Hmm. smoked salmon. They don't put fucking tomatoes in it. Right? (laughs) Although I love tomatoes, but not on chowder. Who puts tomatoes in that clam chowder? New York. Bostonians. Oh no, we don't. That's the Boston style chowder, but they're fucking red. No, in New York, you're thinking Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, New York. Yeah. Manhattan. Fuck is no, the, we don't put that shit in our clam chowder. Boston style is classic New England with just potatoes. Clams. Right. Yeah. Right. With a creamy sauce. You're right. Yeah. Not to say it isn't good, but the Northwest is better. Like I, I promise. If you came out here, you'd be like, oh fuck you, you're right. And the fucking on honestly, how fresh the, the clams are. I think it doesn't. No, really the, I'm telling you, they're fucking the clams fresher in the here. Pacific I, I Northwest taste better. I hate seafood. Yeah, but people the say seafood. we have better lobster no, over here. No, no. Uh, that is too Pacific different. Pacific lobster is terrible. It is just it. terrible. There's okay yeah, so lobster okay, like in so that's California, but since when is like warm water? I mean, California's right. actually warm water, but yeah, we yeah. don't have. I good. thought we had. I could I can imagine because I know we have good lobster. I thought we had good clams too, but I like clams. Fuck it, grow up on. You guys have those. Were you guys showing blue ducks when I first showed up? Yeah, I swear to God, there was blue ducks on the screen. Yeah, we were talking about them. Well, where uh, Smash lives, they cue Q U O H O G clams. Okay, yeah, those are wonderful. I've had. Chowder made with that specific uh, type of clam for sure. They can. Uh, yeah, they, if you have a seafood chowder too around here, you get some of the lobster and stuff, and it's pretty good. Oh, it's yeah. pretty solid, honestly. That would be your guys's version of our chowder, like like, or, yeah. or vice versa. like we put the sap and salmon in, and it makes such a fucking difference. Honestly, you guys put the lobster in, probably it makes such. We a got something that East Coast doesn't have. They got blue crab, which. Or nice. I was just gonna say Dungeness. But Dungeness, cool. man, that's where it's at. Dungeness. Speaker chowder smash, there's a link in the chat for you. Do you know what they had chowder pretty seriously? They had it at Costco. I know I want some. This is this is cracked, you know, they pulled it out of the shell. Crab meat. 
Dungeness crab, fifty dollars a pound. I mean, I was I almost fell yeah. back in it. Fifty bucks a pound. Looking at like big big leg, uh, big ham legs. To oh, cut little kiddos. Yeah. Crab? No, 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 no. Like Americos. I'm on the pig legs lately. Pig legs. That's what we've been looking at lately. Mm. (laughs) Seafoods, but hasn't been on since it's winter. Seafood's not on the radar as much. You know what I mean? All the good places closed down around here. That's interesting. Like all the places. We never had any good places. If you didn't go to like a, a mom and pop operation, yeah, exactly. And they closed down. It was like a summer thing. And they closed down during the winter and they they open up in the spring and stay open in the summer and close down. Here they use a phrase. The signs are everywhere when you go to the coast. Chowder. World famous and award winning. So they ask you, what does that mean? I don't know, <laughs> what award? It's just on the sign. You know. Some guy came here. Oh, yeah. that's the other thing. World Man, famous and award you, winning. You know that you're. I'll give you an award right now. Yeah, and then your show is now world famous and award. The, I got one. Better who wins the photo contest? We never got to announce <laughs> the, yeah, the award. I'm half. I'm half debating just <laughs> announcing them tomorrow because I'm like, it's been an interesting evening. But uh, what was I going to say? All of those winners are uh, award winning photographers. They could technically call themselves like uh, award winning photographers. Very true. Mentioned on the show, they're world famous. I will be adding. Do people pad their resumes with way fucking? Yes, it will be on my resume. You say sure. (laughs) So, I like the other boys here of this show. That West. I just realized that you're the island boy. Yeah, man. Well, so Claude, by the way, is asking Discord photo contest. What's up with it? What's up with it is that I forgot that I would have to count each individual post. So we're announcing the Discord photo contest tomorrow for sure. So on the Wednesday show, uh, maybe we'll just you know honestly, uh, maybe the next four twenty we'll we'll uh, round yeah, out the show and maybe announce the the winners. I'm gonna and, get uh, you a we'll bot. What a chat bot. Discord bot. A Discord bot. I apparently don't know nearly enough about Discord because I don't know how to uh, subdivide us, the rooms well and let it chat <laughs> like do a lot of the work in there and and like yeah. we'll I open it and I'm like uh, I don't know what to do here I'll just mm-hmm. put you down mm-hmm. yeah yeah what's the one the other big one about what's six that? months ago like, about uh, where you meet up online somewhere. I got a bunch of hey, I'll send you an invite. Oh, that was probably Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse. I cannot to this day figure out why people like it. It's an audio version of what we're doing right now, so you can see people. And so, in other words, you have no idea when they're about to start talking, and you—they're all random people from around the country. I I don't understand why it's popular. Like you have everything here, but less of it. Okay. You know what's funny? You go on Discord and Jimmy's Discord anytime there's. Like a chat room now going mm. like half a dozen people. It's true. I didn't like them. I put my oh, they probably don't like you either, Val. So okay. they don't. They also don't understand sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to remember to remind people sometimes that uh, some of the things we talk about, like the microbial prolapse and stuff, Coot is being sarcastic. And so, for example, Val, I'm I'm assuming you're being sarcastic. I was reminded not too long ago that some people don't like sarcasm. Oh, top consultants have, have, have confirmed that you can have microbial collapse from too much goodness, basically. 
according well, to yeah. their extensive tests of well, so I talked just tonight with literally I mixed up my compost, I mixed up my worm castings, and what I put in there was barley. Like uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys seen, but I had a handful of barley and I just dropped it in the fucking muslin bucket right? with them. I love that shit, dude. I just put it in the mixes now, right in the mix, all the way through the soil. He's saying Discord is this drama. Actually, CTC, it hasn't been. Like, uh, one of the keys is that, uh, and I've noticed literally no offense, you know, the, the blue crew here is, is uh, super chill, but I've noticed that in certain circumstances, you really have to keep a close eye on who has the authority to do anything. So, Discord, we only have a handful of moderators, honestly, a handful of moderators. And those people basically have godlike authority. And so far, nobody's done shit. And and first of all, everybody that's joined the Discord has been really nice, pleasant people. I think it's kind of self-selecting. Like douchebags don't want to join, so that's kind of nice. Uh, but likewise, nobody has had any incentive or anything else to do anything else because they're just going to get the uh, hand of God on them. You know what I mean? So I've noticed that it's there are different ways to do things in different places. You know what I mean? And it's just it's a lesson that you learn in life. You know what I mean? Like as soon as this show is over, uh, two three hours go by. It's gonna get. There's gonna be enough reports that it's gonna get uh, age restricted. I'll get a personal email from uh, YouTube. They have uh, reviewed it by hand. Basically, you get enough reviews, you'll get reviewed by hand, and uh, I'll get a freaking uh, age restriction. It's one of these things you just get used to. Uh, oh, it's automated now. Is it automated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it automates when you do you opt in for uh they usually captioning? do tell me though this has been like uh reviewed by a so-and-so i don't always get that that message you opt in for captioning though opt in for captioning what would that yeah. change because if they caption it they scan your freaking words like with an ocr i think i am opting in for captioning actually but what would that change it'll slow down the age restrictions It'll be a little less accessible. You watch those videos. Um, but I, 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 I research things that people have interest in. You can watch those videos. Actually, Marduber does. Uh, he does spend time uh, looking into the optimizations and stuff. That shit is super important these days. And so many of us just kind of, you know. Hey, Mr. Mark. Pawn it off. <laughs> when, at the height of the uh, EM1 silliness, I went in pursuit of the recipe. And in some countries, they have adults in charge of their food laws. So I found the EM recipe in New Zealand. And it had all of the uh, uh, biological names of the specific strains of bacteria, right? Lacto. So... Yeah, so I copied each one and put it in a browser. What I learned is that they all came from yogurt. Syrian, Greek, Turkish. Basically a trip to Whole Foods. And uh, you're, you were set. And then one other was a, a beer. The air. Yeah. And another one was they use in a, the Belgian beer, Lambic. Lambic beer is made with a specific lacto- Culture we talking thing. about Lambic earlier. That's yeah, so that's all that was in this this magical mm -hmm. ship, right? And then you had to hover and pray over, and you know, mix it in precise amounts to get it activated. You got to activate lacto, really. What about you? 
can I eat a yogurt or what? Um, and then I, yeah, then I brought up the mesu. You know, you want 362 varieties of lacto. How about that? Silence. Dead fucking silence. It's all about the brand. It's the name. You know, it's EM1. It's got to be different. It's got to be special. Why not talk materials? Why not talk processes? Holy crap. They're literally charging 300 bucks for a five gallon of that crap from the brand new website. Oh, yeah. Now we're, now we're first with uh, Brokashi, Bokashi. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's hilarious that they would, they would literally be like, I didn't realize that they were still selling it for that much. Yeah, yeah. Or the guy that's got oh, EM one. Yeah, that's that's very expensive now. Yeah, really expensive. Well, didn't they all those micro products? They charge a, a, a premium right. for it because people don't really know better. Yeah. And one group broke off, and now isn't Terraganics? Or yeah, was that the old one. name? Yeah, uh, I um, think that's. Uh, I think they're basically franchisees. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all it's a pyramid scheme. The whole thing's a pyramid scheme. I don't have a high, I don't know, I, I just say this, I, I, I reserve the right to be surprised in the future, but I have a fairly low opinion these days of these bacterial products, and I admit that it's probably, actually I have a fairly low opinion on the mycelium companies too, or the, 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 the mycorrhizal companies, it's been shown a lot of those are basically shams, uh, we have yeah. a company here in the North Bay, here in Oregon actually, that basically yeah. busted, basically yeah. selling dust pretty much. Uh, but uh, a lot of these microbial us. products, I'm <laughs> really skeptical. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Uh, I don't even think it was rock dust. I think it was like like it might help. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it was, it was like gypsum powder or some garbage. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what am I trying to say? Like uh, any of these products, honestly, you know, if Potent was still on here, he'd say, oh, the one that he knows about, you know, the, the famous one, the Mastodons. That one is, you know, proven, blah, 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 blah. And it's possible. You know what I mean? It's possible. He's he's run it in his uh, aquaponics and whatever. It's possible that those guys are so targeted that maybe they worked in an aquaponics situation. But I think to myself, like, what's here's the chances my question. of those four why microbes? You, why can't you propagate that? Why can't well, not even that. Not even that. What's like, the, the proprietary four... nature that you have to keep feeding it these microbes that you have to get? But not they even that. I find it. I find choice. it actually asinine. Talking about four different microbes. Let's instead of calling them by Latin names. I don't even remember what one is. Testosterone, such and such. I don't even fucking know. With another one's pepperoni. Let's just call them Bob, Frank, Bill, and fucking I don't know Weasel. I don't know. After Bob, oh, Frank, my. Bill, and Weasel are great at what they do. They're wonderful. They do such a great job. And we're going to promote them to generals of whatever the fuck solubilization, right? Coot loves the word solubilization. He was talking about that earlier. But there are a He's billion one other here. microbes that we don't know. There's a Francois, there's a Philippe, there's all these other fucking microbes. And they like this nutrient, they like that other nutrient. And we can't even culture them in a laboratory. No scientist have, has ever learned their name. But they're far more effective, maybe, at what they do than Bob, <laughs> Frank, Bill, and Weasel. Cool, you don't agree? Like, do you think no, this is I, no, I'll tell you, this is a this is a real world situation. If you look at a map of Portland, you'll notice that it has parks everywhere. And when the city was plotted in the early 1909, 1910, whatever, um, 
they they designated that parks had to take up this amount of of land had to be set aside for parks. Mm-hmm. So if you look, you'll see that the parks department in the city of Portland swings a big hammer. They've got parks all over the city. We're not talking a swing set and a slide, you know, and a postage piece of property. I mean, a big park where families can go and have a a barbecue and a picnic and play soccer. You know, I mean, real parks. They start building a new development. They start picking up new property. Yes. Well, one of the crown jewels is a rose garden, and it dates back to the World War One era. And it has like 800 plants, 800 rose plants, international rose garden. It's one of the be- uh, biggest rose gardens in the world. So there is a gentleman there that's retired, retiring. This is like six years, five years ago when it was $1,000 a gallon. Now it's dropped down to seven. And uh, in the areas where you parked to walk to the area where the plants are, those would, you know, would get scraped by people pushing their carriages, you know, children. And so they weren't prime and they wanted something that would bring these plants back up to luster. And they wanted the whole park to look nice. It's a big deal. A student can tell you about it. It's a huge, huge piece of real estate. So I got there, I'm called in and they have another group and they're going to use the mastodon urine and some other weird application of Karanjar Neem because one of the guys was Indian and they had brought along a guy who worked for the Mastodon people. He was their rep here in Portland or something. Did he have a cool hat? Oh yeah. Oh, he was cool. Very cool. And uh, so I showed up in Carhartt pants and a t-shirt, you know, and I'm looking at the plants because they, they were there in plots. Um, you know, see, it's all, I mean, it's really done professional. So I'm looking at it and I, you know, kind of pushed aside some of the, I don't know, like uh, bark dust shit they had on it. So I got in my car and I went over to the home brew store and I bought five pounds of barley and had them. Uh, you don't grind it like a powder. It's smashed. Looks like it was hit with a hammer. And um, so I came back and I sprinkled my area with this stuff. And they're out there and they got the mastodon urine and they're measuring and they're scoping and they got testing and, you know, they got the microscopes out. So a couple of weeks later, we all get called back. This guy had been there, the head of the parks of that park. Full-blown degree in botany from the University of Oregon. The real deal. Uh, he's retiring after 30 years, and he was the big hammer. And he'd had everything brought to him over the years. Compost teas, magic this, magic that. And now we have this. And they actually thought that they were going to be able to sell the city on something that cost a thousand dollars a gallon, and you're going to have to explain it. So I just sat back in the meeting and grinned and watched this exchange between the senior manager of the Portland Parks Department and his field rep, whatever his title was, Jammer and Joe, you know what microbes is, and I 
And so the guy says, well, name one. That was the end of the conversation. I got to check my records. I mean, he just put them out because they're used to dealing with what? You know, dipshits. A Canacon meeting. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, because a lot of those people, when they're up there, they are nepotism usually sometimes, though, then, too. Design, just call it what it is. I mean, did you really get that uh, job? The Rose Society or the Mastodon urine? I think, honestly, they picked their reps that that particular we're talking around their reps based on uh, Instagram views. Hmm. Probably. It's hard to hear you sometimes. Reps are nice too, though. Is it hard to hear me? No, Doobie. Oh, Doobie. Doobie. For some reason, maybe it's just me. Am I leaning too far back? Or... Actually, she's sure, right. Yeah. You, you kind of cut in and out a little bit. It's like, yeah. better now? Much. Much appreciated. Turn my gain up. Actually, the best is when, uh, if you guys are new to audio, the best is honestly when you put your, people never like to hear this. Same thing with photography, same thing with audio. The best is to actually turn down the game, put the microphone close to you. So instead of having a microphone far away and turn it up way fucking high, same thing with lights. We're like, I'm not going to use a flash. I'm just going to use a light bulb, but I'm going to use a 15 second exposure. Bright ass lights and the game turned up to a light. I need to get an arm. I have a boom arm in the house. Now that the money aspect of cannabis is over, I mean, there's people making money, don't get me wrong. It's not the grower, it's the distributor, and it's the dispensary. The whole thing got turned on its head with legalization before the grower made the money. Now the grower is subject to the wills and nils of the distributor. He's got the cash, the man. You need cash. You don't need promises. So he gets the best price. He sells to the dispensary. The dispensary's got a standing market. There's your problem. You have an uneducated uh, consumer. Well, there's there's people out there that are doing it, though, that are getting commercial ops running in, in a main line, streamlined from, like, farm to table. You know, it can be done. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying that isn't the There's not enough of it. No. The reality is I've kind of grown up. I, I, don't, I can't say that I'm an expert on wine. You know, Cascadian could come on here and probably run, you know, rings around me. But I've grown up around, I'll say that, like I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express one time, so I'm a super expert, right? So uh, I grew up a little bit around the wine industry as it grew up in Oregon. Uh, and uh, how do I say this? Um, uh First, wine was a foreign thing that basically only the snobby elites, the lawyers and the doctors and whoever else basically were interested in. We call them winos. And then also winos, I suppose. Uh, But then, uh, you know, your your, your famous uh, PhD so-and-so college professor. Oh, they're super into wine. Did you know about their wine collection from Switzerland? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that wasn't a really uh, a durable uh, clientele, basically, for these local Northwest wines, right? You want the local Northwest people to basically be kind of snobby about it. So what do you have to do? You start to, first of all, 
I guess this was legal for the wine people, you open up your cellar to public tours. You then yeah. encourage people to come to your cellars for tours. You have concerts at your fucking wineries so that people come and they actually have like their beautiful performances. Like, I don't even know, comedians yeah. come, musicians come, people have their weddings at your wineries. Little yeah. by little by little by little by little, over 30 years, wines become inculcated in the fabric of society, both on kind of the cheaper end, but then also on the fancier end. Now, like I say, like, holy shit, you got married at a winery. That's kind of fancy. You know what I mean? A uh, lot of people, even plumbers, electricians, car carpenters, they have fucking fancy wine palettes. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll go Do to some of house. people to get married at dispensaries? People, oh, uh, not dispensaries, <laughs> cannabis farms. You know what I mean? Like uh, we had Born Seasoned on here. She's not, she's not head in the cloud. I mean, she might be head in the clouds in a good way, but in the sense that she's not making up the, the demand. Cannabis, cannabis tourism is a real thing. People sure. are going to be really into it. Uh, the idea that you could, I was just thinking about the other day, uh, oh, shit, what was I thinking about? I can't even remember now. But anyway, uh, weddings, birthday parties, you name it, like in a cannabis field. Holy shit, how cool is that? You know what I mean? People love wineries. They're going to love cannabis. Why fields, you don't so. have to bring the kids. Right. But maybe, but like, you know, but you can, if you want to, but you know, words, like you can use that as an excuse. I mean, the laws in Oregon, a lot of times you can bring kids to a, a winery or a brewery, but during the daytime, not in the evening. And of course they can't drink, obviously. Go ahead. Coop. I was more thinking because well, it's, a lot of times it's, 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 it's a law in Oregon. If you serve alcohol. You have to serve food. It doesn't say it has to be good food. It could be cold sandwiches. I think, you know, that you, but you have to. Food must be served. To, yes. Which uh, opened a lot of doors for enterprising uh, people who knew good food. Got their start working the kitchen in a popular tavern uh, around town. So I mean. There was always a good food scene here. Um, you imagine? I mean, like yeah, we had we had our crap. You know, they had the chains and stuff. You know, the Applebee's and garbage like that. But uh, they were like real honest food places. You know, uh, they gave a shit about what they put on the plate, kind of thing. Which are you with passion? That has the pay or like the no, you don't pay anything in the kitchen. Like where you pay based on donations. Yeah. Uh, mothers? Mike, I think, yeah, I think so. A lot Here's of places good, have closed yeah. down. It's, it's a little bit depressing. Yeah. You know, this whole COVID shit, like downtown is pretty much a ghost town. There's hardly anything open anymore. Like yeah. mothers, I think, closed down. Every or they might have like, moved to a different place. There's a bunch of places who either move to a different place in the city, and you have to wonder if that's the case, hopefully, or they just closed down. Well, I can vouch for the uh, dim sum place that you enjoyed, yeah, right. Wong King's. Yep. We went for lunch there. Got me wanting some, some dim sum. This is the real deal. I haven't been down in Chinatown in a hot minute. It's actually better than it was before. The serving oh, sizes. Oh, yeah. It's under oh, a different really? name. It's not Wong's King. Nice. But I don't remember the name. But best foods, and don't laugh, but it's something goofy like that. Like, Oh, I'm not just come out of my favorite, one of my favorite Chinese places in the whole city. They changed ownership, I think. Uh, someone told me that they're still good, so I got to go back there. I kind of avoided them for a while. Uh, they're called Good Taste Noodle. 
and they're in like the right. strip mall. Like right. you would never right. in a billion years think that that's right. a place unless you know a little right. bit about Chinese food. Then you know that usually the appearances are deceiving. Yeah. So uh, yeah. even from the outside, you look at it. The only indication that it's going to be good is that they have, have hanging ducks. I don't think I've ever been to a Chinese place that had hanging ducks. That that's cool. Home, honestly. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, are they real? Ducks. Yeah, yeah, they roast their own picking ducks and really pork and all that stuff. Fuck, it's wonderful. Uh, Their soups, like their noodle, their their uh uh uh. Yeah, just folks. They inject Uh, it with air between the skin uh, and the meat, right? Yeah, Yeah. bicycle pump. Yeah. I was gonna say like you could ride. uh, No, that was gonna go a different direction. I was gonna go with like the LSD picking duck or something. I don't know. That'd be fun. You eat a picking duck and get all high. Who would who would well, say would, that? You know, it's that's the only thing that's lasted because everything became Beijing. I mean, when I was picking duck is still oh, picking duck. Yeah, it's, it's still picking duck. I think that's uh, cool. Even though the city no longer up. exists, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I hate uh, I hate cultural amnesia, especially like willful cultural amnesia. That's one of the darkest things about that that government. They just like erase the past. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, when you look at what the Spanish did in South America and Mexico, oh yeah, just decimated yeah. Incas, uh, Mayans, Aztecs. Hundred percent. They burned uh, all the Maya codexes on purpose. Yeah, they yeah. Had, the Maya had an entire written language and everything else. Like for the, for my entire life, people say, "Oh, the Maya didn't ever learn writing." And they still got statues of freaking Spanish explorers, yeah, yeah. heavy yeah. air quotes, you know, all over the Southwest. Well, and that's yeah. one of the interesting things. How do I say this? You know, a lot of people who don't really know a lot about history, and then they basically know the. I was just talking to a friend uh, a couple of days ago. I was talking about how there, there's a comic strip these days, but this comic strip is like endemic of our society right now. There's uh, two groups of people basically in this comic strip. I could just describe this anyway, and you people will know what I'm talking about. There's a line to one place and a very short path to another, or I should say like three people to another. There's a gigantic line of maybe thousands of people to the simple but wrong and then there's basically like three people heading to the complex but right and the complex but right is a meandering path but it's the fucking correct path and there's like literally three people on that path uh what was the freaking point i guess i'm losing my train of thought i'm stoned now uh there was a point to that you're driving the train jimmy I, I just took the complex but wrong or but right and i went up to the somehow i took the complex but wrong fuck i lost my train of thought that annoys me because it was a good thought too <laughs> maybe it'll come to me maybe it'll come Girl. to me ladies and gentlemen we should eventually actually tell people who the winners are because it is actually twelve twenty-two at night uh it is actually technically december 1st i could technically announce it tomorrow i don't want to let's let's announce it is tomorrow. tomorrow it is tomorrow let's do it before we don't uh before we forget uh ladies and gentlemen let me quickly knock this out i don't even know if those people are watching because they might be asleep now <clears throat> but if i can finally find it here God damn it, I keep opening up the wrong window. This is what happens when I get stoned. What the hell was I trying to say? For fuck's sake. You're trying to figure out who's the winner. All right. I'm literally who's the winner? closing who's the winner? these windows because I've opened so many windows for the show that now I keep opening the wrong window every single oh. time. Come on. You can be tapped that stone. All right. I literally just opened that one. Now we go. Now we got the right one. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, go take a look at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Join up for next month's uh, photo contest. We might use a completely different hashtag because uh, whatever. 
people have reported that other hashtag, and so it's probably been shadow banned. So uh, those people are uh, uh, unconstructive. Blame. And uh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? But uh, we're going to continue being constructive and, you know, building cool things and doing fun stuff. And uh, we're going to have another photo contest because it's fun and people get to win free seeds and pat themselves on the back. And we get to look at fun photos. How cool is this, ladies and gentlemen? Like all these cool ass photos. Uh, these people didn't have to submit these. I just basically said, hey, you guys want to uh, have a photo contest? Uh, there's some seeds at the end of it. Uh, there's just basically uh, not much else. You know what I mean? They don't win prizes of gold or gigantic adulations from crowds of people or whatever else. Uh, they just pretty much throw down photos. I think it's uh, absolutely fantastic. And I've seen uh, one by one by one by one, folks have uh, increased the quality of their photos. They've increased the uh, creativity of their photos. Uh, and that's honestly, that was my only real goal with this. You know, like uh, uh, I've said before that I wanted to pay it forward. Like I, I my, my biggest uh, 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 debt basically to Subcool wasn't even really, I didn't emulate his gross style really. Uh, I didn't really emulate, like, I didn't even honestly have the same musical taste, frankly, you know, like he was more into rock and roll. I was into other stuff like sub was cool, but it's not like I wanted to copy him, but I really, really owe him an incredible debt of gratitude because he got me back into one of just the passions of my life that I had let go for many years, which was photography. So I wanted to, to pay this forward to other folks. Uh, I, I, I owe sub a lot for it. And I hope you guys will at least uh, improve uh, your photography. Just looking at this, I, I, it's stunning uh, how nice some of these photos are. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, enough of the the soppy whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you probably already see here because you're not fucking dumb and you probably see how browser windows work. But you probably see who the runner up is for the uh, this contest. Beautiful photo, honestly, three photos from your mailman grows. I think this is his first win. I want to say that your, your mailman may have placed in one of the photo contests, but I can't swear to that. He might have gotten fourth place one time and just out of the winning. Uh, but your mailman has been participating in these photo contests for a while now, honestly, five or six or seven months, frankly. So congrats, dude. Beautiful photos. Beautiful grow. This is, uh, I mean, we hear so much about uh, uh, Crescendo. Uh, ethos uh, consistently a lot of folks are, are posting photos from it so uh, this says uh, final days for crescendo rbx1 uh, number two so i guess this is number two cut from colin ethos uh let's see here where's the other photo there we go beautiful beautiful terps or beautiful perps i wonder what the terps are on these uh i, I actually finally did get a very white wine uh white wedding uh, Noob sent me a pack or a couple packs, honestly, of the White Wedding, and I very slowly uh, went through a couple of different phenotypes. And for you the mean like Billy I say like, oh man, I got like white grapes or something, but it was totally white wine. This one, you know, <laughs> what was that, Coot? You mean like Billy Idol? Uh, yeah, I think that's the joke. I honestly think that's yeah. the joke, straight up. Uh, anyway, congrats. Uh, I can I really can see you now in a in a uh, what do you call them uh, tank top. You know, pissed off with a big tattoo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see Billy Idol smoking weed. I think he'd be a lot of a, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, so, congrats again, uh, your man. You're the runner up this uh, this month for for that. Uh, Stoner Saven, second time winner, man. Beautiful, beautiful photo. I love. Oops, uh, be I guess I'm just pressing the space bar. Uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, photo. Another I Canadian look. Uh, another Canadian man. Uh, uh, yeah. He's won before a couple three months ago with a completely different photo, honestly, with uh, reels. So this is this is a great sign of creativity on his part. Uh, constantly something new. 
this, by the way, is not, first of all, great growing. Uh, this is uh, strawberry fields, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful looking plant. Uh, nice looking. And I think there's another video at the end of this. I, I think there's, oh, I'm not sharing the sound. Okay, I can probably hear it, but you can't because I'm not sharing it. Anyway, go click on that for some sound. Uh, beautiful looking weed. Uh, I believe he said that uh, this is lovely. I think this is from Irie Genetics. I know that Dirtman Dan had a great phenotype of this. I'm not surprised that this is a, a nice smelling weed. Didn't he have a board of show? Uh, Dirtman Dirt Dan? That was yeah. it. The, the embracing we're getting. The oh, okay. video show's still on. You know, it's it's whatever. Internet, things change, times change. A couple sure. people have moved on from that show. I've taken kind of a maybe per permanent hiatus from it. Dan, pardon me. Dan is, I don't know, maybe also permanent hiatus. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, Stoner Saving, congrats, man. Beautiful look on this photo. Uh, beautiful weed on this photo. Uh, keep it up. Really, really well done. Nice work. Uh, yeah, really nice. Well, uh, well done. Uh, he's probably asleep by now because I think there's a couple hours ahead. But uh, Well, you know, Canadians, uh, you know, they go to bed early. That's it. You know, it's it's part of the they told the head yeah. pop open down, is, open yeah. down, and you got it's because you got to ride the snow geese in the morning, right, or the snow cobra patrol, right? It's the constant changing of the seasons up here, shortening of that's the day, and the lack of sunlight. So we we we're constantly going to sleep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I drove to Alaska. I was just going to say the the strategic maple syrup reserve, uh, West Engine. Does yeah. every Canadian basically have like a gallon in their house, or what is it? How does we that work? can't talk about that. Oh, you can't because it's strategic. I yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. I drove to Alaska one time. Uh, we took a semi of uh, mining equipment up to uh, Alaska. They had a claim they were going to work a crusher, rock crusher, and you know. So anyway, so we went up through uh, BC, of course, and then Yukon Territory, and then as soon as you cross the border into Alaska, so this is on the far east side of Alaska. Not a very populated area, not a very popular area. And it's like all these old trailers and campers, like the guy that went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. Mm -hmm. That you know, that kind of shit. And uh man, it was a scene. And then you get into like the, the city of Juneau, and uh you know, you leave a bar at two in the morning, you walk outside and the sun's out. You know, it's just really yeah. weird the whole uh time time thingy but uh i'm glad i don't live in alaska that uh oregon's got some pretty rural areas but that takes it to another level you know yeah. even if you're in a big city alaska in the summertime you know like in the wintertime when it's that cold i'm not sure mm -hmm. that I would enjoy yeah. it. but the salmon fishing and the beauty oh yeah oh, yeah if you're a sports person you know uh, uh hunting uh fishing yeah, that's the real deal. No question about that. Um, but we got good, you know, you could do a lot of good uh, mountain climbing here in yeah, Oregon, Oregon is, or the Northwest, stunning. you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, people are always stunned at how different the geography of Oregon is because it's very, very wet and green on the West Coast here. Yes. It's very, very right. dry. It's the high desert on the East Coast. Yeah. Completely right. different geology. Completely different looks, completely different people, culturally even, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, big time. Mar Duber has said very many times that uh, where he lives is very much right-wing California. Same thing in, in uh, Oregon, that there's some populated areas, the, the Willamette Valley parts of it, and then some of the coast that are quite, you know, uh, democratic, liberal, whatever. Yes. The rest of the state is quite rural, quite right-wing, very right. different culturally, you know, like 
Well, it's a very broadly different state. Go ahead. In the year that uh, when uh, uh, Bill Clinton ran for re-election in 96, in Multnomah County, he garnered over 74% of the vote. And yet in Southern, like Douglas, Josephine, uh, the down South, the Jefferson, as they call it, they want to break off. I say, fuck, I'll sign that one. Can I contribute? You know? Yeah, California let them go, too. I don't know. They're yeah. kind of different. Yeah. Well, this is a place where they voted to get rid of the library. Because as one as one county councilman said, he said, we're we don't know your books. We, we, don't we ain't have no goddamn books here. in this here town. You yeah. ain't learning me nothing, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Shasta ain't much better. So, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, Dude, they're talking yeah, about banning books again. I can't believe this shit. My yeah. whole life when I was a kid, we th- they talked about banning fucking books. They talked yeah. about banning Catcher in the Rye and all these goddamn books. And when you finally read the book, you're like, that's what they wanted to ban this shit for? Anyway, uh, once again, they're back talking about banning fucking books. I, keep hearing I got into trouble in high school. So this would have been like 67, I guess. And we had to, you know, pick a book and read and do a report. You know, that bullshit. So I picked uh, Elvis Huxley, uh, Doors of Perception, The Gates of Heaven and Hell, about his uh, experiments with uh, peyote one afternoon. And uh, he had written down these this group of questions that he wanted to be asked by his associates that once the drug had taken full effect, and he took a lot. And it's like 54. And so this book is like that afternoon. The Doors uh, doors of Perception. That's where the Doors got their name of their uh, band. Jim Morrison and all that. Yeah, everyone has to read that. But anyway, so uh, the teacher just about flipped his lid. You know, this is, he's talking about drugs. Yeah, yeah no shit. And uh, San Pedro Cactus. You can actually still get that. Yeah, you got to be kind of careful, but you can order it online and get it. I think it's legal to uh, grow, but not legal to cultivate for medicinal use or whatever. Right. So what's the distinction? Well, it's like it's like spores. Spores are in except California and Georgia and Utah. Spores are legal to buy and sell and own. Mm. You just can't do anything with them. I'm not sure what the what the whole that yeah, like in in uh, Europe. I don't know. Perhaps I understand it incorrectly, but I mean, you can have a pet. Like San Pedro cactus outside your house it could be 100 feet tall for all you care. And they're probably not that tall, but it could be 25 feet tall. But on the other hand, you are not allowed to grow it for medicinal purposes. Right. So what's the difference? Like you're, so I'm growing it for non medicinal purposes. Okay. Are you growing it for medicinal purposes? Yes. Oh, well, that's, you got to chop it down now. Okay. So, well, when the so Vietnamese, no, I'm not. I'm growing it for non medicinal purposes, I guess. When the Vietnamese immigrants uh, came here after the war, uh, the big migration, a lot of senior citizens were part of the group. It wasn't just families and what have you. And so growing opium has been part of their life and culture going back centuries. And so now the Portland police had this issue. What are they going to arrest this 90-year-old couple because they got some uh, opium plants, you know, in their front yard? So there was a me, the Hmong group, which is a subset of the Vietnamese culture. <laughs> you say that like Clint Eastwood and Grant Reno. 
What's that? It's so cute. What's you that? Say, you say Hamon. Mm, yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah, overall, it's Jose. just the, the inflections. It, it's it's endearing. Yeah. The uh, right after two hundred five around Powell, Powell Valley uh, Boulevard. There, uh, there's a large uh, uh, community there. Some of the restaurants, the Vietnamese restaurants, are there. You won't find the traditional, or I wouldn't say traditional, but the westernized uh, dishes like pho and what have you that you do in that part of Boulevard. That's one of the reasons why Portland has such good food. Actually, we were we we uh, uh, elited that. Like we have a really good Chinatown. There was a nice uh, Jewish mute uh, candy. There we go. Uh, really good Vietnamese community. We're really well, big uh, Vietnamese you can, you know, Cambodians you can, on and on. They all had. This isn't food. a very glorious history, but you can trace it back to the Chinese slaves that were brought in in the late nineteenth century to build the railroads. Yeah. And that introduced uh, Oregonians to Chinese food. So you had a large Chinese community. You can go to the smallest town in Oregon, and there'll be two things, a pizza joint and a Chinese food place. Right. If it's really small, it'll be one place. Right. But um, so that when the Japanese immigrants came at the turn of the century, they were involved in a war with Russia, the Russia-Sino War. There was a big immigration of Chinese Japanese. And then in the late 19th century, so then when uh, you move forward to the uh, 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you, then you have the Southeast immigration. So all along, Oregonians, so there was already an acceptance of these cuisines. And I'm not saying they were authentic. I'm, I'm sure they were homogenized you know, for the American palate. But Asian food in general has done really well in Portland for the last 100 years. 30, 40 years, you know. So that part's pretty cool. Usually it's a family run. That's the best places. That's true. Yeah. You just get mom and dad in the back cooking and the kids are out front doing the tables. Right. What's up, Candy? Uh, we're talking about food here. We're probably giving everyone the munchies. I was just going to bring up Mexican food, but then I was like, oh, man, I don't want to get everyone starving to death. What's going on? Hey, guys. I just got to try and I saw you winding up and Hi everyone. How you doing? And um, yeah, good. How are you, mate? Oh, real good. I've been here for a while with you guys, so it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, uh, been a minute. I missed it last week. Hey, but I needed a chat, and I thought, "Fuck, you guys are winding up." I was having a shower. I could hear it going on the speaker, and I thought these guys are winding up. It happens, man. It's the time zones. What can you do? It's freaking time zones. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Happy. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Welcome. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, food. That's how we were talking about food. We're talking Bank about quiche for dinner. tacos, quiche for dinner. Food. Yeah, fancy quiche is good. How do you did you make it yourself? I bet you did from scratch. What'd you do? Uh, pork sausage, broccoli, that's an interesting Asiago cheese, onions, um, spices. No I eggs. Pork sausage. I don't think I've had a pork sausage quiche before. That'd be a nice flavor. You don't remember the book from the 70s. Real men don't eat quiche. There was actually a book. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Well, I'm old whatever, I'll take that time. You're going to miss it out, man. This is fucking <laughs> delightful. Like, I know. Just, 
egg. Oh my god! It might even been written like a like a person like a Dave Barry, you know, like a right. real funny funny author columnist kind of thing. Yeah, it was a real. It was a whatever. Uh, I remember Dave Barry when he was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I yeah. want to say he turned into like a satire of himself, satiring sure. the world, you know, right. as they all do, basically. Um, it's kind of like Charles Schultz in uh, Peanuts. You know, by the time he uh, recalled it a day, it's like some TV series, you know. Three He's kind years of hammer and hard. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Should have cut it off in three years, you know, kind of thing. Uh, oh, Charlie Brown. You know what never got bad was Calvin and Hobbes. That was just yeah. gold tier the entire time, and he has never allowed it to be commercialized in any way. He's never allowed right. any, like public cartoons or movies or any of that stuff. They say he's turned down like a half a billion dollars from not allowing that to be commercialized. Isn't that incredible? Like when you see people who are yeah. just like, "No, I'm good." You know what I mean? And he made yeah. decent money, but it wasn't like fuckloads of money. You know what I mean? It's incredible. And then all of us get to enjoy that and it doesn't get ruined, you know, like, like well, it does get ruined because they have all the Calvin pissing on things memes, but yeah, that was not from, that was not. You're from familiar with Dr. Bronner's, right? Well, he started in California, which is uh, south of Orange County and uh, on your way to Tijuana. And so when he first got started, his product was in like the really cool stores, you know, the dippy dippy. There was no, there was no national uh, health food stores, you know, as we define it today, you know, kind of thing. So we used to buy the bottles of soap in part because it was fun to get really high on mushrooms and try to read and decipher the label, <laughs> the little tiny letters. So I have I have a bottle of Dr. Brothers hemp in in the house, and oh my god, yeah, the, the soap labels are. There's a dog food like that too, Gentle Giant or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 What we kind of marketing is that? Aww. We used to run down from Laguna Beach in the north uh, down to Chula Vista because uh, it was cool. You know, we could hook up with the Mexicans and get some tacos or whatever. And then you could get to some bottles of Dr. Bronner's soap. So, anyway. I mean, this this guy turned down the money? Wow. I didn't really, when you said that, I'm not, I didn't click uh, the exact comic. Now I see the images for sure. Wow. That's a lot of money. He's been around forever, hasn't he? Like the sixties or something, maybe seventies. I think we should have a hoop for two. Yeah, take a hit on to. When I had I, I took two or three times, I've had Instagram accounts that were always fun. The most fun was to put up pictures of my strain, knowing that the people that ripped me off and started their seed companies. You know, and I get re- things like, you know, my T.O. doesn't look like yours. Never will, Cupcake. Never will. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Cupcake. Or the time I, I put a... a uh, time. Oh, I'm about let's have a cupcake contest. 
So, Jim, do you smoke any other weed or you just make your own weed? Yeah, just my own. I own. I mean, I have different strains yeah. that come through my hands, but I, I've i never bought anything from a clinic or whatever. Nah, but if you, go to, if you go to a party and someone offers you a doobie. Oh, sure. Food, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'm polite. Yeah. yeah. Even when it, you know, even when it tastes like uh, Irish soap. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. Well, you yeah take, well, you, the first question I ask is, it's got spit in it. Because people yeah. do put tobacco in it, you know, and I don't like it. I just like it straight. That was big. When I was in Europe in the uh, early 70s, it was very typical to bust up your hash and then put part of a cigarette in it to get a more even burn. That's what they the, do with the hash. And, it kept, and we call yeah. it spin here because they did it with their weed. The Brits were real big on it. Uh, and then it came over to the uh, Amsterdam and that whole thing. I found it kind of odd, but especially because I smoked uh, menthol cigarettes at the time, so it really messed up the hash. Oh, that was fucking terrible. Gross. <laughs> but that's what they did. That's right. So I just asked. Yeah, that's the first question I asked the party. I said, has it got spin in it? Yeah. And... Um, I That's think we do stuff. become a bit snobby. We become a bit snobby, I do think, don't you? Yeah, you feel me? Like, I've enjoyed we, the we like, like, we like good, We like good weed, you know, and I said, mm. Farsad is incredible. I love him. I'll put it like this. Uh, I'm a chef, and when somebody offers me something to eat, I'll be like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll taste it, but do realize, you know, I do this for a living. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You may get some criticism. Yeah, you know, I don't, yeah. don't expect me to eat it up and go, mm, yeah, I'm if I like. I do the same with smoke. Yeah. Somebody gives me some smoke, and I'll be like, you got russet mites? Yeah. That tastes like mites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no webbing or anything. Yeah, broad, russet. Yeah. Russet. That tastes like russet mites. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty fussy. I'll just take mine. That's another reason I won't take cuts from people I don't know. I don't want to be worried about broad mites, russet mites, all the other silliness. Yeah. Not a joke. I took a cut from somebody, and lately I've had several failed harvests. It's it's really affected yeah. my whole grow, everything else. Like for I don't know months, months and months and months. Of course, I poison my plants weekly. Well, know, I was going to say if I actually poisoned it and stuff with well, probably in, in retrospect, I probably should have used neem. I was making fun of neem a while ago. Yeah. I was like, well, probably probably should fucking use more neem. Uh, but uh, I don't use any pesticides. That's one of the reasons why I've struggled with this issue. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all the whole lesson. See, that's the that's the argument or discussion that one can have is let's define pesticide. And therein the anti meme thing falls apart yeah. like a cheap suit because it is not a poison. You I wouldn't advise it. The the flavor would probably cause you to vomit. Um, but you're talking about an oil that's omega three, omega six, omega nine. See any poison there? No. Um, of all the 30, 360 uh, identified, cataloged, and researched to some degree compounds, about 22 are relative to our discussion pesticide, fungicide, uh, antiviral, and to a lesser degree, antibacterial and anti. Uh, Okay, all those compounds are simple, not simple, they're very complicated, but carbon, uh, carbo, uh, 
carbon, hydrogen, oxygen molecules. That's it. There you go. So they, they inhibit things like breeding. Is that is that a poison? No. They inhibit the organism, uh, the ability to consume leaf matter. Is that a poison? No. They prohibit the uh, reproduction. In fact, uh, nimbin is the compound is used in human and animal uh, birth control uh, pills in Asia. Is that a poison? So you see, you have to define poison. A poison in my book is DDT. Um, yeah. Or that's a poison. You smoke it and you're going to get sick. Imidan. Yeah. The Eagle 20. Dildren. We have Dildren here. Yeah. So if I can use a compound that gets rid of Path uh, pathogenic fungi, bacteria, provides pesticide, fungicide, and anti-nematode properties, and nitrifies nitrogen in the soil. The whining and complaining by the people that couldn't name two compounds that's in me, not two. I can name over a hundred. See how, sense, how uh, ridiculous the conversation gets? All you get out of that is, yeah. well, I heard or somebody told me, well, I feel. I don't give a shit what you feel. Tell me what you know. Feelings and touchy and, oh, golly, you know. Could you give me some money on my Patreon account, please? Just $2 a month. That's all I ask, $2 a month. Cool. There you go. It's the way the world's gone, Jim. You know, it's like even if you look on Instagram now, it's like it's only fans and all sorts of shit. Now, you know, it's just everyone's got their own account. It just is what it is. It's just the way the world's moving forward. It's, yeah, yeah. It blows. I come from an advertising background, as you know, Apple Max. You know, was the first computer I used. My background so when are you gonna, advertising. When, when are you going to get a new? When are you going to get a new Airbook? One of the new airbooks. Uh, no, I, no, I just got a. I've, well, I've got the, um, an all nice iMac. So that's um, my little one. I got my old one here, my old trusty, but it shit itself. So I'm going to try and um, yeah. pull the hard drive out and put into and get it going. But I, I don't use them a lot now, you know. So I'm zooming um, actually from my like an old phone, and I'm looking here. Oh, I don't know what part computer. of Australia was, but back in the twenties. Maybe 30s. There was a huge meme industry in Australia, and it became it was eventually listed as an uh, invasive plant because it can yeah, fix like it, yeah. it can fix nitrogen in the soil. So you can imagine the poor agricultural areas that it would uh, propagate, and yeah. so it's and I guess that it became uh, problematic getting rid of it. Uh, from what yeah. I read, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know the Australia is also biggest producer of aloe vera. Uh, it's a huge industry. In fact, you guys are behind uh, China and Mexico, which is saying a big that's a big deal uh, to be up in that in that uh, echelon. So, in fact, the the stuff that I started with as far as the powder, I bought kilos from uh, Alocor, I think, is the Australian name. It's food, human food grade. So 
Uh, the was in. Aussie, Aussie CC would know. Aussie would know. I'm sure. What state? So I'm in the I'm in the tropical north. So I'm where the um like where the rainforest meets the reef. Yeah. So I've got my English on now. So I only put a well, shirt on just because I get on Zoom. Otherwise, I'd be sitting in my job, fucking hot. Even though it looks like it, it's not a cacti. It's a, a lily, the aloe vera plant. But it it can grow and has traditionally. It's originated in Egypt, so it's uh, acclimated to desert. But it's not a cacti. But I guess yeah. it does. And we got every out here. Yeah. Well, a mate of mine hey. just made here. Here's a distillery. He just made a um a drink out of it, an agave yeah. spirit, which I always yeah, yeah. wanted to do because I said it's close. It's got to be good for you. So it'd be a good spirit to have. I like tequila. I like tequila. Right. Blue agave, you know, so I, I like, I just like getting a good tequila. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pizzato, so something nice, and um, I enjoy that nice little shot of that, and enjoy it nice and smooth. You know? And agave, he just, I haven't tried it yet, but he's made it. So you were talking about that, and he said he just made a, a, a spirit here out of it, but not a tequila, but a, um, I can't remember what he called it. I can find out another phone. The gel. Uh- Inside the aloe vera, they're called fronds, not leaves, but fronds. Uh, perfect for uh, cuts, uh, sunburns, really good for sunburns, or yeah. even burns. Like you see, you grab a pot that's hot, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So it's not uncommon in Mexican kitchens to have an aloe vera plant so they can snip off the end and use it on their skin if they get a I'll burn. Go. Or, yeah, I got one right there. Oh yeah, literally right, right there. I've cut a branch off before for you. It's a big fucker. It's good on your soil. I'll tell you, man. In your I, soil, well, I use it. I use it for when I clone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, buy. Yeah. I don't buy clonex. I just buy. I used to buy clonex when I was young, but. About mixing yeah. it with the coat. Yes, that was the uh, famous coot uh, rooting mix. So you buy a, a 16 ounce bottle, which is a pint of uh, Lily of the Desert organic gel. It's about $8. And when you get it home, you shake it up and you dump it in a bowl and you mix in a tablespoon of uh, kelp meal. Oh my. And then you use a whisker and whip it and let it sit for about 24 hours and then use a funnel and put it back in the bottle, and now you got rooting gel that'll last about a year and do over a thousand cuts. Oh, that's massive. Yeah. And if you have fulvic acid, you could add a teaspoon, a good fulvic acid like BioAg. It's just um, dripping everywhere. There you go. Look at that. That stuff is the. Uh, man, it does a number on your on the soil. I mean, it's like he's saying, I mean, it's rooting agents. That's the first one that was ever commercialized 100 years ago. Here, right here in Oregon was uh, salicylic yeah. acid. I use it a lot. We use a lot up here. Yeah. Well, you got the right climate. Oregon's a little challenge, challenging to grow <laughs> the desert plant. So. I would be. Yeah. But you're muted, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, they grow great in like a weed environment, though. Honestly, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
Yeah. I put all the pups at the bottom of my plants. But anyways, yeah. fellas, I'm going to jump off. Um, I don't think I'll be making the show tomorrow night. Uh, Cheers, so uh, maybe I'll see you guys Saturday. Have, Have a good one, brother. Take it easy. Gentlemen, by the way, we're going to do uh, some form of game night tomorrow. Uh, it's evidently not going to be uh, whiskey. Well, we can have whiskey, of course, but it won't be whiskey night uh, specifically because, you know, Wes is not going to be there. But uh, some kind of game night. Marduber's uh, looking there. He might be like, oh, I have an idea. Or maybe he's just oh. tuning his finger. I don't know. Uh, somebody had an idea for something. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was like, oh, let's do some art-themed something or other. I was like, cool, that sounds great. Whatever. Whoever that was, oh, I'm too um, stoned to remember right now. Was that you, Val? Yeah. It was Val. Um, so, Puff Bus. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'll reach out to him. Actually, debugging stack flow errors from base swap. What? Why I was looking so flurbulating the gas drum in a meter. Okay, so um, oh, I was—he's an artist, and uh, he was thinking about possibly doing. I hate you all. Uh, he was thinking of doing um, like an art or painting something while you guys do your art show. He's actually a really cool guy. Um. Yeah, he's like a vet. Um, he's he's a stand-up guy. I think you guys would like him. Uh, cheers, St. Bernard's. Have a good one. It's faster. Let's see if I can get him on. Have a good one, St. Bernard's. Uh, I was saying, I was going to say, Pictionary is something that'd be kind of fun to play one of these days. I don't know. Got to figure it out. We got to figure out these uh, online games a little bit more. I'm actually, I, I was going to say this earlier in the show. I don't know. I don't know what Coot thinks about this, but I'm annoyed at the like the the way that VR is going. Because Facebook, we were talking about Meta and stuff, and I was looking at mm-hmm. uh, Costco had the the Oculuses, and they had like you know it was a pretty good price on them. And I kept looking at it every time I walked by this month. I was like, "Fuck, how fun that would be!" Because you can play like swords and shit, and it's all this fun stuff that you can do with it. But I'm like, "Fuck, it's Facebook." You know what I mean? Like, I mean, everyone at this point has to know how awful they are as a company, right? And that's the reason the the Oculus is like half the price of the other devices is because it's a fucking Facebook thing. But the rumor mill. And I'm not. Oh, the Apple's creating the AR goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they creating? Sorry. AR VR goggles. I think I just ruined the story. I didn't mean to do that. No, no. I was. Yeah, I I found it interesting. Not that I'm interested in buying. I just found that. Oh, I think you would. I you'll get them. Have tons of fun. Holy cow! I think you'd have a ton of fun. You'll get them for sure, Jim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have an iWatch or an Apple Watch, so maybe he doesn't. He doesn't have everything Apple, not yet. I have. Let's see, a TV, Apple TV, uh, one, two, three, three iPads. Uh, three cell phones. Uh, a MacBook Air that's going to be going to buy. Oh, you have to show. The headphones? You don't have the Apple headphones? Actually, the one I want to get isn't, I don't want another laptop. I want to get the Mac Mini that's supposedly going to have a 32-core chip in it. Mm. Um, That's going to be a a mother. I mean, just the mother. It's going to be like the same one. You can't carry that anyway. You can't. They and should it's have a separate, like it's a separate, like a separate. Then you got your screen, whatever screen you want, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, one. right, right, right. You say you got to provide your keyboard and your monitor. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're always at good price. This thing is going to be for. I want one from one of my agencies. I bought one. 
Yeah. They're perfect for, uh, I, there are a lot of people who run their YouTube channel off of one with eight, eight megs of RAM. I mean, like M1. My God. You know, of course, they have, they're running a Final Cut Pro, but still, to be able to handle, uh, you know, 8K, even 10K in one yeah. case, that's pretty remarkable for a machine that costs $700. Don't pay the Apple tax and get more storage, man. You buy SanDisk external drives. I yes. mean, that's, you want to talk the Apple tax. That's yeah. the Apple tax is their goddamn hard drive, SSD. Uh, yeah, upgrades. I always got nice. backups anyway. Yeah, sure. Of course you do. And the thing yeah. is, I, you know what? The funny thing is, I haven't kept up with it so much now. I'm going, I've sort of gone so far, but I'm learning again with this one with my. But I used to buy them as they all came out back in the day, you know, and. Um, but I want to use my computer now. I don't even fucking check my emails, to be honest. I just, I'm so far away from. Um, I did a couple of design jobs and that was it. So I want to hear you talk about it. You know, you're, you're up with it all. But also, the thing is, don't I, if I remember correctly, didn't you um, see? Because you got an early with Apple shares or something, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. So that would have been a good fucking commodity, you know? It was a good in, the, in, the, in, 90, in 95, 96, 97, you could buy Apple shares between 10 and $15 all day long. And those are split five times. Since then, and I think yeah. the last I checked this morning, it was 164. So, yeah. I mean, it's always going to be strong, surely. Uh, I'm, I shouldn't. Well, anyway, but I'm debt free. So, yeah, you, you do know. what you do. You do what you yeah, do. And that was a, that you was do what a you do. Path you traveled, you know. So, yep. but look the journey it took you on. You know, you're still in it. You're still into it. So, now I've got all I got to decide is whether I want to move to Ecuador, uh, Southern Oregon. So Ecuador, oh, yeah, Ecuador would be the deal because your money, there's a lot of uh, Australian expats in Ecuador, Canadian, Brits, yeah. and of course, Americans. Um, yeah. yeah, and like you get a place right on the beach for a couple hundred thousand. I mean, wow, beautiful. on the fucking beach. I mean, we're talking where the, the whales go in the wintertime. That's their summer. That's their winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have wells come past us too. Yeah. And because American expats, and I'm sure the rest, they're retirees, so they're not competing for jobs. They bring cash. All they do is spend, so it adds to the economy. I mean, uh, the American dollar, they love Americans because they're they're not trying to, like, buy up companies just there to retire, and they got expendable income, and what a deal. They yeah. eat out a lot and they, you know, go on the tours and everything. It's a, it's a good deal for everybody. So, yeah. And people, a, look, yeah. people look like that, Jim. That's right. My, my mate's talking about, you know, he says the way things go here now, prices, we can't retire here. So he wants to retire in Indonesia, you know, so he always likes to buy yeah. his girls, you know, so he wants to retire yeah. over there, you know, because your money well, goes yeah. 10 times longer. Both Vietnam and father. Both Vietnam and Thailand are huge expat, American expat, uh, and young people. My gosh, in Thailand, uh, yeah, I read the other day, the average age is under 25 as far as American expat. That's that's a really good sign. I mean, they're getting that experience of being exposed to cultures young in life that will yeah. carry with them their whole life. You know, it's a, 
a pretty cool thing to learn, you know, that everything doesn't revolve around uh, McDonald's and uh, Chuck E. Cheese's. I've seen a lot of young kids here, man, on Instagram, and that just take off. And, and they're in Paris now. They've fucking done Paris, Venice, all these. And they're you know like my of daughter's it? age, you know? Like, it's fucking, they're out there, so they're doing it, you know? And uh, I've got a for the U.S., but, you know. It, it reminds me of the late 60s and early 70s, man. There was just, there were young people traveling all over the world. You go to India and you meet people from France, from England, from Ireland. Uh, uh, you know, Italy, and uh, there was this camaraderie that, and, you know, wasn't, I don't know, it was still goofy, believe me, get your, I remember we bought some hash one time in uh, uh, Lebanon, when Lebanon was like the Paris of the Mediterranean, right? Yeah. And we got, it was fucking camel shit, you know, with the uh, diesel, I mean, hey, welcome to the real world, asshole, you know, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Here's your love. Here's your peace and love, man. You know. Yeah. So, uh, people do a lot of traveling. That's how. That's how it also. That's how we can relate it to those. That's how my uncle, all these hippies here, because there was an uncle just up there in the mountains. They used to do trips overseas and get seeds and bring them back in their shoes between the um, yeah yeah the grooves in your boots. You know, you go through the airport. They weren't. You put all the seeds like you stepped on them and you put your your grooves in your boots with um. You're working boots with seeds and that, so that's how a lot of it was passed through, you know, back in the day. Currently, allegedly. Allegedly. You could go to Marrakesh, for example. And Marrakesh is one of the oldest cities in the world. It's been a trading spot for, you know, millennia. And the gates open up and you walk, you go through this, uh, like, wall. And so inside the walls are shops that are carved like inside the walls. And so you're sitting there having a tea, a cup of tea and a smoke. And here comes a caravan of uh, camels, you know, with pots and pan, you know, made, handmade, you know, out of brass and whatever from all parts of the world. It's a scene that, you know, it's like this, it's like going to Disneyland, but really cool, not Mickey Mouse and Daisy Duck or whatever. And, um, and people, you know, like, just... Fuck, they made a lot of money. They, they you, know, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was, it's a, it was a kind of exciting thing to see is a, a kind of sets you for a different uh, perspective on life, I guess. You know, it's so kind of hard so to take. What, so why do you want to move there? So you're, you're married, obviously, or like... Yeah, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been married for 43 years. Yeah, yeah. So the mission's so, going to go over there. She's happy with the move. Oh, yeah. And- oh, yeah. Because you know, we, yeah, oh, we've, you know, you know we, we paid off our house, and why not enjoy the equity? I yeah. mean, you know, it's just, it's just a, you know, kind of like an American graffiti on acid or something. You know, it just got real weird. Um, I don't like the politics. I don't like, but you know, basically, it's a financial. I mean, your money, you can live like a king. Yeah, like a fucking king. Between, I don't know, maybe uh, I need to go to Mexico. I've got a couple of mates down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mexico's really cool. You're a part of our uh, Yeah, I've got some wonderful... mates there living there now. Yeah. yeah. There's some wonderful places in Mexico. Um, and like Ecuador, uh, English in the big, especially the big cities, language isn't a, a, a problem. Uh, Mexico, maybe probably more so. English is spoken by almost anybody in commercial. Yeah, you know, thing 
maybe you're not speaking they can understand it you know you're not you're not stuck like in, in uh i don't know thailand or something you know up in the hills yeah draw pictures you know mushroom you know yeah yeah <laughs> so whatever so does, that, but, uh, does everyone feel like that as well like feel like a move like i think i feel like a move as well i think after yeah. a couple of years i think fuck man i'm gonna get i'm gonna do something different I think I got one more adventure in me. I think that's I think me that's yeah. my driving motivation. Um I'm not comfortable just because I'm comfortable. It's just uh Yeah. Yeah, learn a new language. Uh yeah, there's four hundred uh, varieties of orchids in Ecuador. Um it's like bird paradise, you're right there at the equator. I mean it's the Andes, you got volcanoes, it's you know, the ocean. Pretty cool. And yeah. uh I don't want to go there and be the ugly American. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to learn the culture. Because, hey, you know. That's not label. Jim, no label. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. Um, I got to be I honest, put- though. I don't trust. I don't know. I, I just this is a rule. I don't, I don't like it. I don't trust it. I don't know. I, I think it's very skeptical. I'm very cynical about people who go to a place and refuse to learn language. I am too. Yeah, I've known a, a few people who've done that, and it's a very egotistical way of doing yeah. things. I think. I think it's very ignorant. I think, and it's, that's, and it's a it's shame on shame on them. Too. You know, it is. Yeah. Shame it's on disrespectful. Not, not learning, learning. You know, that that's just a human I courtesy. I find it hard to believe. Right. I do find yeah. it hard to believe that people would do that. It's a human courtesy. Grayson, you know, Fumi, do you guys ever have that feeling like a, a, like just a like doing something different or move? I don't know. Really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, I just thought, fuck, I want to get out of here. I've been here too long, you know? I mean, honestly, this whole seat stuff is kind of part of that, you know? I envision it kind of going. I love it. I got on the website and have a look, by the way. I fucking love it. But here's my read on cannabis. I've devoted 53 years. I'm over it. Okay. No, I just mean, I wish everybody the best. I hope they get. You know, whatever it is they're, they're genetically or whatever it is they're trying to find the magic bullet. Um, but you found it yourself. You can't. You can't. You can't be hypocritical. These guys are looking for theirs. You found yours. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't care anymore. I mean, it's like. Uh, but what does it worry you know, so much? Yeah, it's just the jibber jabber. You know, noise. Jibber. Okay, because are you yeah. worried about the cross breeding of strains or something? It's probably too late to get into it now for you guys, anyway. But no, not anymore. I mean, I help people. I do. Yeah. I've never understood this, this whole thing about rooting and cutting. And the way it's approached by the industry, the, 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 the golden standard is baffling to say the least. But 35 years ago, I was getting 100%. I did 100 a week for this group of people that we were growing. Yeah beginnings of the indoor scene so even today it's like blindfolded man like you i do the aloe vera i take the leaf i cut off the jagged edges i stick them in the gel let them sit overnight pull them out pop them into rockwell cubes wet hydrated put them in a dome call it a day they don't have to shake it and you know do the what's that you in britain you guys you're not british but in America, it's called the hokey pokey. Put your left foot in, you put your left foot out. In Britain, yeah. they call it something. There's another word they use. On Britain, what they call it, yeah. Yeah, it's Jamie, the same tune. It's the same tune. It's the same. Jamie's in uh, chat. He'll let us know. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, some of the stuff that people do, and then you're a hater if you say, well, "Why are you doing that?" It's not. Meant- oh no, I didn't. Yeah. It's because you know, it's it's Kathy's rooting oh, jail towels and all this different stuff. Oh yeah, I still I still have to laugh my ass off. Oh yeah, I, I start my seeds in a paper towel. Why do you do that? Well, I want to see if they work. Just put them in the soil. They either come up or they don't. So, I mean, if it yeah. doesn't if it doesn't germinate, what are you going to do? Just because you can see it's not germinating. Okay, you put it in the side. Double irony. You you are you can only do something bad in that circumstance. You think by the act of observation you are assisting in some way, but this is like the paradox of overmothering in cannabis in a microcosm, right right there. Like literally, that's 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 the overwatering. You cannot improve that seedling in any way Way, through your observational process, but you can fuck it up because in the process you can. Uh, of transplanting it, it could get infected with something because that paper towel mm-hmm. could, I don't know, you sneezed on it or something, you get infected. I don't know, it could happen. Uh, when you transplant it, though, you might fuck up that root. And when you fuck up that root, you've stunted that plant. You can only fuck up the seedling by doing that thing. I don't think Think it's about this. The amount of chemicals and processing to turn a tree into a, into a, bounty, a bounty paper towel Um. The history, I mean, I don't want to get into it. It's stupid. The best book anybody can read has nothing to do with cannabis and it's called Seeds or something that's like the title. It's in big giant letters on the cover. And the author goes into the excruciating detail about the uh, enzyme changes. For example, when a seed is created by a plant, it's created so that it's not going to, it has uh, germination inhibitors because if it did, it means that any drop of water would cause it to germinate so there's a process and in that process of being soaking in the soil that's hydrated correctly uh worm casting vermicompost is the best for germinated seeds enzymes are changed they they go from this to that that which now activates the germination process so there's a whole bunch of chemistry you know we all like to talk about chemistry in this thing there's a whole bunch of chemistry and biology that happens when that seed germinates when it's had enough moisture and different seeds required i'm not even talking about strains that's that's your guys business i'm talking about say a, a carrot seed versus a tomato or that that's what i'm talking about in terms of different seeds and yes they do have different germination rates or, or times that they have to be exposed to the soil but it's really important because that establishes the genetic integrity of that plant for the its entire existence what, how you treat it or how you deal with it in those first critical few days. And so you're against the paper towel thing purely because of the environment, but it's also disrupting the, the root. Yes. When you pull it, because sometimes it goes through, right? So is that what you're right. saying? It goes through. It, does, it, it, it makes, no, no, it makes no sense just, at all. Yeah, put I it in the soil. I throw it in a glass of water. I just collect some rainwater in a tub out well, thing, and I just... Okay, I just put uh, put in the in there, and I let it go, and I forget about it, and I come back and I check it. Sometimes they're that fucking long, but I always transplant them straight into the soil. You had one of the most respected people in the world of humic acid. He earned his PhD in '68. Um, he was pulling humic and folic acid out of uh, kelp. Fresh kelp in the early 70s with Dr. Sin, who spent 65, no, 55 years studying 
seaweeds around the world as they relate to agriculture and horticulture, agronomy, we'll say. So he creates fulvic acid from rock humic that's really rich in humic acid. And from that extraction, we now have a pure fulvic acid. And he has one for humans, uh, human food grade. That's a whole other thing. But I asked him on occasion that I had some old seeds that have been kept in a freezer and multiple layers of uh, sealamil, cryovac. He said, well, what you want to do is give me the formula of using this fulvic acid to mix with water. He said, you want to soak the seeds because if enzymes are cofactors, then fulvic acid is the cofactor of cofactors. So you soak the seeds for uh, whatever, what, 18 or 24 hours, whatever, in a water uh, fulvic acid combination. I don't remember. I'll get it for you, but it, it's not a secret or anything like that. And uh, out of 22 seeds, I still was able, excuse me, 22-year-old uh, seeds, I was still able to hit 25% germination. And from what I read on the internet, I have 24-year-old seeds. Okay. Now I'm interested. So, so, so some people, ah. that's what they get buying new seeds from, you know, Johnny, Johnny B. Good seeds, you know, in uh, Hoboken, so New Jersey. Yeah, okay. So I mixed that whole thing. You, you talk, I've mixed it all. Shit. Um, so it's, on the, it's on the jar. I'll, I'll get the yeah. instructions. But basically, Are you so talking about fucking um, G3 or something? Jabrulic acid, did you say that? No, no. Uh, uh, no, no, it's not a hormone at all. So no, I've used that. I've, I've tried. Yeah. Okay, poly, I thought we were talking about folic. Yeah. yeah. So. It's worth a shot because, uh, and, and those that hit, because you've uh, really enhanced the uh, cofactors on that the seed was... Uh, created with by the host plant, the parent, if you will, um, you're going to get a stronger plant because all the pistons are firing and not struggling in the middle of a piece of bounty, uh, you know, paper towel. It just it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I mean, I think what people do with that, the reason people do that is just so it's aerated, you know, so you take it out of the water after sort of 18 or 24 hours, whatever, and then it, so it's, it's given time for the seed to break in. All, all we're doing is rushing the process, right? It happens in a downpour. If the seed's in the ground, you get a downpour, be pissing down rain, you'll get a couple of inches in four hours. The seed's soaked, then it pops, it dries out and goes and stuff like that. So the paper towel's recreating that. Environment, so it has a bit of air, air oh. to it rather. Oh, you misunderstand me. I think it's a really good idea to grow them in four inch containers, your seeds, to get them started in that indoors till they, till they get strong enough yeah. to handle the uh, climatic issues outdoors, whether it be heat, cold, or whatever. I'm all for doing things in a greenhouse or some kind of. Yeah. You know that, but what I don't get is why would you want to put it in paper? Yeah. When uh, there's no there's no benefit when you put it in the soil, and there is a if you're using good soil, there's no benefit to the paper, but there is there is to the biology that exists in your compost. Yeah, but some people just want to know that they've cracked them first before they put I know them to waste I, their time in a pot. You know, and that's that's, that's, I would, that's, I was, that's a big factor too. I was slapped down on it. I accept it. Uh, you should do it. I don't, but you know, yeah. whatever. It's not that big a deal. I just 
It's one of those I, I don't do paper towels with that, but I tell you what, since I've grown a fucking beard and a mustache, I fucking use a lot of fucking paper towels. Let me tell you, I can't eat anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, for, I uh, use a lot of paper, but I don't use it, them on my seed. So, but what's good, good about the folic acid, set aside the cannabis thing for a minute. Let's say you buy some nice tomato seeds for your, your vegetable garden and you know whatever you like to grow. So if you treat yeah. those with uh, fulvic acid before you plant them, you'll have stronger plants. That I can promise you. Yeah. That's a promise. Personal experience. Yeah, so 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 I get a bit of so if I go to the forest and that stuff here, I just go and I get um, little logs and that that are broken down the rainforest and walk the dog, you get these things, fungi and all that. So I use that and break all up. So I call is that fumic acid? Is that what is that what that is? Or, or how do you make yours? Oh, I don't. You, I buy it's it, first of all, you have to have the deposit, and those are kept secret by the it's only a handful of companies. And Dr. Foss, uh, his product's been on the market for probably 20 years, I guess, something like that. Um, and all I know is that it's in New Mexico. That's a big ass place. Um, and it's got, it's the secret hole and, that, and another company. I know that they're in Colorado. I'm not even sure. Colorado, Oklahoma. I'm not sure. But you take the fulvic or the humic acid, which is black. And from that, and this is where the difference comes in, how you extract the fulvic acid from that humic acid rock. Now the state of Oregon and the state of California, I know you're not interested, but uh, it won't apply to you, but maybe it does on a national level. In Oregon, so all along you are not allowed to use the word fulvic in the title, the description. Yeah. Uh, you can't use the word, that's it. So. Because yeah. it comes from all the rock dust and. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, there's all different burials places to come yeah, from anyway, so I try and yeah. get that. Mix that up so, and make my own. Anyway. So when you go to his website, his website, when you click on that one, you know, for the full of acid or other products, it'll say Oregon and California, click here, all other states, click to this other link. And that's so that the other one will say full acid, but that one won't. Long story short, you're better off just buying the fulvic if you want that fulvic acid. You're not yeah, going to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you, going to. You might get yeah. the humix, you know, from the old leaf mulch and whatever else, but you're not going to get the full. No, that you want that. Okay, there's a there's a really thank you for bringing that up because I want to address this. The tradition isn't that old of thermophilic, which means heat composting, only dates back to 1928. So we're not even. It's more light, actually. We're not even a hundred years. The, the system where you uh, you layer carbon and nitrogen materials, and that generates a microbial reaction that causes it to run up to about 140, 140 something degrees Fahrenheit. We call that thermophilic, and when we let it cool down to below 100, we now say it's in the mesophilic. And it's in that stage of, because we've wiped out all the microbes, right? That was the whole purpose of running it up to 140. So now we're down in this in from between like 99 to about 67, depends who you talk to. Um, we call it curing. You'll hear that, or indoor, since you're uh, a lot of things in Australia can go date back to uh, Great Britain. The indoor 
composting method. So if you know that method, this will all sound familiar. Okay, so that's a way of doing it. There's another way to compost. The other way to do it is to use worms. We call that vermicompost, vermiculture. Okay. But there's another way that doesn't get a lot of play because it's time consuming. It's called cold compost. And that's what you're talking about. There's no human activity involved per se. Uh, it, you're not manipulating microbes. The microbes are taking care of business. You're harvesting the benefit. Uh, so that's a that's a, it's probably the best from a, from a, a microbial profile. It's probably on par with worm castings. Yeah, that's okay. It's better than thermophilic. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should just that this is like a, a gold. You got a gold pot. Yeah, right. and I would treat it accordingly because you can create some of the finest potting soils in the world. Because it's biologically okay. alive. There you go. You're dancing. Yeah. Yeah, my problem is, Jim, I, and you, I just, and you guys are probably, I get too excited and I change a few things up and I grab a few more things here and I make sure. some fucking mushroom mulch. I do shit and I, and I put it all here and I grab some more shit that I leave it sit for six months and I grab that. So I change too many fucking things. So even, cause even though I, so I go each, each crop, Allegedly, I've got to, um, you've got to work out exactly what it is. But I think it becomes sort of sick. But I do, I'm, I'm enjoying creating my soil. But what I do know is that I, I, I do understand the, the thing with aeration. And you look about the growth of any aeration, whether it was water hydro or hydro and the fact that it's, it's a cocoa core or something, you know. It, it, it blows it, me away. It, it, it the growth process. is much faster. I've done yeah. an experiment myself. I just I just do a really really lot of coconut and I yeah. added some worm car things that I had. And man, it fucking the growth is faster, but you've got to also keep up the watering as well. It's like so I just hand water, so it's different from other ones right. that. So right. but I do love I do love that journey because I come up with something different each time, you know, and and, and the thing is it just gets better and better. You always get you learn more each every every grow. Some of the uh, top research in vermiculture in general is coming out of Australia using what they call uh, reactors. And I don't quite understand. I read a, a couple of papers and uh, it wasn't as complete as it could have been. But check into that. There's some, there's some really exciting things going on in Australia. It may not be a, a local enough to be convenient for you, but certainly worth checking out. I mean, some really exciting stuff of being able to handle large volumes of agricultural waste and turn it into uh, something that can be used in a sustainable agricultural yeah. uh, paradigm. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Oh, so. oh yeah. We, well, we have a lot stuck, of things stuck down in lockdown. So, everyone's been working on different things. And, and also, the same thing I got made said, like I said. Earlier, talking about the agave, so I actually literally do. If I grab my other phone, this is my old phone, I can't remember what it's called. I'd love to say what it's called right now, but I just saw it today. He's released it. He talked about it, the agave system, agave spirit, and it's just made up here in the mountains. So it's made in a dry part, so there's different – we have a lot of different um, climates here, so I'm sure. where the ocean meets the, the reef, so it's a different thing. It's uh, You've got the rainforest, you've got the immediate rainforest, and you've got the ocean breeze, 
Then up the mountain, you don't get the ocean breeze with this dry, this lower humidity, but you're higher and it's cooler. So you get different drops, lots of drops in temperature. We got the fireplace going, and then you go out to Savannah land where it only rains fuck all, and you've got this different dry country. It's just spindly, dry bush. Right. You know, it's 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 out of a horror movie or something. It's just I don't find a lot of people people find beauty, and I find beauty in different things. But sure. Um, yeah, I, I do prefer the, the green and the rainforest and all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, so we we had to, we've had to adapt, and, and I think that's how we'd adapted. And it's all, as I said, my old, I'm old school, you know. It's always been outdoor, and um, and it was from from passed down from my uncle to me. He gave me his seeds, you know. But but I was still and, and this is all going. But I still I've always liked getting. The, Gifted some seeds from somewhere and I play around with it. And I always, make, you have to, as a bush grower, you have to make your own. So you've always had to cross, make your own seeds. But you never want to, you don't want to fucking fuck your whole harvest. You only got to do a couple of low branches and just get your seeds for the next season. That's how we did it. We didn't have seed banks back then. There was no internet. Actually, I never had a computer until I was 24. Let me, let me tell you, I'll make it real brief. I bought seeds one time. 1988. Oh, well, you filmed me there, so we, yeah. I bought him from Neville, who had a company called the Seed Bank. Yeah. And he was the I one. The uh, Seed Bank, yeah. He, let's see, he was the one that had the uh, Hayes Northern Lights, number five. Uh, let's see. Skunk, number one. Um, anyway, you get the idea. So, and now you got to put it in perspective. This is 1988, so we spent. Uh, excuse me. We spent, but I paid. Uh, and I'll give you. I'll give it back to you. Um, Two hundred dollars for ten seeds. Twenty dollars a seed. 1988. Yeah. Pardon my French, but blow me. Okay. Yeah. So we bought ten packs. So it's two thousand dollars. I just I don't want to go into the whole thing. I'll, let me put it this way: I never bought another seed again. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's that expression? Yeah. Screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to play. Yeah. Not to mention the paranoia. Wait for the seed to come. Yeah. And that's what I love. So I, I've never tried yours. I, I really wish I could. Well, I'll tell you a lot of I, I made a lot of people a lot of money. I just, I mean, there's a guy in Seattle that sells it. I gave it to him and he sells uh, cuts for $500, Rudy. What a real American. Let's see. Uh, 13 different seed companies are the last count I made. So. Uh, Whatever. I'm not in the hustle. See, that's the beauty. I don't have to hustle. I have, what am I going to do with my load? Like, you know, am I going to get yeah. ripped up? Or, you know, who's going to rip me up? Yeah. We have to hustle here every time, mate, because we're still fucked. We're still in, um, you know, I'm definitely against the law what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But, you know this, what? Of all the states, you know, of all the states, I'm not going to say the most progressive, but it's one of a group of progressive states is Oregon. Um, 
But it's been that way even before it was codified into law. Nobody gave a shit. I mean, yeah, if they had to come out to your house because you got drunk and you're shooting the gun off at midnight and they find some plants, they're going to dick you around because you messed up your evening. But is anybody driving around, you know, scoping, you're checking your electric bill? No. (laughs) You know, that kind of Most of the people, this has been my experience, and this goes back a half a century. If you got taken down, you probably really worked for it. You know, you put a lot of effort into getting taken down. Stupid mistakes, you know, silliness. Don't go into town with a dirty car, get it washed, get it clean, get a room, take a shower, change your clothes. Don't look like you just rolled in off the highway and you're speeding your way to New York or something. You know, just use some common sense. Yeah. Yeah, get the car washed, you know, get it clean, get the mud off, the roads scum, you know. There you go. Now, we don't have a luxury here. I'd lo- I think I'd like to think it's going to be, um, I think the UK was talking about so, so um, you guys, Operation Grow, um, I heard something about it today, I read something about it today, so hopefully if those guys go, I think, you know, we've got a better chance in Australia to go ahead, but I'd like to, I'd like to see, I'd like to think that we go legal in my lifetime, but hey, you know, I don't I never sure thought, I promise you, when I got out of high school in 69, I thought, Legalization is just around the corner. Hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, what what pisses me off is that everybody involved in this thing is motivated by money. The whole medical thing was motivated by money. Everybody figured out how to scam old people right away. Because um, you could grow for another person if they weren't capable you could be designated their caretaker so you got to pick up their plants so the way it worked is that each person was allowed each uh, card holder and a medical card uh, you, you got six plants flower and 18 and veg owns don't count because they don't have roots so it's just counted as weight it doesn't matter okay so if you did four people then that's 96 plants and their feeble thinking the, the DEA won't dick with somebody with under 100 plants. That has, there's a whole bunch of other factors. But so that was the reason it was 24. So you you can grow uh, 96 plants. The number of people, and okay, the way the law work, was supposed to work is that you were to be compensated what it costs you to produce that for the patient. But the patient got all the uh, the harvest, right? You think that happened? You think so? Poor fucker, seventy-four. Okay. Now here's where it really. That's a lot of fucking plants, man. Seventy-two plants. Fuck, I wouldn't. It would take me years from that fucking thing. Oh, I know. I'm not. You know, I didn't sign up for it. You know, I mean, I didn't want. I don't want that fucking seventy-two plants. I'll be happy if they let us have fucking. But here's where it got worse. Maybe okay. Okay, so Mrs. Jones doesn't drive. Okay. And you don't want to go to Mrs. Jones, so Mrs. Jones designates Fume. Mr. Jones has a, has a conversation. As a, a to uh, transport the product from my house to her home. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Now, Mrs. 
she passes away. Yeah. Now you got somebody floating around that knows where you live, that knows that you're growing cannabis, who you don't know, okay? Because there's now there's no relationship because the patient's not with us anymore. I mean, you see how goofy it was. Like, I don't want to be involved in this. This is insane. Who wrote this law? So, um, anyway, that was my reason for staying out of it. And then all the scammers, yeah. you know, they'd set up a group. But hopefully, we get that anyway, Jim. Hopefully, at least we get a bit of that. I don't know. I'd be happy to get something, you know, just so you don't have to fucking always be, you know, we guys, old school guys, no, you're always fucking hiding yeah, the corners, just man. You smoke know, it's a like joint and sweat it, right? It's fucking bullshit, man. It's just a plan. Fuck me. I agree with you. I don't have any, like, you know, yeah, I'm very passionate about it because it's told me a lot, you know, my life. You know, I've had a lot of shit going on, and and I don't know why. So otherwise, hard. I'd be on every other fucking drug that they want, you know, and that's the thing. So it, it's helped me, and I, I've enjoyed it as a kid, and now I enjoy it as a person that it helps me with my medicine, you know. Yeah, I still work hard. I still do get my job done. I still fucking keep my house in order. I still, you know. I do my shit, man. Doesn't blow your mind. Everyone thinks you're under fucking. Oh, you're not. You're an old stoner. You're all fucking hippie, mate. I was I was flipping through uh, YouTube, and a title of a video came up. I had to laugh my ass off. What happens when you stop smoking or using cannabis or something like that? I don't know. I have to let you know when that happens. But uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I didn't bother because. One or two joints, uh, people assume that one or two joints is enough to blast off to the entire cosmos because they're not, you know, those people are usually not weed smokers or they're very occasional weed smokers. But weed, like many drugs of any kind, really, even alcohol, honestly, you build a tolerance to and weed is famous for this. Mushrooms are, of course, famous for this. So once you start smoking, you don't blast off to the cosmos from a joint. It's basically like a for a lot of people like for me it's not a beer like i I feel more from a beer than i do from an entire joint honestly most of the time Mm -hmm. but for many people it's a little bit like a shot of alcohol or a beer or something like that it relaxes them for a couple of hours like a beer does it doesn't completely and totally fuck their shit up very much like a beer you know normally you don't get totally messed up by by a beer of course there are some people who do but generally speaking it gets you a little bit buzzed and that's about it and let's say, for example, a regular smoker that want to get super stoned, they might have a couple of joints or a blunt or something like that. You know, go ahead. I feel you're trying to say something. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll, I want to really cut out. I, I don't want to identify anybody, but um, there came an occasion that somebody who identified himself as really connected to this scene, which means like nothing to me, you know. Little tiny nothing. Boy. Yeah. Right. Um anyway, so a lot of people were using a product called uh harmless harvest, which was a brand of coconut uh, water. A coconut water is uh, the embryo of the coconut seed. That's what the water is. And as it solidifies, it builds up on the wall, and that's where you get the meat. But when you get the young green coconut, you know, ones that are in the big husk, you can get the water like they do in Thailand and drink it. But you you get it like a cup and a half. So anyway, 
this harmless harvest it doesn't matter, but it was organic in the way they harvested it. It kept all the, the biology alive that was in the coconut water. So on the way to uh, Costco, where it was, I smoked a joint with he and his associate <laughs> of my weed. And I thought I was with a couple of high school kids. They were giggling like girls. <laughs> and I just like, I thought you were, you know, I didn't say anything. I thought, well, I thought you were like really connected or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was weird. I mean, I hadn't been around that, you know, that whole, God, isn't this really strong? Oh, that's really good, man. That's so dang. You know, and, um, Anyway, so I, I so hard when uh, uh, before COVID, you know, one of the only things to really watch about weed stuff, like the really smart stuff was a bunch of Kevin Jodry videos, basically from like the Emerald yeah. Cup and whatever else. And I remember him just joking around because, you know, he's a pretty smart guy, but he's pretty funny as well. Right. Uh, he would joke about like basically smoking with these supposed weed experts, right, from wherever they fly in on some private jet or whatever. Or they're like PhDs or whatever, <laughs> and they're smoking a couple of joy. They're on the fucking ground, and he's just still like, "Hey, what are we doing later in the day, right?" And they're yeah, just yeah, messed yeah, yeah. up, just fucking flat I'm out. I'm just gonna go to the top of the mound and fucking move some soil. So. Okay, most people in this scene are, are, I don't know, reluctant or reticent to admit that the majority of times that we smoke, it's just a perfunctory thing. The weed is okay. You know, it was in the jar too long. It's low. You know, there's all these things, you know, variables. And in my experience, I, and I had the luxury, and I, that's what I consider it, the luxury. I smoked a lot of imports. Was it all good? No. I mean, getting a good hit was, like, special. The majority of time, it was sell it, you know. You, get a bunch and you sell it and you go find something. I mean, don't get in, don't, don't get, you know, locked into something. Most of the weed you're going to have in your life is not going to be very good. It's just deal with it. If, if, okay, let's say you have a lot, let's say you have a lot of weed and I, and I, and I come to you and I say, listen, here, I need, can you uh, front me a, I don't know, a quarter kilo. Okay. Yeah, you see, yeah, sure, man. I'm, you know, I'll do that for you. And as nice and honorable and giving as you are, you're not going to go pick out the best buds. And I don't expect you to. I, this isn't my first rodeo. I mean, you know, you're going to get I mean, something that'll satisfy, like, you still want to be known as a good guy, but yeah, not the good stuff. You know, these are the buds that I plant over in the corner. I look. You know, hey, we all got to keep our own right. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's not a criticism. Yeah. I'm just saying that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course yeah. it is. It's a fact. Yeah, allegedly, yeah. Uncle Trip does that as well. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter. The stuff gives them. They can't handle it anyway because it's and it's not yeah, where I come right. from. It's not. It's not. It's not a big place. Yeah. And when people say, "Oh, you know," yeah, Uncle Trip grows the best fucking weed. I said it's not a good label to have, mate. I remember a guy brought over some hash, as he called it. And I quit smoking hash 72, I guess, 71. I just got tired of coughing up a lung. You know, I mean, for six months after I quit, my lung was still healing. Because we had all the hash we wanted, I mean, real hash, not whatever they're doing today. 
So he brought over to my house some stuff. He was, you know, I made this. I mean, I was laughing. Laughing. And I just told him, I said, you never smoked real hash, so you don't have anything to really, like, a model, a business, you know, a, a goal. It'd be like, you're an artist, okay? You work with the programs, uh, complicated programs. Yeah. It'd be like me sitting down at your desk going, okay, well, show me how to, you know, fill in the blank, you know? So, I personally don't think you can grow good a plant. Forget weed. Just plants. I don't think you can grow good plants using standard methods as proposed by the scene. I don't, you know. And the one big thing is about, okay, Jim, this is if I could say, and I think you probably agree, and Jim, you agree, and, and Bell, I think it's like anything. So I can say, so I like cooking, I do a bit of cooking. Um, I do a bit of paint. So you, someone says to me, what's your recipe? So I give them the recipe, I give them exactly the recipe. You can give 100 right. people the recipe, right? right. 100 right. people, the same recipe and the same ingredients, man, and so. So you either got it or you don't. You can either cook or you can't. And that's it. You can make yeah. something edible. Right, but right. Nothing you can sell. No. Out of 100, yeah. you'd, lucky, you'd be lucky to get five people that right. you say, okay, you could sell that in a restaurant, right? But the same, same mint, uh, recipe, same thing. And, but the more you cook it, the better you get. And I think the more you grow, the better you get. You just learn shit. You just do it. Do it. And if you're talking about vegetables, yeah. anything. If, yeah. You'll know. You'll go. You'll go. Right. In five years, in ten years time, or in fifteen years time, you go. You trip over. You haven't planted your beans properly. You go, oh fuck! I throw them in the fucking soil. Yeah. That'd be alright. You know. It just. You tomato. You put them up. I promise you. you I, so I think the more you do it, it's like art, photography, fuming. Yeah, I spend less it's effort. As you do it, as you and go. the skills overlap in many surprising yeah. ways. I, I, I spend less time, effort, and thought about growing a plant than a typical, am I going to get dank this time? You know, obsessing and yeah. checking yeah. their pH and running around in circles, you know, their hair is on fire. Uh, I just, I mean, it's comical. Like, I don't check a pH for me. Yeah, I know. I've never owned a pH meter. So, um, again, you have a mindset that not microbes come in a bottle. It's not something that you harvest and use correctly. You just dump it in a bottle. It's all, it's all in this bottle right here. All you got to do is use this. And I don't believe that. So. I mean, the American the fertilizer industry is huge. Wilbur Ellis. Wilbur Ellis sells more than Oregon grossed last year. Okay. So, I mean, these are big companies, and this, uh, this stuff is like play stuff. Nobody's using it of any size. Do you think anybody's out there buying gallons of shit for $700? I mean, what fucking universe? Or buy a bag of discounts on it, but surprisingly, a lot of those commercial operations do run some of these surprising products. I am kind of baffled by it, I have to be honest. I mean, they do get much better pricing, but still. Or buy kelp. I've seen some beautiful beautiful grows on the, I'm just on YouTube, you know, and obviously I'm not there and I'm not. I've seen some beautiful grows on Instagram. I'm on Instagram with a lot of people. I've seen some really nice stuff. 
Well, Over there, I, in America, so you know. I, 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 I haven't tried using, your stuff, Jim. So I, I want to try your stuff. But, you know, I was, uh, I was used by four or five, I guess, uh, consultants to go in and do cleanup work after you know this or that blew up in their face, and um, I quit. I mean, fuck yeah. you. You know, you created this mess, and now you're going to use me as your foil. Well, I called Jim Kudin. I thought, you know, he could take care of it. And we've just exacerbated the problem. I'm not going to be your yeah. asshole. You fucked yeah. up, man. Own it. I don't want to deal with it. So, so you do a consultancy for a while. They accomplish, no. you know, with your product. Now you weren't or you, no, okay. I don't do, I don't do anything for That'd be your word. Is, is that what you were doing, Jim? I just, see, I answer people's questions. And if they want oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, cuts, yeah. I'll oh, the so cuts just from the internet and that. You weren't even in the garden. No. And they're trying to blame you. No, I don't want to, I just don't want to be involved because in, in marriage oh. and the ex the wife's calling me, well, if I go on my own, will you help me? I think, God damn. I'm gonna have him at my door with a gun in my face. I don't think oh, so. Oh yeah, oh so then now you're dealing like, with you know, now your marriage can't love. Yeah. I don't care, you know. Go figure <laughs> out your own go go figure out your own dharma, you know. I just uh yeah. I think there's too much competition uh, for yeah. the medium grower to make it now. I, I don't. I don't see the pathway. So uh, I think you guys do a lot of products. You guys, you guys do a lot of products, and I see it, and I see people. It's like anything; it's getting better. It's like the best croissant. Anyway, Val, how are you? Um, we haven't we haven't been talking much, so I hope we haven't been over talking to you because I've got I've got a delay here, and I'm sorry about that as well. Oh, you're quite fine. Uh, welcome. Hi. Nice to see you again. Um, so where are you from? Scotland. I'm over in, um, I'm in. Oh, you guys have told me where you're from. Or, you know, oh, I don't mind. I'm over in Illinois. You know, somewhere in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm over in Illinois. Uh, just northern. It's, yeah. Um, Did you say Illinois? Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite city, Cairo. I thought I died and gone to purgatory when I ended up there. Like, oh my God. I love Chicago. I thought Cairo was a little odd. You know, so. And understanding this. It's being an asshole. Uh, Mom was jumping up here before. Or Metropolis. Famous uh, home of fly swatters. That's where. they oh, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we've yeah. also, we've been to like the Garden of the Gods. And, Is that yeah. when they filmed Superman, the series in Metropolis? No, but that's, they took that, you know, the name of the city, but they've been making fly swatters there since the 30s yeah. or something like some craziness. So. We've been there. I'm from the city of fly swatters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I lived in, okay, I, I lived in Paducah, Kentucky, of all things. <laughs> Uh, and worked on the on the river, uh, moving uh, cargo, uh, cargo loads up and down the the Illinois and uh, not Illinois, the Ohio and uh, Mississippi rivers, grain commodities and. I have a picture you know. of when I was there. I'll be right back. This dog wants to go outside. Honestly, we should fuck off. I got to do some watering. This conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candy, when you come on here, man, it's 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 like a fresh fresh sails or something, man. It's a what do they call it? Sailors' wind or something. I can't remember. We're like 
three more hours of conversation. Second win. That's it. There we go. Those are the words. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks for chatting, Jim, obviously. And uh, it was a pleasure. Oh, always here. I'm glad I got to see you again. I kind of hope things change in Australia for as far as the laws, Mm. you know, give people some breathing room, you know. Yeah, it's so sad. I'm so silly. You do what you do, and that's it. It's just how I do it. And the old man's being crook, so I'm trying to look after him as well, too, you know. So yeah. I hate to think they'd come in and fucking fuck me around for that. I said, look, man, you know, I'm too old, and fucking, I think you got other people to fucking deal with. So I'd, I'd be disappointed if they did knock on my door, you know. Yeah. And I, and I don't hoard anything here, so I don't have a fucking yeah, yeah. So you know. Yeah. I just do what I do, man. I'm sure they got bigger fish to fry. I was always lucky. Anyway. I was always lucky. I knew when to leave. You know, when yeah. to fold them and, and move on. And, and people would like, so whatever happened to Donnie? Oh, yeah, he's away at school for a couple of years. You know, or that's the expression was either away at school. So, uh, yeah. 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 And usually it was involved drugs. They did yeah, something stupid when they were high in cocaine or heroin, you know. Well, don't drive around with 10 pounds of goddamn coke in the truck, idiot. Jesus. Yeah, so um, I'm not very sympathetic to people that, like, there's one thing is shooting yourself in the foot. It's another thing to take off your boot and your sock to make sure it's a good, clean hit, you know. So yeah. use some common sense, you know, kind of thing. But. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to prison now these days. I mean, fuck. Oh, yeah. Fuck, well, you know. I mean, when is prison a good time? I wouldn't have to cook fucking meals for myself. Well, in 1950, it was great. No, well, I told you. Uh, oh, I didn't mean that. I just mean that. I don't mean that. It's all the bullshit you have to go yeah. through. It's more just the court system that you have to go through then now, and that's just yeah. the hours. It fucks with your whole grow, you know, then you come out, you want to smoke, and then, you know. I yeah, think it's change because it's a medicine, you know, and I'm I'm happy to um I, I, that's what I like coming on up and chat as well because it just it's it's just yeah. a beautiful thing and, I, and I've met such beautiful people, you know, I love it. Yeah, I you can be a down, especially when I was in COVID, man. I was looking, you know, just my dog and I. I used to love coming on. We always had a chat, you know, and I loved it. But I've just been working now. And, uh, shit has happened the last few months, you know, but I'm so happy that I got on to catch up with you guys anyway. Always a pleasure. All right, buddy. Uh, if this Omicron shit has its way, we're going to be locked down again. Fuck me. Have you guys heard yeah, about this Yeah, it looks like it could be. Happening. Scary as well. well. Hopefully it'll be fine. They say the vaccine fucking covers it. So we'll see. I guess it's a whole debate. People in the chat. Look, like, we'll talk about it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. that's a couple of jabs a couple of times. <laughs> right. Just fucking grow to move on. Candy, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, cheers. Thank welcome you. back, obviously, anytime. Tomorrow we're doing uh, game night, Candy, if you have time. Welcome to stop by, dude. Uh, uh, I don't know if you have time, but you're absolutely welcome. Uh, Val, uh, cheers. How can people find you? Uh, what's the what's the good word? Discord? Uh, yeah, Discord. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I have a Discord. Uh, we have education stuff. We like to... I don't know. I'll post a link maybe. Um, and yeah, we have, I don't know. We like to talk about things. Um, it's late. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm pooped. I got pooped out. I got cooped outed. Cooped outed. 
Yeah, he's so excited. <laughs> he's a monster. The, he's a monster. As I call him Monster the Coon. I love him. Right. I think he's fantastic. I think he's very insightful. And I think he's allowed to have a fucking good. life. Yeah. He's allowed uh, to have a fucking life. He's worked hard for everything he's gotten. He deserves to have some fucking peace and quiet. Mm. That's true. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm on the you. job last minute entering the show, as he does. He's going to come on here and give us a good vibe. Welcome. Wait, painstakingly. It's always awkward when someone comes on here and then we're like, oh, let's all wait. Ah, uh, the ball. Run the ball. Well, while we're waiting for Bob, uh, there he is right there. What's going on, Bob? Uh, give thanks, giving thanks, man. Just giving thanks, you know. So, good morning. You're going mm-hmm. doing your stuff, man. Keep it up, you know. And hail to everybody on the panel, all your support crew, everybody in chat. Just lots of love, lots of respect, man. That's pretty much it, you know. Thank you very much for keeping this going. And yeah, just thumbs up, man. Cheers, Bob. Same to you, man. Cheers, brother. Be the wall. Yeah, I'm Very Very brother. Respect, 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 Uncle Jim. Appreciate it. Candy and Miss Val. Appreciate it, you know? Yeah, man. Lots of love and Cheers, lots brother. of respect. Cheers, dude. Well said. I assume you're just here to say, hey, man, I would ask you how the garden is and everything else, but you're probably going to be like, oh, man, I'm busy or I'm... What do you what, what do you eat for breakfast on? So you probably you could at least tell us that you probably eat yeah, some fruit for breakfast. Yeah, man, you know the usual: some coconut plantings, uh, ripe bean berries are being ripe this time of year. So you know, making a lot of wine and stuff like that. Lots of vitamin C. Yeah, man, excellent, excellent. You know, <laughs> I just poured uh, coconut water on my plants a couple of days ago. It's amazing how. Quickly, they respond to uh, coconut water. They're, they're young coconut water. They get like a cup and a half out of a one, so that's a pretty good deal. You pick them up for like two dollars at the Asian markets. So. Right, but it really makes your plants go. Do you like even the, for uh, your plants? Coconuts. Go ahead, Bob. Huh? And I was just saying, not only for your plants. If it's good for the plants, it should be good for you. Exactly. So for example, exactly. if you have. What I recommend to people a lot, use coconut water as your water for mixing your shakes. I see a lot of people using these bullets and these ninjas, you know, to make some live food and shakes. But if you use the coconut water as a substitute, especially for things you don't particularly like to eat, like if you want to make a kale smoothie or, you know, something that you don't particularly like, but you know it's nutritionally good for you. Whip it, blend it with some coconut water, man. It will change your experience, I guarantee. And also, if you're at a good Thai restaurant and they have them, get it, they drill a hole in it and put a straw in it and they bring it to your table. And get that for your drink while you have yeah. your meal. And, yeah. uh, you know, you get the whole experience. So. And don't forget to tell them to cut it open and you get that jelly on the inside. That is oh, that beautiful yeah. jelly. That inside, yeah. man, the- the young flesh is beautiful. Yeah. If yeah. you have a worm bin, you can put, you know, anyway, you guys don't have to get it. So, uh, yeah. There's a lot of things. Yeah. 
So a gigantic hound descending upon her. Oh no, Saber! Look at that freaking dog. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of the fact that I brought aloe vera and coconut water to the discussion several years ago. Yeah, there was nobody yeah, else talking about too, it. Man. I'm proud of you too, Jim, for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it. But you're right. You know, plants and in, in animals, and we're animals. If it's good for one, there's about a 99.99% chance it's good for the other. I mean, there's some exceptions, but, you know, yeah. So things that uh, you would put in your body, you can use with success on your plants. And it makes yeah. your shopping a lot easier. You shop for your plants and yourself at the same time. You don't have to be you right. Know, right. diversifying your expenses. You're buying bulk, man. Buying food, energy. You're buying. You're converting this to that. You know, you're you're buying sources of energy that you're going to transfer to your plants or your body. So anyway, uh, and, uh, I gotta I'll go. Off, Jim. All right, mate. Cheers, mate. It's always a pleasure coming on. Having a always chat. A Respect. I hope everybody had a good holiday and I uh, wish you the best. You guys take care. Thank you. Blessings. Well, on that note, Ross the Bob, uh, final thoughts. You just barely came on here, my friend, but uh, I don't know. I assume the garden's going well. It's always going well with you, right? Yeah, man. Well, the sun's been taking care of it. I'm going to say my big son, especially, mm-hmm. is rocking it out. And my dad really helped him while I wasn't here. So everything is alive, looking great. So we'll give thanks again, you know? That's awesome, dude. Cheers. Always a pleasure, Bob. Welcome back anytime, man. Same thing I said to, to Candy. If you want to hop on and uh, goof off tomorrow, we're doing game night. Hop on and uh, watch us, uh, or watch us make fools of ourselves. That, that'll that probably happen, too. <laughs> Cheers, Bob. I appreciate pleasure, it. I appreciate friend. it. I guess, that, uh, I guess that leaves me. So apparently I'm going to shout out myself, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys uh-huh. would like to uh, check out our podcast, please do. Go take a look at, uh, and honestly, that would be quite helpful if you do. Uh, take a look at uh, pardon me Val go ahead oh I guess she was talking to the dog uh, this is that time of the day Good where uh, we're all stoned or we're talking about whatever random shit ladies and gentlemen uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, leave a leave a review if you could honestly you know that, that always helps uh, other people uh, see if they'd like to listen to a freakishly long podcast right you look at the podcast fucking eight hours long with the shit well you're here eight hours later so probably other people would enjoy it too. So if you guys could uh, leave a review, that'd be quite helpful because then people will know that we're not yeah. psychopaths doing weird, freaky, like murder shit or something. I don't even know. Although speaking of which, like what is it with women who listen to murder podcasts? That is baffling to me. It's absolutely <laughs> baffling to me. I cannot wrap my head around it. It is a very, very common thing. They go to sleep good. listening to murder shit. I'm just like, Oh, you I can't. Know. I you know. How could you? How could you not have nightmares after that? I'll go to sleep looking at fucking um, last night. I was watching. Right. Uh, anyway, I was watching a weed show. Exactly. Not murder shit. Jesus. Fucking dream about it. Fucking love it. Wake shit. up. Said, so try that. Try us. Try to listen to the soothing sounds of Coot talking shit about nutrients or something, and that's better than murder. He's murdering the nutrient industry. That's what he's doing. That's what he's... That's the, the, We'll go with that, ladies and gentlemen. Once you're done murdering the nutrient industry, ladies and gentlemen, join us over at the West Engine Swindle Bundle. <laughs> that was bad timing. Probably the wrong page. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's the package deal, or one of the package deals over at Fumadoro Seed Co. I'll make it brief. Ladies and gentlemen, please go take a look. Uh, 
still active is the uh, or that's terrible English. Uh, the uh, holiday coupon code, whatever the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever the shits, still active until December first. What is that? I guess tomorrow. Yeah, it's still, it's still active until today. So folks, you have until today to get the twenty four percent off. It's pretty much the best deal you can get by not being a patron. Uh, but if you are a Patreon, there there's like a couple of you guys. You guys have a better a better discount available. And uh, from now on, I think I'm just gonna uh, put some uh, killer discounts there. But in the meantime, uh, the discount, this, uh, this freaking, uh, well, today pretty much is all bad cards. So use the coupon code, all bad cards. It was from, you know, game night the other day. That'll get you 24% off pretty much anything on the website, photos, genetic preservation kits, you name it, uh, swindle bundles, on and on and on. Uh, individual packs are available. Ladies and gentlemen, I have added five packs finally at long last. I couldn't figure out how for the longest time, but look at that sweetness right there. Five pack, 10 pack. Boom! You got it right there, ladies and gentlemen. Take and they look beautiful, them. mate. I've been, I've been looking up on them. They look fucking Thank you, amazing. Man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I hope to put more photos on all of these things. For some reason, there's a glitch, and like I'll, I'll upload it. It's not worth going into, but I am working on it every day. I'm trying to add a couple photos, couple photos, couple photos. But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for some reason, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's glitch after glitch after glitch in this life anymore. Lime River Rose, good terps, good high, you name it. Yeah. Good grow. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, take a look. I stand behind the scenes. If you guys have any problems, if you guys have any uh, complaints or frowny face, honestly, let me know. I'll try to make sure you have a, a smiley face. There's got to be something I could do to make you have a smiley face. So let me know. Other than that, folks, thank you very much for hanging. Really appreciate it. Uh, check us out tomorrow. We're going to be hanging out uh, game night. We always have uh, a couple of audience participants. We might have to limit the audience to, to or the, 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 the participants to a little bit smaller number. I don't know. If you guys have suggestions, please <laughs> let me know. What we had is, uh, it was cool having all the participants, but then yeah, some of them would lag out. Some of them would get idle, and then it would end up taking kind of a long time between. Oh, it's a long time. That's what we got to figure out. We well. Sorry. Straight up. So, folks, uh, if you guys have an idea, we're not trying. I'm not trying to kick people out of the freaking game or something. That's right. not at all what the case is. We just want to keep it flowing. You know what I mean? So. If you might remember last time we did game night, I got kicked out and I couldn't get back in. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually quite serious about this. I'm not trying to kick anybody out. So anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the show's gone on forever, so we're going to keep it brief here. I got some water and doing stuff. Uh, Christophe Lapuisons, my friend, Stoney, uh, Australian out there. Bunch not of everyone chatting. Thank you. Cheers. Holy cow. Greeny Houdini. I didn't even see you there. Greeny Houdini. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, who else in here? Son is in here. Uh, who else in here? Uh, uh, all the folks, Midwest folks. If I didn't uh, shout you out, and also some time. of the Aussies, we got to try and do one. Show you me gotta, how to do one. We'll do one it, afterwards. Man, you know, Aussies, you got to join the it. join the Discord. Join the Fumadora Discord. Uh, 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 Candy Australian, you guys. Yeah. Well, Australian actually, I think. Is I, I, I joined Discord, but I have I just can't work it. But I'll have a look again. Have a look for a while. Come and try. We'll help it out. I was uh, anti Discord for the longest time. I mean, like. Really, really anti-Discord. I was even saying like, oh, the name is stupid, man. It means disharmony, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I have now finally embraced Discord. I see everyone's going there. I can embrace Discord, any asshole can embrace Discord. I'm not calling you an asshole, but I mean like if this asshole can embrace Discord. Yeah, yeah. No, I love you for it. I love you for it, of course. Cheers. Everyone's good. I love it, man. I know. I I want to check it out. I, I will. I've got it there, so... Uh, I'm still not. I don't know what that means. It means that people talk on it 24 seven. Is that what you're saying? I'm not sure. Uh, it is. Kind of, but honestly, it's, it's, not, it's not that hard to. 
Uh, that's what I used to think it was, but maybe because our Discord is a little bit smaller, we don't have like 10,000 people. Maybe that's why, I don't know. But the yeah. discussion is pretty easy to follow. And we've got a couple of different rooms and stuff. So we've got like uh, organic, well, we've got a questions room. So you can just ask questions. Uh, uh, Turp and a couple other people, Stony and a few people were just uh, chatting between the different uh, uh, options and stuff. We've got a couple of photo rooms. Uh, I just couldn't figure out how to count the votes, so I got to count them tomorrow. Someone's going to win the photo contest for basically the photo room. We got a beautiful room that's just all pet pictures, pretty much. For oh yeah, there, man, it's 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 a good time, honestly. And if anybody has an idea for a room, just let us know. There's a, quite a few people. Marduber's one of the the moderators. Just I want to have to look at it. I want to have a look and see what it's about. Yeah, it's tons of fun. Val's always on I'll there. Check it out. A, 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 I'm going to do a, like a YouTube just pause thing or something. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, join the Discord. In fact, right before we leave, let me post the freaking link because otherwise people will say, oh my God, where's the link? Fimidor? Shit. Uh, the link is right here, ladies and gentlemen. Join up. It's super fun. Like I say, if I can freaking, oh, it looks like uh, Australian posted it. Thank you, my friend. But I copied it anyway. I might have still pasted it. I'd feel weird if I didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know how it is. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I'm serious. If, 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 if I can embrace it, everybody else can. I, I swear. I don't know what it was. But I was like, I'm freaking discouraging. Whatever. Anyway. Folks, uh, cats and dogs, bats and frogs. Murderer was making fun of me for saying cats and dogs, bats and frogs. All right, Murderer. Let's see what you come up with, man. It'll be like French fries and bench pie and whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, be kind, rewind. Be decent, be gentle. What do I was like? Got my rhythm off now, making fun of our different. Be kind, be decent, be gentle, my friends. Uh, don't be a prick. Honestly, don't be a freaking prick. Until we meet again, have something wonderful, my friends. Thanks very much for hanging. Thanks, honestly. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Everybody.